bigger all the time. If I can have your attention, I'd like to call to order the February 20th meeting of the Rel County Planning Commission. A bit of housekeeping. Number one, we'd appreciate it if all cell phones are silenced. <clears throat> Number two, there should have been a sign-up sheet, clipboard, something floating about. It's there, perfect. Yeah, Everybody signed in. That's good. Um, third thing, <clears throat> these proceedings are available to the public to monitor, listen in by phone. However, the only way that works is if we all use the microphones. So, any of those, any of you that will be addressing the commissioners or staff, for that matter, please use the lecture. That's it. Uh, Sarah, when you get a minute, would you sure. call the roll, please? Hey, Steve Warnke. Yes. Brian Kelly. Andrew Benjamin. Here. Herbert Carter. Here. John Merrill. Here. Bill Norris. Here. Peg Yeager. Here. Peter Sitz. Here. Bert Marshall. Here. And Billy Mitzelberg. Here. Thank you. We have a quorum. First order of business is um, public comment. Anyone who wishes to address the commissioners on any topic other than that which is on those which are on the agenda tonight, uh, now would be the time to do so. Seeing none, we'll close that item out. Approval of minutes from January 16, 2020. Any corrections, changes, additions, deletions, what have you? Mr. Chair, move to approve. Thank you, Commissioner Norris. Second. Thank you, John. All those in favor, can you signify by saying yes? Yes. yes. Opposed, say no. Motion carries. Next item on the agenda. More vehicle storage home industry. The applicant's prepared to present first. If there's no opposition to that. I don't have a problem with that. Good evening, Planning Commission. Carrie Hermosinski here on behalf of Todd and Tiffany Moore, applicants for a special use per permit home industry. This property is located uh, out near Hayden, Colorado. It's immediately south of and adjacent to the Hayden Station, which is zoned industrial. It's obviously our largest industrial use in the county. And it's 0.87 miles east of the Yampa Valley Regional Airport, which is zoned town of Hayden. And there are only two other properties that are adjacent to the uh, subject property. One is a parcel owned by a public service company of Colorado, the operator of the Hayden Station, and Sage Creek Holdings. The subject property is in the turquoise blue, and the property around it is a um, 60, 70-acre parcel that was uh, part of a subdivision that uh, was done at the time that I'm going to explain to you in just a few minutes. This is a picture of the existing warehouse that is out there. It's a 10-acre parcel, and approximately five acres is fenced, and there's a just under 12,000-square-foot warehouse that's sitting out there. Back in 1982, the Board of County Commissioners approved a special use permit to use this building for a truck maintenance and storage uh, for a trucking coal haul operation that was taking coal between the 20-mile mine to the Hayden Station. And that permit continued for the 25-year life of the SUP. In 2004, the Board of County Commissioners approved a minor development subdivision 
exemption. That included two lots. One was the 10-acre lot, which is uh, the subject here tonight, and the adjacent 60-acre lot. And the plat and development agreement were approved by the Board of County Commissioners. In 2007, the 25-year 1982 SUP was set to expire, and the property owner applied for a new SUP to continue on with the coal hauling operation. The Board of County Commissioners again determined that the service facility was in compliance with all applicable provisions of the Route County Zoning Regulations and the Master Plan, and they issued a second SUP. So for 33 years, the property was used as a coal haul facility, and it employed approximately 50 workers. Sometime in 2014 to 2015, the coal hull operations ceased to operate. Since then, the 2007 SUP has expired due to non-use, and the property is currently vacant, except for some little boy truck storage, and it is currently out of conformance. So what the applicant is proposing to do is convert the use to home industry vehicle storage. That requires a special use permit in the F zone district. The existing just under 12,000 square uh, foot warehouse would be used for the storage of vehicles, including RVs, boats, motorcycles, automobiles, and other similar vehicles. The existing building contains an office. It's currently plumbed with restrooms, several rooms, kitchen break room facility. So what the applicant is doing right now is working with the building department to see if they can convert that office space or if they're going to add an additional self-standing residential unit where an on-site manager would live. And access will be through a self-service gate 24 hours a day. The access will be off Route County Road 51B and no new access is required. I told you this earlier that half of the 10-acre parcel is fenced and gated and all proposed activity is going to occur within that fenced area. There's not even a future proposal to extend the fenced area. But as demand grows for storage, the applicant would like to add a, a one additional 10,000 square foot pole barn and a 6,000 foot pole barn and a 5,000 foot pole barn. That's the uh, handout that I gave you guys earlier. I was having a hard time getting that to rotate in the PowerPoint. Um, again, those three structures would fit with the existing fenced area and still leave plenty of room for turnaround and parking spaces that would be required by the code at full build out. Um, this is a listing of some of the uh, uh, provisions of the Route County Zoning Regulations that apply to this use. I know you guys also have um, some additional materials in your packet. All of the storage is going to occur under covered structures and it's going to be within the five acre fenced area. It'll meet all dimensional standards. The home industry requires one space for every 500 square feet of floor space. So the current building would require 21 spaces and a full build out there would be 46 spaces. Obviously this is a very low intense customer use type of uh, building so um, there is room for 46 spaces within the uh, five fenced acres but no anticipation that that amount of parking would ever be required. Um, significant negative impacts. So since 1982, this property has been used as a coal haul facility and truck maintenance with 50 employees. 
we would anticipate that we're going to have one on-site manager that will be there and um, people making a few trips a year to drop off and pick up their vehicles. The two nearest residences are both over three quarters of a mile away from the subject property and the, on, on the other side of a small hill, so it's visible to only one other property. So I went to the Mayhan property, which is um, the nearest property, and there's the building right there. You can kind of see. And again, so this is just standing at the property line. This is zoomed in at the property line. Looking back at the facility, the Hayden Station is over on uh, the off left hand, uh, right hand side of the photograph. So uh, the applicant has um, touched base with CDOT. The traffic on Route County Road 41B is going to be significantly less than the coal haul operation. Uh, the calculations in your packet have it about 248 trips a year for customers accessing the site. Obviously, the on-site manager that's there will be uh, arriving and departing probably on a daily basis. We'll provide all of the uh, certificates of insurance required, and the manager will live on-site um, next to the existing use, or to the proposed use. So, um, in summary, this property and its current status is not is non-conforming. Um, it's unlikely that it's going to return to a coal haul operation, and it's unlikely that any property owner would demolish the warehouse and return it to an ag operation. The warehouse is in fantastic shape; it's really well built. Um, it's, we believe that the proposed use is significantly less intensive than what's occurred there for the last 40, 35 years. Uh, we believe it's compatible with surrounding uses and essentially not visible to nearby residences. Um, not only did I show you that photograph, but if you obviously go to what moves off the right-hand side of the photograph, it's the Hayden Station um, with all of its infrastructure and stacks. And we also believe that this use is needed in Route County. It's conveniently located off US Highway 40, and it's near the communities of Hayden, Craig, and Steamboat. Um, when you turn off US Highway 40, it's paved to the site. Um, and I can tell you, being an RV owner, I take my RV to Moffat County every year to store it because it's very difficult to find some indoor storage for vehicles in Steamboat Springs. And uh, that is the extent of my presentation this evening, unless you have any questions. I think what I'd like to do is go to staff, and then if you just kind of hang tight, Carrie. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. May I still let the from you, Carrie? Yeah. Sorry, we're trapped. Thank you. Thank you. Is it? Um, Thank you uh, to the representative, to our applicant. She did an accurate job describing the history of this um, site. That history in more detail is also included in your staff packet, but she's accurate in the fact that since 1982, there has been a coal haul operation um, there with its ceasing operations within about the last five years. So specifically what we're asking through this um, application is, is the proposed project appropriate on this specific site. Of course, our applications are site-specific. Um, up on the screen here, we've got a vicinity map. 
indicating where the location of the parcel is. So we've got a red dot showing um, the location of that site just to the north. We've got Hampton, or excuse me, Hayden Station, the power plant. We've got Yamp Valley Regional Airport just further to the west. And then directly to the north, we've got Highway 40. This is an aerial of the site. Um, you can see the you know, dirt gravel area is um, the fenced area that the applicant is referring to and um, where all of that proposed activity and infrastructure would be located, um, as well as you can see the existing approximately 12,000 square foot warehouse, the, the access point off County Road 51B right there. This is just a map showing um, the zone district out in that area. So we've got the fuchsia color here is zone industrial. That's all of the Eaton Station. All of the green is zone agricultural forestry. And then this white section down here is where the town of Hayden starts. Um, so just to give an idea of um, the uses and activities kind of happening in that area surrounding the subject property. So, of course, the applicant went over this, but just to reiterate, um, their proposal kind of consists of three requests. Um, they're proposing to remodel a portion of the existing structure or um, directly adjacent to the existing structure, adding a single-family residence um, that somebody would live in year-round every day. Um, they'd like to utilize the existing structure for RV, camper, and various vehicle storage. Um, as well as they're requesting to construct three additional structures for um, some more RV camper vehicle storage. So just to give an example, I am um, just down County Road 27 up on the hill just past the site. You can see this red arrow and this little tiny blip. That is actually the warehouse. Um, and in this picture, you can see the closest um, household is located right here. It's white, so it's a little difficult to see. And behind it is the power plant. Here's some interior photos of the existing warehouse. Um, so we have, you know, a big bay, which would be, you know, the RV vehicle storage areas. This is um, on the just below that photo is a photo of the existing office space that would likely be converted into a dwelling unit um, and just some various additional interior photos. And then some exterior photos of the site, of course the existing warehouse, um, and the yard that would essentially be where the proposed um, new structures would be located. And then the picture in the top right is just showing uh, the view out the front of the existing warehouse, um, which is some of the power plant infrastructure. So, um, those are all the photos I have for you. Um, just a couple of notes. Since the packet went out, um, we did receive one additional referral response, which was from Yamp Valley Regional Airport. Um, they indicated that they would like the applicant to um, communicate with the FAA, send their plans um, to make sure they're meeting the height and compatibility requirements with the airport um, to make sure it's compatible with the airport functions 
like electrical signals, radio signals, those types of things. Um, yeah, and that is all. Yep. <clears throat> Questions for either staff or the petitioner, commissioners? I have a question, Christy. Yes. Some months ago, we were um, told that we had absolutely no discretion to allow the guy that was operating the zip line up on Rabbit Ears Pass mm -hmm. to park his snowmobiles in a building that already existed because it was an ag forestry um, zoning. How, how is this different? For the zip line application, that they couldn't have it indoors? Because they were using it for the zip line purposes and it wasn't for the snowmobile. It was for part. a special use permit that wasn't on that site. Right. Yeah. Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, so he couldn't he couldn't use an existing building to put snowmobiles in it because it was not it was for egg. His, that's correct. Yeah. It wasn't part of the zip line application. It was for a permit that they had off site in the Forest Service. On the Forest Service land. Their operation up on Rabbit Ears. Okay. Can I answer your question? Yep. <clears throat> it could go either way. I couldn't help but detect in the comments from the building department, they were strongly encouraging, at least I could sense them strongly encouraging, that a single-family detached residence would probably be a better choice. So having said that, where would you put it? I heard adjacent to or... Here, let me do a, put the aerial up of it if you want to just kind of point. I got that too from Mr. Carr's comments. Um, but I re read his comments before I actually went through the building, and no one from the building department's actually been able to tour the building yet. Sure. Uh, planning staff has been out there. And um, what I had possibly in my mind when I sent Todd an email of what was existing was. Um, less robust than what's actually there. I mean, they, they have 50 employees here, and there's there's not just one office. I mean, there's multiple bathrooms with, you know, showers and kitchens, and um, it's significant in terms of sort of more the residential infrastructure that's inside of the building. So um, I'm not exactly sure where they would put it. The um, septic that's on the site is over to the right-hand side of the photograph. Okay. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's going to affect the um, what sort of uh, building they put in if it's not within the warehouse. But Todd, really Todd sure. may change his yeah. opinion or one of his inspectors once they have a chance to look in the warehouse. Those were our snowshoe tracks that you had in the picture. And the applicant's strong inclination is to put it inside of the existing yeah. structure. I think the building department's concern is once you start opening up parts of a structure that was permitted in 1982, certain things might have to be brought up to okay. that yes. costly or ADA. And yeah, and I wasn't like expecting that. a firm answer, but I just thought, no. well, maybe they have an idea about where they want to go ahead. And the answer is no. No, the answer is no. That site's covered in three feet of snow right now with, you know, the well and the septic underground. And they'll figure that out as they work with the building department if the SUP is approved. Right. Any other questions? Carrie, where's the, that driveway go that goes out south? So that is, we believe, legally ambiguous at this point. So we don't really understand um, how the uh, coal haul operation was using that, but we intend to abandon it and not use it. But it goes to another county road to the south there. There's on the 
vicinity map, you can kind of see it's sandwiched. It's called the Hall Road that it would go down to. And I don't know if the county's actually taking dedication of that Hall Road yet, but I know it's their intention to take dedication of it because it's a really good road. I have another question. Um, the chronology in the report on December third, excuse me, December first of oh three, the ten acre parcel was purchased. But the MDSE wasn't approved until June of oh four. I'm missing something. Um, I can't speak to exactly what happened because we don't. Looking through that old MDSE file, it doesn't make um, mention specifically of how that transaction happened in advance of the MDSE being approved. Um, so I can't speak exactly to how that happened, um, aside from the fact that there was an approval on the subdivision. So the the commissioners approved this post conveyance of the parcel. Yes. Therefore, making an illegal subdivision legal. Yes. Um, it sounds like the well. There's a, a currently permitted domestic well. The there's, there's a commercial well on the site. Yeah. Okay. So I guess if you have a commercial well, you can also use it for domestic? I mean, through the building permit process, we send a referral to um, the Division of Water Resources to make them aware of what's going on. They also received a referral for this application who did not provide any comment on concerns. So the only struggle I'm really having with this is, is taking the uh, existing building and the struggle is not putting the existing building to use, but it's this expansion. And could you maybe give a little more insight as to how you come up with that size and the numbers and the square footage and and this possible expansion of the so, footage? Yeah, we came up with the what could be added with the dimensional requirements on the property in terms of you know bringing uh, larger RVs in and maneuvering them around um, and still maintaining space for potentially a detached residence and the parking spaces that are, are required for this site. Um, what I will note is that the, the previous use for the last 35 years made extensive use of outdoor storage for coal haul trucks and their low boys, and they're, they're still out there. Some of them are still out there today. They haven't all been removed yet. So there was a tremendous amount of outdoor activity that was occurring within the five-acre parcel that wasn't enclosed within the warehouse. And what the applicant is proposing is to confine use to within the warehouse or to additional warehouses or pole barns that are constructed, um, which we believe makes it less of an impact from what was existing there before. And 
remember when you're looking at pictures of the warehouse, um, you know, that's essentially a two-story warehouse, two and a half stories with its peaked roof. And so vehicles that are pulling into the site are, are way below the the you know line of what you're seeing from the warehouse. I mean, from a visual perspective, um, and I, I mean, the town of Hayden, when they submitted their referral materials to the county, indicated that they believe that this use is 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 needed in our county. I mean, it's difficult to find legal indoor storage for for vehicles that need to be stored during the winter months. Well, I think that's valid. I think it's a good use of the of the existing building. Again, I, I'm struggling with the concept of, of moving 30,000 square feet of commercial slash industrial, whatever use it is, into the AF zone district. That's not, uh, I mean, I think it's arguable whether it applies with the master plan or not. That, that's my yeah, comment. I, and I don't want to argue with the planning commissioner, but I'm just saying for 35 years it was a coal haul operation, and Agreed, but the, you know the chances of it returning to anything that's coal related, and so the property's in you know non-compliance right now, and this is a very low impact use in terms of I think what could be proposed. But the only reason it's in non-compliance is because nobody's living there, right? No, even if you even if you turn it put a residence there, and you want to have a commercial use, you're going to need some sort of home industry oh, permit. Agreed. Yeah. So if but you're right gonna, now, there is no use. Well, they're continuing to store low boys out there, and that's about it. Without a permit. So this would be considered an accessory structure without a primary use. So like you couldn't build your garage before you have. Agreed. Yeah. So that's, that's why I said that's there, there's nobody, you. there's no residence being yeah. used. That's exactly. why it's in nonconformance. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Any other questions for? Um, I believe in reading the packet that um, applicants said that they were not going to do any uh, maintenance on the site. Yeah. And I have a concern for what that really means. Um, does that mean? An RV owner could go on the side and change some tires, or can the, um, the renter go in there and do some repair, major repair work? So I, I could see that a, a potential issue where one uh, storage owner's neighbor wants to do some significant auto repair, mm -hmm. and they don't, you know. So I think agree. I can address that. I, that yeah. was probably some conversations we had with staff before we turned in the packet. Originally, it was contemplated since this property was not only used for coal haul operations, they were maintaining the trucks there and the mechanics were working on them. We had contemplated, well, you know, maybe we could get Larry Sasek to move off Main Street and go out to the warehouse and run his operation out there so that when you drop off your RV or your boat in, in fall, you have all maintenance done on it, and then you know when you pick it up in the spring, it's ready to go again. Um, so we batted that around a little bit with staff and thought, you know, we don't want to complicate the application, and we, we want to, you know, try to find something that would 
you know, pass muster with the county. So we dropped the idea of saying we want to maintain this as a maintenance facility. It was a maintenance facility for the coal haul operation, and we contemplated doing that for the vehicles that would be stored there. So, no, there, there won't be people coming in and maintaining their vehicles in the facility. So I mean, if, I under, if I understand that correctly, um, I mean, one of the conditions of approval um, speaks to accessory structures or uses associated with the permit may be permitted administratively. So let's say they wanted to put an air compressor. So people picking up their RV in the spring want to air up their tires. That's something we would consider accessory. Um, if people were having major RV work done, that's an entirely separate permit. Um, so, I mean, is somebody changing their tires potentially to get their vehicle up and running in the spring? Um, you know, may or may not be considered accessory, but they're not having people come on site doing maintenance. They're not going to have a mechanic there um, because that requires really a different level of review of what's happening with those chemicals. What water are they using? You know, there's other things. There's more noise associated with that, potentially more traffic. Um, so what we reviewed it on was based on storage. So my concern would be that uh, maybe a condition in terms of what that means would alleviate some problems in the future. Okay. Because I personally, you know, I could see not wanting that to happen. Yeah. My neighbor does. And yeah. I think if you write it up, you, know, you can square that away. Okay. So you want specifically some more elaboration on specific condition number 21? Yeah. Okay. So related to that, um, but hold on a minute. No, doesn't it say it already? This permit is for storage only. Semicolon. Or colon. No maintenance. Comma. Repairs. Comma. Or client camping are allowed on set. Mm -hmm. How much clearer do you want that to be? Oh, I think that's clear. Okay. But my, my point would be, um, how's that enforced? On-site manager. On-site manager. Mm -hmm. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, and I mean, uh, the county staff is able to, you know, go look at what's happening on the special use permit at any time to make sure it's in compliance with the conditions. So another thing that's very much related to that is a comment that there'll be eight employees on site. That's um, standard for any of our home industry. It's a maximum of eight employees. <coughs> the applicant did not request that many. Um, okay, so yeah, what is being requested? One. One employee. So. One employee. Okay. Cool. Um, with the understanding that the employee may have his family living with him in the in the structure, or her family. Does the uh, new kind of subject? Um, does the question of access come in here at all? I mean, we we talked about we got one access we don't know about, and then we got the regular access on the north side. Mm -hmm. Do we care if? if Eventually, um, they want to use the south access to tie they, into the proposed county road. They've only requested to use the north access, um, and so we're reviewing the application based upon that usage. Right, so, um, right. If the permit is approved, then it is permitted to use that north access only. Right, so that would be a condition. We, we could add it as a condition. Yeah, if you don't, I don't know how you... They don't know if it's legal access. We don't really care. 
Okay, if, if we say they're they, if they say they're not going to use it, and we say that's fine. Right, and that's part of the if this is approved, it's part of the approved project plan that they're presenting. So it only includes one access, and that's covered under condition number two. And, and we talked a little bit the applicant, and you guys talked a little bit about the uh, non-conforming issue. Mm -hmm. And so, what's not conforming is their existing use in AF zone. It, it's really the structure because there is no use currently. Um, I mean, if, if we're considering the storage of those low boys, yes, technically that also makes it non-conforming. But really, the structure um, being considered an accessory structure with no primary use is what we have an issue with, um, as, per the zoning regulations. Yeah. So what is being proposed is non-conforming. It's not like today. It's not with a with a um, issued special use permit, it would be considered conforming. Would be. Yes. So I want to clarify that though. But today, like right now, it is non-conforming. Yes, it is non-conforming. And that's because special, because the special use permit that was granted in 2007 expired because they stopped using it as a coal haul operation in 2014-2015. So due to inactivity, that SUP has effectively expired. What we're proposing would, if granted by the planning, or recommended by the planning commission, granted by the commissioners, would make it conforming again. And uh, my last question has to do with the comment on the number of required spaces. Uh-huh. And I guess I'm assuming that has nothing to do with the number of rental spaces. No, it doesn't. Actually, so what the applicant did was base those number of um, parking spaces on the home industry standard. When, as staff, we reviewed this application, we um, thought it was more akin to like a mini storage, which required significantly fewer parking spaces. It was like six. Can't recall the exact number, but it's in the staff packet. Um, so we noted that we were only requiring this very few number, but the site had more than enough space to accommodate the number that the applicant voted. Does that make sense? No, because I, not to me, I don't understand that in terms of. What's a required space? Is that, so the that home, home industry requires one parking space for every 500 square feet right. of structure space. So my question is, what kind of parking space is that? Is it striped space? Is it a, the, there's no standards for it. There so needs to they, be availability. They, they can park 42 cars anywhere they want. Because in all likelihood, someone's going to pull they, up. Let's say there's the pole barn structures and there's the individual parking spots. are going to pull up to that spot. Um, and they're going, to rent, they're going to rent one of those required spaces. No, they're going to they're going to pull up to their area where their item is being stored, where their vehicle is being stored, versus parking into a structured parking lot and then walking. So the parking that's required is for customers that would be pulling up to a home industries type of business, and then parking their car there while they go in and conduct their business within the home industry. That's, good. that's a good description. And. What we anticipate is these guys are going to, you know, drive up with your RV or your boat behind your vehicle. You park it and you turn around and you leave. So it's not like you're going to need to park your vehicle there for 
a few hours while you're inside ordering cabinets from the cabinet maker or you know whatever a typical home industry might be within Route County. But whether you look at the mini storage requirement or the home industry requirement, which is way more robust, we have plenty of space on site to accommodate customers who would pull up and park for a period of time while they're conducting their business. Is there any kind of landscaping plan uh, for this besides the routine revegetation special condition? There's not unless you require it. Um, and we believe that the um, you know, the use is not visible from any nearby residences, and it's been there for 35 years, and all the activity is going to occur within the existing fence space, and we believe that the outdoor activity is going to be a significantly less impact than what was occurring there. So none is proposed. Well, there is the usual, I think it's number 15 under specific conditions, revegetation yes, requirement. Yes, absolutely, and we control and, and, and that, yeah. Um, you know, a landscaping plan is going to require irrigation, right, to, to keep some, get some trees established out there. Um, we would request that we don't have anything above the standard condition. Okay. Any other questions for either staff or the petitioner? Yeah. Andy, go. Would a PUD have, have a more clean way of dealing with what's going on out here? Um, maybe, however, it, the, it was within the applicant's um, intent to not change the zoning um, on this parcel. Initially, they played with the idea of trying to rezone it to industrial. Um, the applicant was aware that that then opens up the county to many additional uses that they might not be interested in. Um, it was their intent to keep the parcel zoned AF. And I'm well aware that the commissioners are not big fans of PUD applications. So that was, that was something we did discuss at the staff level. Count me out of that. I, I actually I'm I, with you. I I'm with that you. process actually. I think it can be a little bit more work, um, but in the end, I think the county's interests are better protected in that fashion. So that's I, me personally. I could agree with you, Commissioner uh -huh. Benjamin. I mean, no, no, and then we did discuss the industrial use, but again, that that would allow the applicant to do unlimited things with it over time, and so we thought we'll keep it confined to this this use and these conditions. Sure. Couple more comments with when you're saying that you could approve things administratively. Would there be anything like a wash bay or anything like that that could be a, uh, be a approved administratively? That or something, say like a septic tank removal for the RVs or anything like that. Um, likely, those things would have to go through um, an amendment to the SUP, not administratively. Um, specifically, uh, like a septic dump station. Um, and even a wash bay, just using water, anything with wastewater, those types of things um, are, are just a, a, different, a different review than we conducted for something like this, where it really is just storage. Perfect. That borders on the maintenance, I would say, yes. in my, yeah. in my opinion. 
Anyone else? <clears throat> Anyone from the public at this point in time have to comment on the petitioner's use or request, I should say? Hi, Richard Bryce, uh, 1125 Blue Sage Drive, Steamboat Springs. I just wanted to speak in favor of this project. Um, Owning an RV personally and trying to find storage for it in this in this county is a challenge. I can tell you, uh, I've spent several years renting space similar to this down in Denver, and, uh, and and I can speak to the to the challenges of that. I eventually purchased a unit out in Hayden and rent six additional units in town. I think uh, people recognize that I have large storage needs, and people are constantly reaching out to me asking where they can store their their RVs or are uh, different things that they need to store in. Uh, there just aren't options in this, in this county. So hopefully this is something that works for you and we can make it happen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? Seeing none, I'm going to close the uh, public comment portion. Questions, commissioners, of either again, staff, or the petitioner. I have one, maybe. The referral from um, the airport on the FAA, mm -hmm. do you think that that falls into general condition six well? I mean, yeah. it's kind of unusual. It's not something we see all the time. Yes. Okay. And the applicant has indicated that they're reaching out to the airport to further find out details about it. Um. And John, you brought the top of the landscaping. I'd be interested to hear from the balance of the commissioners what their thoughts are on landscaping. Again, keeping in mind that, I guess, to, to the petitioner's credit, there hasn't been much landscaping given the best. Um, but does anyone, well, let's turn it around. Does anyone feel strongly that there should be landscaping? The context doesn't warrant putting trees in a treeless location. I just thought I'd ask. Yeah. Good question. I guess do the, do the other commissioners might think that a little bit of landscaping would make the whole thing just a little bit more attractive. In other words, shrubs along the front of the building, but you know. Do we really care if it looks totally industrial or do we want it to just soften it? But, but it's landscaping for who? Who's going to see the landscaping yeah, really. if they put the where it is? Nobody's going to see it. The screening and camouflage is what the intent behind that is. <laughs> but again, the context of it doesn't really... You're not going to find trees out there. You're going to go to extraordinary efforts to keep them alive. I just don't think that's really necessary as a requirement of condition. Um, I'm just check your temperature. Anyone have any ulcers or any concerns over this project? No. No. Um, as a point of clarification, do you think what we already have in there, because the applicant said they're not going to have one access, we don't really need to make that condition. Because it's already in there, basically. Well, it's, it's a part of the, it's the yeah. petitioner, it's the application period. That's the end of it. Yeah, so the applicant says that's what they're going to do. That's all we need. Yeah. And I think condition number 21 in terms of permits for storage only. No maintenance repairs. And that, but that's kind of typical of these things anyway. But I think that covers that issue. Try it. Yeah, I'll reiterate my uh, philosophical concern. I, I much prefer that this project 
didn't add those other buildings. Um, you know, you got a 12,000, 11,000, whatever square foot building. That I don't know how many units you can stick in there. It's probably in the past. But, uh, I think I remember reading that. But, but what we're doing, it seems to me, is new development. So we got an existing, but now we're adding new development in three other buildings. Because that moves it over into master plan from new development, I think, is looked at differently in the master plan than trying to uh, do the logical thing and just incorporate an existing building into uh, something that could be allowed. It's, it's already got a use for uh, a dwelling, a secondary unit, and you could permit the existing building for storage because it's there and has been. So that's just simply my comment. I, I think the master plan with the, the rural character, the growth, the commercialization, industrialization of the AF zone district, that's my indigestion, is the new building. So, yeah. To answer your question, uh, 20 RVs or vehicles in the existing building. That's a pretty decent income. I have no idea. But I don't think this is about income anyway. Viability of the project. Right. Um, okay. Anyone else? I don't know that I understand or or I feel that same heartache. I'm pretty sure the SUP process it is can consider new structures along with the existing structures, adding new things. And if it's a pole barn. Whole barns are compliant with the AF zone district and their character, um, and having we more covered storage. Oh, though it says whole barns, and we don't do architecture. And and that's where um, that's where you're saying you have this the the concern because at this level of review, we're not seeing the finished product. Well, I picture it's going to be a bunch of metal sided buildings that got there, which is. It fits with the neighborhood, but it's the new development. I mean, it's it's there's no way that this fits with the master plan and the policy 3.3 of new commercial or industrial. No way. That's my point. Is it new? <laughs> I tried to make that point a minute ago. That is not new. When you have 30,000 square or 20,000 square feet, that's new. In my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like from an intensity yeah. Well, like I said, I think the PUD process would have made this all a lot we're not there. Didn't Yeah, we're not there. I know. And so, um, I guess I don't see it because it's within an area of disturbance or an area that's already developed. I don't see it as new. If they were trying to push out new land and expand boundaries or something, then I might consider that new. This is additional structures. Okay. Anyone else? <laughs> sure. Well, having said that, I think uh, the chair will entertain a motion on uh, recommending, but it's actually a recommendation, people remember that, on PL 19 200. 
Mr. Chair. Yes, sir. Move to make a recommendation that we accept PL 19200 this with findings uh, of fact one is written and general conditions one through uh, 13 is written and special conditions 14 through 21. Chair, second. Second. So we have a motion to recommend PL-19-200 with a second. Any discussion on the motion? I'd like to add a 22. That that southerly access be abandoned, deleted, closed off, blocked, and not used in the future. I thought we said that was already covered. Yeah, I do right. too. In their site plan. I mean, if they don't show it on their site. Right. Agreed. I'm throwing it in. Either accept it or not. So what was the language blocked, unused, and... Well, I think what Troy's saying, that the southern entrance is prohibited permanently from being utilized by the petitioner. Yeah, but they need it. I mean, if in 20 years, it's they can come back and amend it. Yeah. Sure. But so, today, the county said it's not a secondary access. So are you saying just for the permitted use or let's say, for instance, this is illegal access? Um, could the property owner use it for personal use? No. No. Because no. I said they didn't need it. I see no problem with it. You made the motion. You okay I with that? I number 22, yes. Who seconded it? Who seconded it? Peter. I did. Peter. Peter. You have a problem with that? No, I don't think it's necessary, but I don't think it hurts anything. Okay. Can you add that in, second? Uh, Sarah? Sure. Okay. So, one more time. Um, any further discussion on the motion? <coughs> Hearing none, all those in favor of the motion to recommend to the BCC PL-19-200, please signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed, say no. No. Sure, votes yes. Troy, do you want to expand or do you feel you already made your comments? That's what I said. It's, okay. it's master plan 3.1, uh, goal 3.2A, policies 3.3, chapter 4, rural development goal 4.2A, So noted. Motion carried. Thank you. You're welcome. Next time on the agenda, Carpenter Ranch Preserve, tabled from 1017. Mr. Chairman. Sir. Mr. Chairman, I'm going to recuse myself from no, voting yet. on this petition. Understood. You're so accused. So what I would like to do, unless staff has a problem, is have staff bring us current where we're at. I can do that. Um, one second, please. Sorry. 
Okay. Um, I will start by saying that this staff memo that you have in front of you, all 107 pages, um, was written before we received some follow-up information from the Nature Conservancy, which was provided to you all in an addendum that was emailed to everybody and provided to the applicant as well. The addendum also includes several letters of support that we have received, again, after the staff medal was put together. And I also included two additional letters that we received today um, from Ken Brenner and from Joe Haynes. So with that being said, um, just a brief summary. I think the memo does a good job of explaining why we're all here. But for the record, um, the Nature Conservancy has been operating the Carpenter Ranch Reserve under a conditional use permit that was issued in 1996. The permit was for public facilities and included an educational center related to agriculture, ecology, and history in the former ranch house of um, Barry Carpenter. It also included interpretive trails to the river and ranch operations. The permit was valid for life and use, and I will stay up until this point, up until a year ago, uh, we have received no complaints um, until this time. Uh, this is the original project plan that was approved and considered under the 96 permit. Um, it doesn't have a lot of detail, um, and it, the main focus at that time included the preserve area with the location of interpretive trails, the ranch compound area. This works, it does not work. Um, all right, well, the ranch compound area we'll get to in a second. I have a, um, a better photo of that. So while we're here, um, the, the county received a complaint about a year ago, January of last year, specifically related to condition number three um, of the existing permit that states any complaints or concerns um, is cause for review of the permit. Specifically, what's outlined in that complaint had to do with the quantity of visitors, the number of buildings, approved public events, and uses throughout the year, which have all increased, um, as well as issues that arose regarding potency of land included in the permit boundary, which you all have heard about and is detailed in the staff packet. Uh, staff determined throughout our review of the permit that uses and the boundary permit, the boundary of the permit um, had changed due to the co-tenancy of land that is noted as 1B, feature 1B, and also uh, the stream bed um, and areas of the river that are in co-tenancy. More detail of that will be explained throughout this uh, this public hearing. As such, a permit review is scheduled for October 17th this past year, where you heard this application in detail. In summary, the application was tabled um, for specifically, there was a lot of back and forth between what uses, whether they were public or private, should be included in the permit boundary. Uh, the county 
county staff and planning commission all agreed that all uses they were related to the special use permit needed to be included in the permit boundary also planning commission directed um, the nature conservancy along with the adjacent property wolf mountain ranch in the original complaint to um, discuss ways to mitigate potential concerns that were um, noted um, address specifically addressing trespass and liability concerns and for staff to assist in that process and up until this point we have done that we've had several meetings this application is tabled to december and then tabled again to um, February 6th, actually, but as you know, with the weather forum, so now you're hearing this application tonight. So from the October meeting, these were three issues specifically related to a fence that came up. There were concerns with the trespass um, and liability concerns with have, not having a fence that was built in accordance with the original condition of approval, uh, which stated appropriate fencing will be provided during the summer of 1996 along the northwest side of the property to avoid public trespassing into neighboring properties. Appropriate no trespassing signage will be placed onto the fence, uh, onto the fencing. And as we, most of you were part of a site inspection, you noticed there was this gap in the fence um, that there was no fencing um, at that time, as well as no trespassing signs were put on after the complaint we received um, a year ago. So no trespassing signs were posted, as you saw. Um, some of you noted at the October meeting that the trespassing signs on the outside of a fence and the trails, if you recall, were on the inside of the fencing that currently exists. Um, since that, this time, since October actually, uh, property boundary signs have been posted on the property, and that's something new um, to let people know when they're out there where the property ends and also um, around the feature 1B. So TNC in their most recent um, narrative that they submitted for this amendment, um, they have made a couple of changes for your consideration. The permit boundary excludes co-tenancy stream bed areas and co-tenancy island 1B as noted. The permit boundary does not include any of the property lying west of the ranch access road or north of the Yamper River. I'll bring up a map next to clearly show that. Expansion of the CUP boundary to include all areas, should include areas, all areas with public use. Um, as noted in the staff report, this needs further discussion to make sure that what is being proposed is happening in the permit boundary. Um, also, they are proposing to discontinue public drop-in hours, um, as well as construction of a fence along the northern CUP boundary, which was noted in their narrative, posted with no trespassing signs or similar language. More specific language is provided for your consideration and conditions of approval. Um, we were also told that there is potential for mutual indemnification with Wolf Mountain Ranch 
of co-tenancy areas. Um, and I'm sure both TNC and Wolf Mountain Ranch can um, discuss that more in detail. So this is the map that was proposed by Wolf Mountain Ranch, uh, I'm sorry, uh, TNC. And I don't know, it is working, okay. So this is the compound area, um, the ranch compound area that is noted in the memos. And just for reference, this is Highway 40 here. What they provided was a permit boundary noted in orange. So that is the permit boundary being proposed. They are also proposing a fence along this location in yellow. Um, and what has changed since the last time you saw this is that there is no longer what was referred to as a donut hole um, where they were um, originally proposing to remove the comp some of the compound area um, for uses that may have been considered um, private uses. Um, they are no longer doing that. They have pulled in the permit boundary originally that went along this area, and specifically here, there was a lot of references back and forth between an area known as Lewis and Clark. Um, and so they are now pulling in the permit boundary here, and the fence will go to about the compound area. In the supplemental um, package that you received, there was another map that was provided by TNC that also <coughs> included areas of additional fencing along here, which I will bring up uh, a proposed negotiated fence between TNC and Wolf Mountain Ranch for that area. Um, but they are not proposing that as part of this amendment to you all um, tonight, um, as far as I know. This is a zoomed-in version of the compound area. There was a lot of confusion, I believe, last time of which buildings were what. Um, so as a reference, you have here the historic ranch house and the education center. There's a second story where there are um, some rooms for their guests to stay um, or that work for TNC. Uh, there is a bunkhouse here, there is a shed, there's an intern house, and then there is a new ranch manager house. There was some discussion back in October about whether or not this intern house was supposed to be removed as part of that decision in order to build a new ranch manager house. Um, and then uh, you have the historic barn, barn here and the shop. And then on this map, this is from October, this is where that trail um, originally started, and I think that they can speak a little bit more to the trails and what's proposed there. It's my indication that they're um, no longer um, want to have the trails as part for public or for public drop-ins, but I believe that's something that they'll speak to. Um, so this is just a snapshot of where we left off and, and what we have now as part of the amendment and referring to visitors, uses, and activities uh, for discussion is the number of buildings and whether that's appropriate, um, people who stay overnight, and the amount of um, guests that they may have, 
how many special events are happening, uh, along with public visitation during the field season, what does that mean? Um, most of that has been addressed by their amendment, being that I believe it's what's being requested now is year-round uses for many of the, um, uh, the, the proposed uses in the amendment. Um, as far as COAs, um, number six um, needs to be addressed as far as is the fencing that they're proposing adequate, along with condition number two, which has to do with the approved project plan. So um, that does need to be considered as we move forward uh, uh, reviewing this application. Um, Condition number two is something that is in your conditions of approval for consideration tonight, and that states any new uses or facilities um, need to be before you all, so that's why we're here. Um, as far as the permit boundary, um, the historic branch and the education center, that's included in the permit boundary now. Um, and it excludes that the areas of co-tenancy, and as I mentioned before, it pulls in the area um, on the northwest portion of the original permit boundary known as Lewis and Clark, so that is now being proposed to be amended. Um, this is a snapshot from your staff report. Uh, this is all the uses that are being proposed that are, um, um, that are being proposed and they are all laid out there. This is also up for discussion and you can um, alter any of these conditions if, as you see appropriate. Um, most of the uses are for year-round uses or have specific numbers associated with them. For example, under special events, uh, the number is no more than five events annually, and they are directly related to the work mission of the organization, and no more than 125 people per event. Events are held year-round and do not go past 8 p.m. Uh, so that is an example of some of the conditions um, that you all can discuss in more detail, and TNC may have some further requests on that, specifically with, I know, um, under the Education Center, uh, there was an, a, a, an additional request um, that is included in your packet having to do with some of the events, specifically birding events, and extending the hours to 6 a.m. instead of 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., which is the first one on your screen. Whoops, I'm sorry. Um, which is under the first um, hours right here. Um, so this is the fence proposal that was provided by TNC in the addendum. Uh, this the change here is what you see in red, proposed addi additional fencing outside of the CUP. That's something for you all to consider. This here is the fence proposal that was provided in the packet by Wolf Mountain Ranch. I believe you saw this back in October. And this is what their fence proposal looked like, um, which included areas down here, and it extends past the ranch compound 
and basically the Carpenter Ranch property line. And I'm sure they will speak more in detail about that as well. So um, for discussion, your options today are to consider a modification of the existing permit conditions or revocation of that permit based on what you're going to hear tonight. You have an option to deny the request for an amendment of the permit with specific findings of fact, as well as you can approve the amendment requests with conditions that you feel adequately mitigate this offsite impact, uh, specifically conditions that address trespass and liability concerns. Um, you can always table the discussion to a date to have it be date specific for the applicant to provide information you feel is necessary for you to make an informed decision. Um, and as you listen to um, comments tonight, um, please keep in mind some of these um, issues for discussion. Has the potential offsite impacts specifically, you know, address? Um, have they addressed concerns through the amendment that's being proposed tonight? Is the proposed amended permit boundary acceptable based on that information? If, the, if approved and considering the proposed mitigating factors, is the increase of year-round use and hours of the proposed use appropriate? And if approved, consider condition number 17, which has specifically um, addresses fence locations. Um, two fence plans were included in your attachments, one by the Nature Conservancy, one by Wolf Mountain Ranch. Do any of those address your concerns? Do you feel a, a fence is necessary? Um, so that's something that will need to be addressed. And also, if this were approved, are there conditions of approval to include, or do you want to delete any, or revise um, any of the ones that are being proposed? So there is a lot to be considered, um, and that is a brief overview. And I know TNC um, would like to speak before you, and then also Wolf Mountain Ranch after that, before public comment. Um, a favor, maybe. Yes. Can we all agree on a set of conditions that are printed in front of someplace that we can use as the base? I have a Word document I can bring up on the screen. Okay. Um, when, when you, if you want me to bring oh, them up now, I can. Um, and we can always um, cut and paste or alter conditions. Yeah, I guess you. the reason I'm asking, I mean, there's a couple of sets floating around here. Now, which one do we want to start with? The base, uh, the base conditions being those that are actually pages. Yeah, they're in your packet. Four through four and five on uh, of the packet. Yeah, so page four and five are the proposed conditions of approval. They're right at the end of Christie's memo. That's the very thing in the packet. Not that one. Thick, thick, thick. First, a thick one. Oh. Yeah. And I have them available up on the screen when, okay. when you're ready. Got it. Yeah. They were just okay. cut and paste. At this point, any questions for staff, Christy, specifically? I mean, we'll move forward on. One quick question. You mentioned there was two two maps. Um, yes. And I, what pages are those on? 
for that. I didn't hear. Uh, two maps showing oh, the, the two fence. Two proposals location. for the fence. Um, they're up on the screen, um, but I will. 15 of 107 is the proposal for Wolf Mountain. Yes. And. Oh. Page 19 of 107. Correct. It's not numbered. And I can bring them up on the screen for you as well. They're in the presentation. Thank you. Could you just outline the differences in the fencing That's the fence. Yes. And so is that. Both mountains on page 15. Roberta, I would be more than happy to do that for you. So, so this in yellow is what's being proposed by the Nature Conservancy. And then in orange, this is their permit boundary. Wolf Mountain, they'll get into more detail, I'm sure, but they're proposing an extension of this fence line along all property, property lines, for the most part, but I'm sure they'll clarify that. So, so when I look at the map on um, page 19, okay, okay, and I see the additional dash red line, it's different than this one. So, is this one on the other yeah, I'm, side? I'm of talking it. about this one right here. Okay, so that is one second. Wolf that so that's, that's this one okay. right here. I got that backwards. So Wolf, that's Wolf Mountain. I thought Wolf Mountains was longer than that. So when I so, so what, what you're looking at right here up on yeah. the screen, yeah, that is proposed by TNC. Okay. So that this was provided in the addendum after the staff memo was written, and um, this is essentially them saying that there is going to be proposed additional fencing outside of the CUP that there were some negotiations going back and forth between them and Wolf Mountain Ranch for this additional fencing in red, which um, is essentially what Wolf Mountain is proposing. Um, not all of it, but the most part. Is there a difference between the dashed segment and the solid yeah. segment? Um, I don't know. Um, oh, there is an indication there. Um, I just can't read it from here. The dash section is existing. Ah, there you go. Solid could be additional. Any other questions for staff at this point? How about TNC shift starts? <clears throat> Please. Sure. Did you give your presentation to Tegan before? Did I what? Did you give your presentation to no, Tegan? No, I don't have any slides. I'm just going to use your slides. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I don't think Keep I have it simple. So, good, after, good evening. Not afternoon. I'm Nancy Fishbein. Um, I met you last time. I'm the director of land protection for the Colorado chapter of the Nature Conservancy. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, so 
So I think that we, um, this is, it's confusing, and I appreciate um, you asking for a list of the conditions of approval because there are a lot of documents floating around, there's a lot of different stuff going back and forth. I'm going to try to simplify it from my perspective. Um, so on the, at the October 17th hearing, the Planning Commission asked the parties, Wolf Mountain and the Nature Conservancy, um, to address the potential, um, to come together for a proposal to address the potential off-site impacts of the Nature Conservancy's activities on the Carpenter Ranch, specifically the potential trespass and liability issues. Those were the issues that were raised by Wolf Mountain Ranch in their complaint. So during the, the, the last few months, we have worked together to come up with what we believe are solutions to that problem, or at least um, steps that were taken that we believe address those, those potential issues. Um, and Christy mentioned them, and I just want to highlight them again. So building a fence along the northern boundary of the CUP boundary. So the CUP boundary is in the yellow and the orange on this map. That's what we're proposing. That's the area where all of our, our uses take place. That's where the public comes. That's where we bring our donors. That's where all of the activities take place that are non-agricultural. Um, so our proposal is to, is to complete the fence around that boundary on the northern part portion that would would, um, sorry, form a boundary, a physical boundary between the CUP and the rest of the Nature Conservancy's property and the adjacent property, Wolf Mountain Ranch. Um, we would also propose to post that fence with no trespassing signs or similar signs that indicated that you cannot go across the fence. Um, we have also eliminated our drop-in visitation to the ranch so that the visitors to the ranch can't, you can't just drive into the ranch during public hours and go on the property by yourself. So all visitors to the ranch are by appointment only um, so that we know who's on the property at all times. Um, we also agreed to, uh, one of the issues was um, stating that there was a, a, a huge increase in use on the property over the years since 1996. We don't believe that that's true, but there really is no documentation of that. So what we propose to do is to limit the number of visitors based on the table provided in the staff memo and document that vis visitation through a logbook. So we will keep track of who's on the property, not specifically by their names, but by numbers and events. So for the Crane Festival, we will document there's 125 people. For a particular donor visit, we'll document that there are five people on the property at a certain date. Um, we also have proposed um, that our guests to the Carpenter Ranch, any, any guests to the Carpenter Ranch that go beyond the Education Center, so the Education Center is often used for, for community meetings, and people don't go anywhere on the property, they don't wander down to the river, they just go to the Education Center for their meetings. Um, but other guests that use the property itself, um, we agree to have them sign uh, waivers, liability waivers, that include both the Nature Conservancy and Wolf Mountain Ranch. Um, and we um, propose to retain copies of those waivers for a year, which is our standard operating procedure with the Nature Conservancy. Um, we're happy to provide those waivers to the county upon request. Um, specifically, 
so, so we feel that with, with those steps taken, and they're significant steps, um, we feel like we have really addressed the potential for trespass and the potential for liability in the Cub area. Um, it's something that, that Christy mentioned, in addition to the cup conditions of approval, TNC and Wolf Mountain have also been working together to try to come up with an additional fencing plan that addresses not necessarily liability issues or trespass issues, but it deals with cattle management issues, which is outside the purview of the cup and the planning commission. But I just wanted to let you know that we have, in good faith, been trying to negotiate to address some of the other issues that neighbors face. And that is where this um, fencing along Elk Island and along Lewis and Clark has come into play, because that is an area where Wolf Mountain does put their cattle on Elk Island, and if we agree to put the fence on Lewis and Clark, that will help keep their cattle on Elk Island, which is an area where they do graze. Um, and I think that, that the, this is not a very sophisticated map, so I apologize for that red line. Um, it is meant to mirror the fencing that Wolf Mountain has um, proposed in their map as well. Um, a couple of other things I just wanted to bring to the attention of the Planning Commission, specifically on a couple of conditions of approval. Um, in condition of approval 14, which talks about um, the area outside of um, the cuff, which is we, we call this this sort of western part of the property where Lewis and Clark Island is. Um, it says that it will be used specifically for agricultural activities only. Um, and I just wanted to make sure that we add general property maintenance as well, because um, as owners of the property, we need to be able to go over there. Um, TNC staff needs to be able to access that part of the property for um, its own business. We will not take the public over there or any of our donors or anybody that is not TNC staff, but we need to be able to do property maintenance and property inspection as well as actually make an agricultural use of it. So I just wanted to add that. Um, and then in uh, condition number 17, um, it does say uh, the northern border, uh, the permittee shall construct and maintain a fence along the northern border of TNC's land. It actually is the northern border of the CUP. Uh, and Christy, you made that change in your slide presentation, but it's not in this document. Um, because our land does go further to the north than where the, when, where the fence is placed. Um, and then lastly, um, something that was pointed out by Wolf Mountain Ranch um, when I requested that the hours of the education center be expanded from Monday through Friday, 8 to 8, to Monday through Sunday, 6 to 8. And the reason for that, I just wanted to clarify, is that we don't intend to use the education center seven days a week. Um, 365 days a year, but a lot of the activities that take place in the education center take place on the weekend. So if there's better language that you can come up with for that, I think that's fine, but we would like the flexibility to be able to use the education center on Saturdays and Sundays as well as during the week. And occasionally when we have events where we have birders who like to get out very early because that's when the birds are out, um, it's nice to be able to have them meet at the education center earlier than 8 o'clock. Um, but one thing also to note that in the conditions of approval, there is a table that lists some, some specific 
um, numbers for different events. Um, we are happy to put some limits on the education center if that's helpful. Um, I don't know exactly what those are yet. Um, Jeff did have, we did have some numbers in our January 17th proposal. Um, we're happy to put those in as a conditions of approval if that would be helpful to put some parameters on the use of the education center. I would add though that the education center is pretty far away from the boundary between the Nature Conservancy and Wolf Mountain Ranch. And I don't really think that the use of the education center poses a threat for trespasser liability issues, but we are willing to put some limits on that use if that's helpful. What about the historic barn? Um, so the historic barn is um, is part of the CUP. Um, it's part of the, of the buildings that are being permitted. I'm just saying for occupancy, sir. For what? For occupancy. Um, well, there's no there's no occupancy in the barn. So the barn is is used. Um, it, people may that are coming to the ranch for other purposes may go to the barn to check it out. It's really it's a really cool structure. Um, but there's no there's nobody nobody lives in the barn. Nobody stays overnight in the barn. There's no meetings that take place in the barn. It's it's a barn. Okay. Any other questions? Yes. Is there a significance uh, or a meaning? between the dashed line and the southern line um, that's adjacent to Elkin Island and Lewis and Clark? Um, I think that, there, that the dotted line is an existing fence and the red line, the, the solid line is a fence to be constructed. Um, but the, the uh, proposal is that that entire um, boundary between Elk Island and Lewis and Clark Island be fenced. Okay. Could you identify what you're calling the wildlife preserve as, as outlined in the table? Sure. What Christy meant by that, um, you know, you know that the, the Carpenter, the Nature Conservancy, is a conservation organization. One of our um, primary missions is to protect the land and waters on which all life depends. So there are uh, there is wildlife that uses this place. Um, there's a very rare, globally rare riparian forest out here. Um, there's sandhill cranes that come through here. There's elk, etc. Um, so this property is being protect, protected not only for its agricultural values but also for its wildlife and natural values. Um, specifically, though, groups do come out to view nature on this place. This is, it's a nature preserve, among, um, for, first and foremost. Um, but I don't think there are no, there is nothing specific associated with that as far as numbers, rather than it's just purpose. So for the similar to scientific and agricultural research groups that come out and use the property, people come out to to observe wildlife as well and walk on the trails. Um, so I'm not sure if I totally answered well, your question. No, so that, I'm kind of confused. Um, the yellow line represents the boundary of the CUP. I think you said earlier that the public then does not go beyond the yellow boundary of the CUP. But I, I don't want to get in a box here that says these other groups can trace over yeah. the yellow line 
to the river and the wildlife preserve? And no, that's not our intention. No, I understand what you're saying now. So well, the reason that we, we pulled the, the CUP boundary back from the river um, was in response to Wolf Mountain Ranch's desire to have our the public, people that come to our property to be to stay away from their their from the boundary of our properties. That's why we pulled the CUP boundary back. Um, and in earlier discussions, we were having dialogue about different kinds of uses in different places in the property. We have moved back from that. Um, what we're saying is that, that people that come and visit this property will not go beyond that fence. We will not take them beyond that fence. Um, TNC staff and people working for the Nature Conservancy on improvement of property, et cetera, will go across that fence. Um, but we will not take anybody from the public out across that fence. Or any of those user groups or research groups? None of those user groups, no. Okay, thank you. Christy? Um, I understand Troy's question, but I think everything that's in this table in my, based on the way I read this, these are more so uses that are within the COP, not specific areas. Correct. So, so this table, and specifically <coughs> if we're um, talking about the wildlife preserve, came from the October discussion, and these uses were specifically pointed out. And at that time, it was this back and forth discussion about private and public uses and um, TNC was suggesting that a wildlife preserve is a use by right and therefore shouldn't be considered under a CUP or within the permit boundary or needed to be in the permit right. boundary. Um, so we took all those uses based on your comments that whether you're, they're considered uses by right or you know any use that is happening on that property that's associated to the permit um, related to the research, the donors that go there, the workers, anything that is part of their work and mission needs to be part of the CUP. Um, so. What was added to condition number 14 under the second sentence was the approved project plan uses listed below may only occur within the CUP boundary. Right. And that was something that we noted as a issue for discussion just to get some clarity of what the intent was. I suppose to perhaps have made things a bit cleaner, the last sentence should have gone on the top of the table. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, but. Right. <laughs> so, Ms. Fishbein, would you be so kind as to once again now outline for the commissioners, or at least me, <laughs> table item by table item, the changes and or um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Concurrence, shall we say, of the contents. So, for example, I think under Education Center, did I not hear you say you would like to move 8 a.m. to 6 a.m.? Yes. Perfect. Was there any other changes or adjustments there? I'm happy with the way it's written okay. right now if it says 6 to 8. 
and you have no changes in terms of the historic barn use. No. I believe that you suggested to be seven days a week, and when I read this, it's just weekdays. So, did you want seven? And this first one, it, it says Monday through Sunday. Oh, Monday through Sunday. You said Monday through Friday. Monday through Sunday. It says on here, which is every day. Yeah, seven days. You're on an older one, probably. Oh, I got an older one. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's you very have to go confusing. To the you got to look at the February twelfth one. On page five. Page six. Six. There's a current version also up on the screen, if that helps. Thank you. Um, so, did you have additional comments on the TNC donor visits? Nope. And where did you talk about logging people in? Um, I just mentioned that, uh, but it is not in the conditions of approval. That's fine. I just I'm not sure that it belongs in there, but that's okay. So then, scientific and agriculture, there are no changes. No. Ten trips per year, year-round basis. This is what you just handed. This is no. Wildlife preserve, no changes. No. Interpretive trails, no changes. No. Housing. No, I just, I'm, uh, my question is only about the manager's house. Um, so that's a year round residence um, occupied by the ranch manager of the Carpenter Ranch and his family, currently his family. Now, oh, I don't know if that goes in the same not category. Not to be included as a guest, is that what you're saying? It's not a guest facility. It is, there are TNC staff members, so maybe it goes there. It just seems like yeah. a slightly different thing. Okay. Noted, but I think it's it's part of the overall operation. Yeah, right. yeah. It would be appropriate yeah. to be included. Private non-commercial fishing, no changes that I'm aware of. No. And then private non-commercial hunting. No changes. And then special events, no more than five annually. And no more than 125 per event. And not nice. go past 8 p.m. Is there a starting time that typically goes with those? Probably 8 again. Uh, defer to my colleagues. Starting time, special events. It, it would be great to have it be have us have the flexibility, but if that's going to be a bone of contention, I'm not going to follow my sword. I was that only one. looking for the next question, which would be so. What time does it start? It's an issue of consistency more so than anything else. Yeah, so maybe we have it at 6 as well, since they're, the other one is at, in the end center is at 6 as well. Okay. Thank you. Commissioners, any other questions for the petitioner? For now, you're good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Wolf Mountain. 
Good evening, Commissioners. <coughs> Excuse me. For the record, my name is John Vanderblumen. Um, I spoke to many of you, but not all of you, on October, whatever that was, um, 2019, when we had the, uh, the hearing that was tabled. I uh, appreciate this opportunity to be here. Hope it's picking me up. There we go. It sounds like it's working better. Um, I'm here with Brent Romick and Joan Romick, who are the ranch managers for Wolf Mountain Ranch. And um, I have some materials that will pull up. Christy's uh, put the first one up. If I could borrow your quick, that'd be great. It's a little awkward this evening because obviously there's a lot of material in here. Um, by my count, I think maybe four of you were here in October and endured my lengthy presentation, uh, and I appreciate that. And four of you obviously are new to this other than uh, the 107-page staff report and the presentations you've heard so far. So I apologize to those who heard it before. I'm not going to go through everything in detail. I hope that you've had an opportunity to look at the staff report and understand the background here. And obviously there are a lot of letters in there. And this is a matter that's gone on for over a year now. Um, my client, Wolf Mountain Ranch, um, I guess in, uh, in reality is the reason why we are here uh, because this was initiated by my client's complaints about activities at Carpenter Ranch that Nature Conservancy was engaging in that we came to be aware of and felt were issues of non-compliance with the permit from 1996, issues of expanded uses that were they violations of conditions of approval, maybe, maybe not. Um, the 1996 minutes are somewhere deep in the materials you have. The 1996 staff report, uh, and needless to say, the review in 1996 was probably a little less hefty than 107 pages. The review in 1996 um, was a very favorable review, frankly. I think Commissioner Brookshire may have been here for that one and maybe the only member of, of the commissioners who was in place at that time. Wolf Mountain Ranch is the adjacent property owner to the north across the river and in places uh, very close by. Uh, Christy, if I want to go forward, just hit the... Um, I, I can do it for you. I don't okay, I'm sorry. Let's, let's go back one, one more time. I apologize. I'll, um, like I said, a lot of material, and I'm going to try to make this as logical as I can, but there's, there's some really important points that need to be made, so I, I ask for your indulgence. What you have on the screen right now was submitted, if you look up in the upper corner there, February 1, 1996. This is part of the county planning file from that time. So the CUP that was applied for in 1996 involved this outlined area that is referred to 
there as the Carpenter Ranch, nearly a thousand acres. Um, Andy Bauer was then the staff planner. He wrote the fact packet and said it was 860 acres. They did not specifically include this area right here that you might hear referred to as Hine Islands or Islands 2 and 3, but they clearly were part of what was discussed and it had interpretive trails that were involved in, in those portions. So I, I think it's fair to say that the staff feels that uh, the CUP applies currently because understand we're still under a 1996 CUP to the entirety going across, over, back around there. It does not apply to this area which is upriver uh, back towards Steamboat. Uh, it was not, that was not part of what was submitted and discussed in 96. So Nature Conservancy tonight uh, certainly, understandably, wants to talk just about the amendment and what it is they're proposing going forward. And I've got to take you back and talk a little bit about what has happened in the past because this is a full review. This is not just a review of an amendment, but it's also a review of the compliance with the, with the permit historically. And if you got deep enough into the 107 pages, which I hope you had a chance to especially if you weren't here last time, um, you'd find multiple letters complaining going back to January of 2019 about non-compliance and clear violations of permit conditions. Um, the uh, bulk of those related to conditions three, six, and two, and the new uses and the expanded uses and the fact that since 96, when it was talking about public, outdoor, summertime, three days a week, had morphed into year-round outdoor events that were not anticipated, contemplated in 96. Um, the the uh, overnight lodging was a component that was very minimally discussed in 96 and had grown. Um, the fence obligations I'll talk about in a minute, and I won't drag you through the 15 or so photos I did the last time we met, but I think it's important for you to understand that TNC, frankly, has not complied with this permit from the start, and nobody ever called them on it, nobody ever reviewed it, and my client, living across the river on, on his ranch, um, for the most part, kind of let them do their thing and I'll do mine. But as the circumstances changed over time, and more recently, as it became clear out of a um, quiet title action, that our clients are co-tenant owners of the, of the river stream bed that is in between. Um, the concerns that we had versus, uh, regarding liability and trespass obviously got bigger. Um, in 1996, my former law partner, Tony Latnich, represented Wolf Mountain Ranch, and he appeared in front of the Planning Commission and didn't object. It wasn't a NIMBY, it was simply, could you please require them to put a boundary fence around their property, because they want to do what I'll call quasi-commercial type activities that, are, uh, that obviously became very open-ended, and, and make sure that those folks don't interfere with what and, and disrupt uh, or impact our property across the river. Um, 
the Planning Commission heard the assurances of Mr. Jamie Williams, who was then the uh, manager of Carpenter Ranch, that he would work with us on fencing, or uh, work with my now client, with Wolf Mountain Ranch on fencing, and the, the only condition that was imposed was the one that Christy showed you earlier, condition six, about fencing along the northwest boundary to avoid trespassing on the neighboring properties. Um, the permit hearing was concluded in 1996. Um, the fence was not completed in 1996. Uh, Wolf Mountain Nature Conservancy, we didn't know that at the time. Nature Conservancy, uh, many years later, said, oh, no, we, we complied with that permit condition. Uh, we put a fence along the northwest boundary. And as you may recall from October, and I'll show you in a minute, that um, that really was fairly disingenuous. The trail that ran along that fence was not on the inside of the fence. So the fence would be between those people on the trail and Wolf Mountain Ranch's property. The trail was on the outside of the fence. There was a requirement in, in 1996 that there be uh, no trespassing signs on that fence, again, to avoid the trespassing. Um, no trespassing signs were never posted on that fence for the first 20 plus years until we became aware of it and brought it up with Mr. Blakesley. And as you may have seen in the, in the materials, there was a dispute over ownership and a quiet title action. And during that action, I took his deposition. Mr. Blakesley testified that um, he didn't put up no trespassing signs because he didn't think they made sense. Um, there was no request to the county to eliminate that condition because it didn't make sense. They just decided on their own not to do it. The, at the time of his deposition, he didn't tell me, and I didn't know that while they did put in a little fence, it was on the wrong side of the trail. Um, we came to find that out later on. After our complaints came forward in, in 19, in January, um, then Nature Conservancy did go out and put up some no trespassing signs, I'll show you in a minute. Um, but those signs are on the inside of the fence, trails on the outside of the fence. Our property is to the left of the trail. So unless the cows could read the signs, certainly the people walking up the trail wouldn't see them. So, you know, I hate to go back through this, and I'm not going to belabor it as I did before when I was trying to explain this to those of you that were here, or Mr. Warnke, Commissioner Warnke and Commissioner Brookshire, who were on the site visit, they understand what I'm talking about, I believe. So uh, let me do a little orientation, um, if, if I may. Uh, thanks, Christy. Ms. Fishbein explained, and Christy explained, that, that the current permit boundary that they're asking for is this one in orange, comprising apparently approximately 515 acres. The um, original permit boundary that is still in play as we speak is somewhere in the neighborhood of 900,000 acres, I suppose. Um, when, after we made our initial complaints, Nature Conservancy denied the violations, and then they, they said uh, to staff that they didn't feel that they had violated them, the conditions were vague, and that they had made a good faith effort, et cetera. 
Um, and they filed several amendments. The first amendment was filed in June. That's the one that went up, went to hearing in October. Um, it was tabled. And another, uh, and that request was to include additional lands. Um, I won't go off on that tangent. Then they came back in, in December with narrowing it down to about 200 acres, and now the most uh, recent January that you see tonight is the 500 acres. Um, I've learned a few things tonight from this uh, Fishbine's presentation we'll talk about in a minute, but in her materials, she submitted a letter, most recent letter, I guess, is their proposal, is January 17th, and in there she says that all of these uses that they're asking for that are listed in Table 14 um, will be made within the, within the CUP boundary. There won't be any of those uses outside the CUP boundary. Um, she said that the only uses outside the CUP boundary would be agricultural uh, operations that are currently leased out to a uh, private contractor. Doug Carlson runs cows and, and cuts hay on the uh, current ranch property. Um, tonight she says that if researchers and interns apparently want to, oops, there we go. Not good at this, as you'll see. Uh, if researchers and interns want to go over here to Lewis and Clark Island, um, under the what I read in her application and in Christie's uh, draft report, or her final report, that couldn't happen. Uh, that all of those activities were going to be contained within the CUP boundary. So you can see where, you know, one of the problems we've had, frankly, with TNC has been the lack of clarity and the ability to really pin down and and say, you can do this, you can't do that, you can do this, you can't do that. So it's it's important to you and, and to us that we have a clear understanding. We don't understand why they decided unilaterally to pull this part of the property out of the CUP other than, as was stated tonight, that, well, the public won't be going over there. But apparently their usual activities, interns, researchers, study groups, uh, people interested in the, uh, uh, whether it's the riparian habitat or people interested in, in uh, whatever aspect, whether it's wildlife or whether it's plant life or river related, those people will be in this area from what I heard tonight, which is contrary to what's in the report and in the application at page two. And that's a really important point that I've discussed with staff, and you see it staff's recommendation at the start of paragraph 14 that it says, uses of Carpenter Ranch, this is page five of 107, uses outside the CUP boundary will be limited to the agricultural operation currently leased to a private ranching operation as stated in TNC's January 17th narrative. So. Um, some clarification. Uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to absolutely talk with you about, and we will here in a minute, is the need for a fence with no trespassing and all the same considerations. 
going all the way up this boundary between the properties. Now, let me help you with a little nomenclature and, and orientation. This parcel of land, I'll come back to the fence. This parcel of land right here is referred to as Elk Island. Now, Elk Island is owned by Fee Simple Title Wolf Mountain Ranch, my client. It is not co-tenancy with Nature Conservancy. You probably can say, what's going on? You can, you see how the, there's a river channel that follows this green line around here. It's, we'll call it the South Channel. In 1954, Ferry Carpenter owned both sides of the, of the river. He sold the north part to a family named Clark. He retained the south half and he put all the stream bed, quote, in co-tenancy between the two of them. That's where this co-tenancy arose from, from a 1954 deed. In 1954, that channel of the Yamba River didn't exist. I mean, it just did not exist. It was dry ground. In, in the early 80s, and this was part of the, part of the dispute in the lawsuit, was uh, when your boundary between you and your neighbor is the center line of the river, Typically in Colorado law, the boundary moves with the river. So if the river moves north, the center line of the river is the boundary it moves north. But there's an exception to that rule, and that's called an avulsion. And Elk Island is a 100-acre-plus avulsion. In 1950, uh, 1980, um, 1990, let's, sit, let's go there. In the 90s, when my client started to acquire this property, he communicated with Willis Carpenter, Ferry's son, who's a real estate attorney in Denver, to confirm that Elk Island was part of that property, not part of this property, and received the assurance in writing from Mr. Carpenter and closed on the transaction. Because you can see that it would be like, well, who owns that? That's, that's clearly uh, because in the early 80s, the river broke through and created a new north channel across there. That did not cause the boundary to move. And I'm sorry, I don't sound like a law professor, so shut me down if everybody understands this and, uh, and I'll move on. So the point being that Elk Island is our client's property. Lewis and Clark Island right across here and why is it called an island? I guess because the, the Walker Ditch comes off right here and goes around. Lewis and Clark Island is uh, a riparian area. You can see it doesn't have, uh, doesn't appear to have been grazed or hayed. But it's clearly the same sort of property, probably the globally rare uh, plant group that uh, Ms. Fishbein talked about. So clearly, Nature Conservancy is going to want to have their people, there we go, onto Lewis and Clark Island. And why is this important to us? Why do we feel so strongly that there needs to be a fence over here, just as there would be a fence right here? And the reason why is because the access onto Elk Island from Lewis and Clark Island or from here or from here is very, very easy. Um, Ms. Fishbein said that, you know, none of the people at the Education Center were going to be close to the river or close to Wolf Mountain Ranch's property. They're probably going to stay inside, but truth be told, there's the boundary right there. It's the center line of the South Channel of the Yampa River. 
this south channel of the Anima River is owned in co-tenancy. So we are co-tenants with Nature Conservancy, and we are fee owners, sole owners of the property right there. I don't know, as I stand here, whether or not Nature Conservancy has committed to build that fence that we looked at a minute ago that was in red. I thought I heard Ms. Fishbein say that, yes, they were going to build it, but in all of our discussions, it's been something of a trade bank, frankly, that it has not come out um, that they were going to build it. They said, they said, well, it's not part of the CUP, so it can't be a condition of the CUP, so it has to be part of a private agreement, and we say, no, we can't agree to that. And in Christy Windsor's staff report, if you noted, she talked about this a little bit and said that in her view that, that that should be a condition that there be a fence along there where that red was on one of the prior exhibits, whether that's in the CUP or not in the CUP. So that's an important aspect. Um, Christy, can you move me down through? Uh, I talked about a moment ago, um, Lewis and Clark Island and Elk Island. Um, this photograph is taken by me standing on Elk Island, looking across at Lewis and Clark Island. That's the south channel of the Amber River. And you say, well, what is this? What that is is a push-up dam. And anybody who is involved in all of irrigation or ranching may be familiar with the concept of the river's coming along over here, and it doesn't have enough depth. I'm losing my pointer again. Um, the left-hand side, that's where the channel's coming around. You can see in the background the, the rail cars, so you know we're looking toward Highway 40. And this is Lewis and Clark Island. Down here is Elk Island. When the, that south channel of the river now that we have a bifurcated channel there, it doesn't carry as much water as it did in the old days when it was the only channel of the Amber River. So the Walker Ditch, which is an old, old, old ditch, comes in under its water rights and pushes up gravel to create enough depth or enough head to get it to feed into the head gate and service the Walker Ditch. Um, there are water rights laws that apply to that. That's not part of our issue tonight. TNC didn't do this. I'm not claiming that. We didn't do it. Um, but the point is that if somebody's over there on uh, Lewis and Clark Island, look at how easy it is to come across to Elk Island. And whether it's during the time that this, these push-up dams are in place, which unfortunately has lasted for many, many months sometimes, or if it's during times when the river is really low, it's after irrigation season, it's late in the year, there's just not much water in here, so it's easy to get across. It's almost, I don't want to say an attractive nuisance, that sounds like a lawyer, but Elk Island is a very attractive piece of property. Can we go to the next one? And, and the reason why this is so important and why we've got to have a fence over there as part of your conditions of approval, if you now see here's, here's the south channel coming around by the main house, Right there is where the Walker Ditch Headgate is. I swear I'm not shaking that bad. And right there is the push-up dam that you could see a minute ago. So you can see it here in the fall of that aerial image that it's there, and downstream in that south channel of 
not a lot of water. Um, that's pretty normal. Again, the point being that Nature Conservancy's researchers, interns, donors, friends, anybody that's working on their mission that's over here heads right on across. And how about those 6 a.m. bird watchers? Um, why would they want to be there? Well, because there is an eagle's nest. Uh, now, there we go. Up in this area, Brett can tell you more directly. But it's, it's a, obviously an attraction. It's on Wolf Mountain Ranch's property. Uh, we're not saying that the bird watchers go over there. Have we seen groups of bird watchers over there? No, but we don't, excuse me, bird dog this. Um, my clients don't sit there with binoculars and try to figure out what's happening. There's a lot of talk in the, in the materials about how uh, there haven't, you know, this is unfounded and there haven't been any complaints of trespass, et cetera. Brett can tell you about uh, certain episodes he has experienced, but, but the obvious truth is we don't know what does go on. This is some big pieces of land. So you've got a 100 acre island right there. And why else would somebody want to go there? Well, there's a reason why it's called Elk Island. If you went out there right now, you would see a lot of elk in the fall, and Brent can, Brent can tell you all about this. But that is essentially um, a very comfortable place for those elk to go and, and hang. And if I'm there at Wolf Mountain, excuse me, at Nature Conservancy at Carpenter Ranch, and I'm a donor and I want to go see what's going on, I've never seen an elk up close. We can just go right along the ranch road here, across the head gate, into the property. There has to be a fence there. Can we go to the next one, Christy? I'll, I'll, I'll quit belaboring this. Hopefully this is becoming understandable to you. This is just another picture of that push-up dam area. Now we're looking across from Lewis and Clark Island to the north toward Elk Island, my client's own, and you can see how there's uh, not a lot of water downstream, which would be to the left, of uh, push-up. Can go to the next one, please. I talked to you a little while ago about how the fence and trail were on the wrong side from each other. I showed this um, photograph back when we were in here in October. Uh, those of you that were out there remember that the trail goes here. Elk Island is over there to the left. The South Channel River is hidden by the Cottonwoods. So the people walking along the trail are on the wrong side of the fence. There is no fence between them and our property. The idea that somehow they comply with Condition 6, it's never happened to this day. You can go to the next one, Christy. Thank you. You can see in the background over there, uh, that's Elk Island. The channel's down here, you can't see it, the South Channel. The trail's back over in here, and I'm standing out in the pasture where Doug Carlson's cattle graze, and there's the no trespassing sign that went up. Not very effective, frankly. Next one, please. Just another shot looking across from their pasture. There's Elk Island in the background. This is some land in between their pasture and, and the river channel, and that's where the trail runs through. You can go to the next one. Christy talked about how they put some property boundary signs out and 
Well, it's a very nice sign and respectful to adjacent property. But as we talk about no trespassing in the context of the signs that are going to have to be imposed on fences here, that's not a no trespassing sign. It says, please don't cross the river. Well, crossing the river isn't the problem. It's crossing the fence. So a plain vanilla no trespassing sign is what we think is being requested by the COAs from the staff. But when I hear TNC say, or similar sign, then I get understandably a little nervous. Uh, you can go to the next one. Okay, and we'll come back to this, but this shows, shows that in the upper area, shows the fence coming around that we have proposed then their fence that they proposed is there and there, and then ties into existing pasture fence here. Um, we have concerns with this area that Brent can address better than I can. Um, the if we could, well, I'll stay here. This this will work. I didn't talk about feature one B, but that I don't begin to want to try to explain to you why as a historic anomaly. That feature 1B is owned in co-tenancy, but it has to do with emulsions and river movements and, and expert testimony of fluvial geomorphologists, something I've never been. Um, I want to, this is good as anywhere to point out a couple other things I'll be talking about. Um, when Nature Conservancy first applied in 96, they, they said, we're not going to build any bridges. Uh, we're not going to install any bridges uh, because this area right in here, which was going to be crisscrossed with trails in their 96 application, had some crossings of the old, old South Stream bed that came around here. So the river used to bifurcate and split right there and go around. And then it kind of moved north up here. Uh, but the point being that to get across, this is all wetlands area. It was acquired by TNC from Upper Yampa Water Conservancy District, who got the Army Corps to agree that it could serve as wetlands mitigation for the State Coast Reservoir. Well, we could, you know, we'd write a book on this, I guess, but it probably wouldn't be very well read. Um, the point being that this is all wetlands area, or, or primarily, and to get across this slough right here, uh, Nature Conservancy told the county at the time in 96, wrote a letter to Karen Fox and said, we will not build a footbridge in. Please note, we are not putting in a pedestrian bridge or any other improvements along the Amber River. That was January of 96 to Karen Fox, then planning director. That was followed up in Andy Bowers' staff notes at the time that said, um, you know, because of regulatory concerns with 404 permit, Army Corps of Engineers, they would not be putting in a bridge for that crossing that I referenced generally in this area. Uh, they'll use the Beaver Dam instead. Those of you that were out there at the site visit saw where that location was. Um, the point being that as soon as that permit issued, within a year, there was a bridge there. It's visible on on uh, aerial photography. Um, 
Nature Conservancy acknowledged that they put the bridge in, even though they said they weren't going to. It stayed, but they said, but we took it out. It was only there for it's either 16 or 18 years. I can't remember which. Um, so why does this matter? It matters because their track record is not good at keeping promises to the county. Um, that wasn't a condition of approval. That was just a commitment that the application faced. Uh, and it's, so now we, we, if we could go back up to their application, Christy, it's about 10 slides up. Um, let's see the next one down. The current one. Come on down, I'm sorry. The next one. Yes, yes, their current application. Okay. Um, no, so this carved out section that they're wanting to, they're asking you to approve an amendment to the 96 permit to delete that from what is currently under a permit. And I say, if you do that, um, we need to be clear, can donors and researchers and interns go over there? Can groups go over there? Um, shouldn't there be a fence over there? So that's that's an important point for us. The Mr. Um, Vanderbilt, can you move this along? And actually, what I would like you to do, if at all possible, yes, sir, to keep this thing kind of even. Can you go through the proposed conditions that have been laid out and maybe comment on each and every one of those quickly? Sure. And then it gets to kind of. To, I understand. I understand. Uh, thank you. And, and um, the uh, let me let me point something out. If you have your packet in front of you, uh, where you were focusing in the conversation with Ms. Fishbine was on page six in the table. Right, five and six actually. Yeah, it starts at five and goes over to six. But don't lose sight of the fact that if you go back to page three and four, that staff has recommended additional conditions should be considered that were not discussed by Ms. Fishbein or by you. So um, that, you. That, that's really important because if we end with condition 18 in the current draft, I count at least five more over on page four that are not contained in the current draft that I think staff was intending were conditions that you reasonably might impose. Does that make sense? Are you following where I'm totally following you. Thank you. Um, so, for example, you know, it, she says there need to be further discussion hours of operation. We've been there. Uh, they've now proposed year-round Monday through Sunday, 6 to 8 p.m. I mean, if they're inside the education center, we don't care. That, that's not any concern of ours. But without adequate liability and, and impacts on our neighboring operations, including our ag operation, from people that are out there wandering around, which I'd like to think everybody's going to be adequately guided. I know that TNC doesn't have the staff to do that. That hasn't been the case in the past. Um, I guess that if a bird group calls and says, can we come out and wander around in the CUP area, as long as they sign in, they can do that under condition education center. But 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. year-round just frankly seems a huge jump from three days a week, summer only, daylight only. 
I don't have a suggestion specifically to tell you on that. The conditions of approval that I that I do have, uh, and, I'll, and I'll go through these, Commissioner you know, what happens in the historic barn, I don't think that's a concern to us, uh, but that education center is very wide open. Guided walks, skis, birding, I guess people can snowshoe around. You can have, you know, various outings and groups as long as they call ahead. They made a point of saying, we, we did away with the unguided public. But in the last hearing, they said, well, the unguided public really isn't much of a problem. We don't have that many unguided public. Okay? So the concession is... I don't know. I don't know how to assess that, except to say again, I'm just a little skeptical of commitments that I keep, or that if they're loose at all. And I appreciate you guys trying to sort through this and come up with reasonable conditions. Historic barn donor visits. Um, you know, I know that Christy and I, in conversations, as we try to work through, as you suggested to us, and. I'll just stop and say, we worked in good faith. We don't need to sit here and argue about who was in better better faith, I guess, if there's such a term. But I think my letter of December 17th and my letter of February 11th set forth the chronology of what happened and how we got baited and switched on trying to achieve what you wanted us to do with regard to the not these conditions, but the liability and trespass defense type conditions. The donor visits, um, I guess they're going to have to track that and, and report that to staff because, again, it's great to impose conditions, but if you don't have some accountability, how do you know if they've done it? You have to trust them that they tell you, well, this is all we had, but at least you can require some reporting, and that goes back to what's on page three, some of those um, TMC shall submit quarterly reports, activity logs. Um, you know, I think activity logs would be a good idea for you, for everybody. Um, you know, if, if they're not out traipsing around at the edges or near our property, I guess that's not really a concern. But somewhere this becomes a wide open events, conference center, bed and breakfast. What is it? Um, we try to stay out of their business. My client is very much a private property rights individual and believes people ought to be able to do with their property uh, what they will as long as they don't impact others or violate the law. Um, that's why nothing ever happened here for all those years. Interpretive trails. I'm not sure where they are because they don't show on any maps. Uh, they, I thought interpretive trails went away with the old, but I'm not sure. Housing. That, that brings up another quick topic, and I will be quick. I mentioned it in October, but they have one more dwelling unit out there than they told planning about in 1996. And if my clients did that, county planning would say, hey, wait a minute, how do you have that other dwelling unit? You can't. And this gets a little obscure, but it's... It was mentioned in the staff report, and they say now uh, housing, four buildings, main house, bunkhouse, intern house, manager house. One of those was going to go away in 96, and it was in the 
staff report at that time that the maximum occupancy would be 16 beds, 16 people. Um, and when they came back more recently, the, the, the question was that the old ranch manager's house was decrepit. It was going to be torn down. The new ranch manager's house was going to be put in that footprint because they're under a conservation easement, historical society, and et cetera. Well, they came to find out that they could put the new ranch manager house somewhere else, so they didn't tear down the old house. And it apparently is still there, and apparently, according to this, is something somewhere where they can have guests stay. Um, you know, that is more than disingenuous in the materials. I mentioned it in one of my letters. I won't belabor it now, but please understand that Mr. Blakesley's letter to the county in December said, staff members are asking whether TNC plans to keep the intern house. The answer is yes. TNC notices, and then TNC talks about how uh, and references staff comments from 96, page 3, and has a quotation, but the quotation is incorrect. I'm not here to you know, say any more about it other than the housing part of this could get way bigger and less controlled than it probably should. So that condition is, is a concern because what are the limits? I guess as long as you're in a category of staff member, volunteer, donor, researcher, intern, or someone working on the work mission of the organization, you can stay there. There's no bed and breakfast requirements. There's no commercial kitchen requirements. There's no regulatory anything. It just happens. Um, I'm not suggesting to you, I'm just saying, once again, past history predicts future performance. And so we are concerned about our liability if we don't button things up properly and cover ourselves and with impacts on our ag operation because we can't seem to get agreements uh, with Nature Conservancy. Non-commercial fishing, users directly connected to the work mission of the organization will According to the staff's report, if you go back one page, anything outside the CUP boundary, which would include the river, is only for the agricultural operation. So can these people that are in these categories go fish down in the river, which is our co-tenancy land? No. Not from what was requested by the applicant and seemed like it morphed a little bit and got a little gray this evening that, well, if they're doing the mission of the organization, because there are no ponds in the middle of the CUP boundary, um, I guess, no, you know, Ms. Fishbein just said, no, you know, we, we don't have any problem with that condition. I just don't know what it means. I don't think that private non-commercial fishing can exist in the CUP boundary because there's no water. Private non-commercial hunting, you know, I guess it could perhaps, so you know, have concerns, special events. It's a matter of, of uh, tracking and how how eventful it gets out there, if you will. This is uh, this is a piece of property that is just seems to just be growing. Now it's six a.m. to eight a.m. eight p.m. three hundred sixty-five days a year. And maybe that's okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to say, uh, Commissioner Warnke. No, that needs to be 
three events or two events. I hope you understand that we're in trying to stay out of their business that truly doesn't impact us, but ask for conditions on those things that really do concern us, primarily defense and liability related concerns. Um, condition 17, um, you'll have to understand the, the fences, but I, uh, Christy, if you could come down to my uh, slide 10, I don't know, maybe, are you in your material? your fence? You can just go to the next one down. Okay. The, um, you know, the fence that they're proposing you see there, the fence that they maybe are proposing, we're not sure, is the red one. And Brent's going to explain to you why this doesn't work and why we have legitimate concerns about uh, trespassing and impacts on our property uh, if that's the only fence that they have to put in over there. There's a slide in here that we submitted, and it's in your materials um, that that shows fence going on down already. It's it's uh, after all these. It's about number ten, I believe. There it is. So you'll see that there's we had proposed fence start up here at the west, go all the way around, down, and over. This is the fence that they proposed, uh, and, and Brent can speak more clearly to that knowing the property than I can. The um, back to the conditions of approval, maybe we ought to take a second, Commissioner Warnke, and go back to those ones on page four, if you want me to comment there. Make it quick, please. Yes, sir. Because there's been no discussion of this at all so far. Um, it's in Christie's report as Suggested additional conditions are provided below. Um, so those conditions, um, you need to discuss hours. We've done that. Visitors uh, to the ranch need to sign liability waivers, um, quarterly reports, fence that we've just been talking about, the no trespassing. So they kind of overlap with the ones that are a couple pages later. I know that's confusing, but that's important to to know the um, just one of the one of the obvious things is that the, the difference between the 96 operation and now and I know Ms. Fishbein said well they really well, we don't really think there's that much different um, well in in 96 Jamie Williams said uh, we're not going to do any marketing. We expect the same level of activity as when Ferry was here, when Ferry Carpenter lived on the ranch and people came to visit him from time to time and have dinner or they had a full sale once a year apparently or whatever. Um, it was obviously a very low-key, very low-impact proposal that went through and still exists now 24 years later that you guys are unfortunately having to uh, work through. Uh, things that have changed, the number of visitors, the population, the area, the events, the, the, the uh, traffic on the highway, the marketing, the social media, the Audubon Society uh, connection that they have. This is, uh, I probably have the wrong term, but I want to say it's a, it's a sanctuary on the Audubon site. And, um, and, and in the newspaper, 
last year when after we filed our objections, Commissioner Warnke, after we filed our objections, and they were only supposed to be out there in the summertime, I found this newspaper ad saying free guided bird walk, Carpenter Ranch, 8 to 11 a.m. The Upper Valley Birding Club will host a free two-hour guided walk, public welcome, free. Um, and that was before the time frame of the permit at that time. I, I just happened to see that one. I don't know if there were other ones before. If you go well, on their website now, it, 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 on Facebook, it says, A Birder's Paradise. I think you can anticipate it. And I have nothing against birding. I think it's wonderful. It's just the, the quantity of people and what type of controls when they get around the fringes and they decide, wow, let's go walk down this uh, gravel along the side of the river. The river's down low. We, that looks like that might be neat. Can we go back, Christy, to any one of the images that shows there? Um, John, again, I think you've done an outstanding job in explaining to the commissioners that, number one, the activity levels at the Carpenter Ranch have expanded okay. tremendously over the original permit. Number two, I think you've done a nice job in also conveying to the commissioners that, based on the past performance of the TNC people, there's a legitimate question as to whether or not they keep addressed. We got that. Thank you. We understand that. Thank you. So with I'll, that I'll come, mind, let me go to the conclusion, and I'm going to let Brett make a few comments and fill in blanks for me that I don't don't have. Um, we're asking you to adopt our fence plan that Brent, that's that's on the screen as a condition of approval, and Brent can speak to that a little further. We think it's reasonable and necessary. We think your staff did an outstanding job in their final report of understanding that this really is um, a problem situation that needs to be addressed, and all the lip service doesn't get us anywhere. We're not saying that these conditions should be adopted because of the fact that we've had to go through this for over a year. We're saying it because these are reasonable conditions of approval that you should impose on somebody who requests a conditional use permit. Don't lose sight of the fact that there's the right to farm and ranch resolution in the master plan regarding agriculture that are, that are key components and the impacts on agriculture typically are something that this body looks carefully at. And we haven't even touched on that, but we did in October briefly. Uh, and I'll note that when I was uh, chairman of the golf committee trying to get Haymaker Golf Course approved, I came before this body in 1994, I think. Um, well, that was, a, that was a special use permit. That was a major consideration, was that we didn't impact the neighbors right across the fence. Um, you know, it, it, the staff conditions of approval with those additional conditions of approval and an appropriate fence and appropriate signage are the key things that we're looking for and um, regret that you had to go through all this again. Please don't let anybody villainize us and say, well, these are unfounded accusations because that's a little offensive. Um, Brent? Before Brent, you start, we're going to take a five-minute break. Um, Thank you. If you don't mind. No. Great. Somebody get me on the same page. I am just so frustrated. See? I'm really frustrated about not being on the same page. I got three packets that look the same, 
and then I got what they're talking about, and then I'm looking over what you got. Well, what's what this we is the one, from? the one that you got from Christy just recently. Is the one that's the one I got today. No, that's not what you got today. Well, way back. This is what I'm reading. This looks exactly like what you got. Look at, I mean, just look at it. Look it is. Same, right? Yeah. So, which one are we looking at? We're looking at this one. And here's your that's the one. That's this is where we're talking about. These are the conditions. When he was just talking about conditions. No, no recommendations. Hold on. Okay, so. So where was he just forward. reading from those those numbers like five and six? And, this is where Christy was additional conditions. We should be looking at. Okay, what's five and six are the generals? The generals are five and six. And he was saying something about four and six. So what's he talking? About? I think this looks like this. He's referring to in staff member. He's right here. Suggested. Right, that's right. Okay, that, why doesn't that look like your staff? It does. This is page two. Four. Page four. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about it. Okay. And so I'm saying that in the, I'm hearing numbers. When I look at this page right there, there's page four. Right? There's page four. So these are matched. This is, what, this is what was on the table today. And that's, that's what we're working on. Yeah. No. Uh, and I can guess what's confusing. Right? He's talking numbers. He's talking about numbers. He's talking about page numbers. Page number four. Just that. On page three, starting on page three at the bottom, page four, there are additional recommendations. These are the consider. Yeah, yeah. So I read this before, and I got that. I guess maybe it was the way he was presenting it. I was good. I was good. But all right. I like that I'm smart enough to be able to follow this. But thank you, Steve. Try and clarify. I appreciate it. Okay. Take those away. Throw that away. Making a mess of uh, 100 pages. Yeah, yeah. All right. The river is being pushed. So was it Mark coming over here? We were saying something coming here was difficult or something. No, it was just No, Thank you. 
not very set, please. Uh, they don't, and it's going to be important for getting that zoning for the city, at least, with, like, if we're looking at what their little proposal next door. Right. Yeah, I think they're safe. Yeah. That's why it's going to get developed pretty quick. Because Walmart wants to have that one done. Yeah. 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 I've just heard about I've never actually seen the airport right there, but I was like, yeah, yeah it's just a grass strip. Yeah. Okay. You, you probably wouldn't even. We waste too much time on all this democracy process. Got it? A couple smart guys like us. Well, we got it. We know that's, that's a six. Here by court. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But it looks so. I used to work at a small airport when I was a kid. Yeah. A bunch of uh, Vietnam uh, retired you know, pilots who uh, started a company that built offshore I'm on the motors page of look at the boats. So the wall underneath. Oh, beautiful. So he's going to issue with this. Like I said, we can start back up again. Mr. Romick, before you get started. I believe your attorney has done an excellent job in summarizing your position. I'm not sure that we need to hear 
all about your ranching operations, but personally what I would like to hear from you, and I'd like you to limit it to that, is the value of the crossing or your fence proposal. That to us I think is quite important. So with that thought in mind, if you'd be so kind to direct your comments towards that and kind of leave it at that basis, please. Thank you, Commissioner Warnke. Um, pleasure to be here tonight. I'm going to get right to the point right off the bat. I'm going to thank Christy and her staff for the diligent and protracted, uh, I don't know what kind of negotiation crap we've been through here in the last four or five months since October 17th. But it resolves me into being very short and very to the point. I'm going to say the same thing to Tony Letnage asked this same board in 1996. We want a perimeter fence. And I want, I want to make it clear. Perimeter fence to keep their quasi-commercial operation away from our agricultural operation. We need the fence to host signage that says no trespassing. And we asked that in 1996. We got some soiree about the northwest part of the property. Well, some of us can read a map. And the northwest part of the property, if you'll indulge me, for their permit is this exact same area right here. That's northwest. This isn't northwest. So I didn't play with their fence game that much, but it's a very important piece of ground for a variety of different reasons. It is in the conditional use permit now that you're talking about. Not the one they're proposing, but the one now. As is this location down here. Their ranch is approximately 1,000 acres. Ours is 20,200 acres. We boundered them uh, and have an easement with them. We have 16,000 acres in the easement and three and a half channel miles of river here. It's very simple. We just need a fence that is adequate, wildlife friendly, whatever they want to in this particular location. We were in agreement, and I'm going to back up here for a second because maybe I misunderstood. I heard Mrs. Fishbein basically offer that they're going to build all the fence we're asking. Well, then we don't need to belabor this. Okay. I, so we'll, we'll see what she said. I just want to be crystal clear on what we've asked for for 24 years. Anniversary 24 years will be in March next month. There's been no compliance here, no fence built, no no trespassing sign, nothing that the adjacent property owner asked. For the entire north boundary there, we have what's called the Carpenter Evolve. 122 acre island that no longer is irrigated, but it's got great topsoil, soil, not dirt, soil that creates an awful lot of growth. We need to get over and, and eat. We have some experience with wildfire with Mountain Ranch. We've had five. We had the only tier two fire a few years ago that this county's seen in 20 years. So we are a little jumpy. The fires in Australia, the fires in California, they behave different than they used to. Anybody with any sense knows we need to be able to graze our cattle here. There's their house. A wildland fire can get to their house very easy. There's already been two wildland fires. It's documented in the steamboat pilot in that area. They're all dry lightning strikes. All five of our fires were, one of them went to 4,000 acres for almost a huge amount of our habitat on one mountain down. But we're going to make it simple. We think it's a reasonable condition based on Colorado is right to farm and ranch state. 
Brown County is a right to farm and ranch resolution adopted in 1995. It's lip service. That provided for committees to go out and do this and do that, but it didn't happen. We need the fence, and that's all we can live with. We've not changed. It's been difficult to negotiate with us because we're crystal clear. Tell them what you want, tell them what you want, tell them what you want. We want a fence. Lo and behold, because we can't get an agreement about fence or compliance issues, we were forced to do a quiet title action. In the quiet title action, it became quite a different environment along the river. If you would, Christy, would you please go to the very original map for me? The 1954 map that was recorded in 1959. <clears throat> Just so we can give you a frame of reference for. This is old. This is islands two and three. They own islands two and three. We own the head of island two. There is no avulsion land mass in this particular area. But this is islands two and three. This is fish mine also said we want to have our interpreted trails. We're good with that. But if you would, Chrissy, jump to my preferred version using Nancy's new fish, uh, Nancy's new boundary line here. This. When we went into negotiating with TNC, we went in with spirit. Let's figure this out. What makes sense? We have 16,000 acres of easement. We care about the bugs, bunnies, the feathers, the fins, and the four-legged, just like they do. But the fact of the matter is, is when we entered into this particular agreement, I was very cautious about the old, what John now calling this boulder bait and switch. Send one negotiating team in with us and then turn around and have a whole different family. Well, I don't like to work that way, so I chose this line right here. It's a brand new fence line. That fence line was proposed by Nancy in January 17th. I'm good. We're way good. Close for our elk herds in the winter, summer, close for my cattle. It keeps non traps and that type of thing. We had all of that agreed to before tonight that we could have solved this problem. But this was the only stretch Sally Ross and myself had not talked about. Steve Kahn and others, they tried to portray it's a cattle problem. It's not a human trespass problem. Well, if you read their narrative, the burgers come out here when we were going to do a 220-acre footprint conditional use permit here. The burgers were going to come down from Union Pacific, which, by the way, is an easement. It's a decent right-of-way owned by the Denver Rio Grande and Allegheny Pacific should be shown as a right away all the way through it. This is separating two separate pieces of property. At any rate, they chose not to have that kind of detail in this. The fact of the matter is, they want their burgers to come down to this area right here so they own both sides of the river. We sold this piece of ground through Upper Yampa Conservation <coughs> District. We sold this piece, consequently, got to TNC. They like the burgers on both sides. I'm good with that. We're very good with that. We need this fence right here. So you can hang trespass on to keep those burgers at 6 in the morning from entering into our co-tenancy ground. Because when we went through the quiet title action, the one ruling that floored everybody is exactly what Barry, if you don't mind go back to Barry's now, exactly what Barry Carpenter's intent was. 1954, he made a map. 1959, he placed a record. Please. 
Christy, do you have do we have that? Um, we don't have that fence. No, we don't. Black and white one further down. No, 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 no. Do we have the fence blend that he's talking about? Where it actually goes across the river? Yes. Guess what? <coughs> the the one. It's in the packet. No, there's a little bit of a difference between the TNC plan. This is TNC's line. This is common. No, no, but it's not. That's the one I'm looking for. Do we have they, that? They're one? showing this as an orange boundary, but this is CUD. That. Under their new CUD. But you've got a fence line going to the river. That's the one I'm right asking. There. Yeah. That's right. That keeps my Do we see that? Off. Do we have that? It's in your packet. This one was provided in the letter, the most recent we letter by Mountain Ranch. Page 15. Page what? 15. 15 of your packet. The TNC doesn't Correct. It's hard to see, though. The difference is the... Ah. Uh, see it now? I got it. Yep. Okay. Chris, do you want me to go back to Barry's original map? This one? So, this land mass here, you'll see the South Channel. There's a channel, flowing river. It's a bifurcated channel. Uh, very commonplace in this environment. That's what necessitated Brent, uh, Barry's intent. Very competent, not just to get stopped. Hey, Brent, didn't we already go through this? Though? Very uh, competent. Brent, turn. didn't we I go through this, through this yet? Because, Steve, in your packaging, package number five, before this is where I ever even started with planning commission, 24 years ago, this particular map was here, and TNC through on November 9th, 1995, a letter from Willis Carpenter to Alan Beasley, the then TNC attorney, verified that there was an anomaly that is occurring here, and by God, there might be co-tenancy around here. I know that, but... We've yeah. already, your attorney already established that Elk Island so is yours, right? Uh, four and a half months later, and made a plan. But the narrative wasn't about a co-tenancy plan there. The narrative was completely different. They came up with a centerline description that was totally contrary to what Barry's intent was in his own map. So how does that the impact what we're talking about? How did it happen? How does this impact what we're looking at? Well, it impacts the fact that it's a level of trust. So where he was talking about the bridge that trespassed across our channel that we now have co-tenancy is in that particular area. I got that. When your burgers come and they talk about all these tours they've taken to the rain, that's great, and we like their support, but they were trespassing the whole time. They didn't know it. The only ones that knew it was Jeff and Willis Carpenter, Alan Beasley, and that group there. That's the reason we can't trust them. So I'm going to get right to my point. The other uh, requested fence we want Lewis and Clark should have been built a long time ago. That is the boundary. We're asking to do that fence. Our we cattle don't know the difference. We run a seasonal cattle operation now that makes it much more user friendly for our feathers, fins, four leggings, our hay meadows, and everything else. We don't run cows down in the bottom. And put hay out, this, that, and other thing. Our cattle come in as red heifers. We get them in early June, and they leave in November. We're only talking about a use in here. It's going to be a few months there. And I need this trespass barrier, and I need to be able to install this. We said we would install those with Doug Runger down there on that end, and with Whip Mountain, and with TNC. We'll do that. 
we need you to provide us with the fence that we've asked for it for 25 years. It what wasn't the- our fault that we did the title action and it was determined that we have co-tenancy. But it's obvious we can't allow you to have a conditional use on co-tenancy ground. We're not a non-profit. We don't point the finger at somebody else. Plaintiff attorney would eat Mr. Walter and the Walter family up. We can't have that mutual public use there. So in your opinion, um, based on what I'm seeing, and again, it's a bigger picture, but based on what I'm seeing, the proposed fence line by TNC is relatively close to your line with the exception of that cross to the river. So in your opinion, if that's there, is the balance of the fence going south required? This fence here? Yeah. Irrelevant test. That's, that's my question. Thanks. Okay. Irrelevant test. So okay. that being the case, now we're in a co-tenancy environment, and the co-tenancy environment make the second part of our equation very simple. We need indemnification, cross-indemnification. We'll cross-indemnify them, and we need them for people that will go into that area outside of the CUP to sign waivers. If we have that, it makes this one-year process of a complaint go a lot better. It's been four years of this ag operation trying to defend against something that's totally contrary to what our conservation easement mission was there. I don't know any bugs, bunnies, feathers, fins, four legs, or even our cows that appreciate visitors. They want to have visitors, but they also want to have their cake and eat it too. They want conservation, but they also want us to have a guest ranch next door. And it's not, it's not fair, but life's not fair. The point is, we are asking for what we're asking for, and we're trying to keep it very simple. Uh, You've if you done that. Have questions? Uh, I'm more than happy to talk about the question. I'm more than happy talking about the process. It's time to make decisions. We've been doing this a year, and we're tired. It's been very, very expensive, and we've been getting the runaround. Uh, the county's been getting the runaround, and the county's actually done a fantastic job here recently. And as we go into redoing our master plan for our uh, master plan use, it's a perfect time to have this example be the example that we don't need. We just want to run a ranch and be left alone, give us some agreements that we can do that, and we're happy. Thank you. You made your point. Right. You're good. Questions? Yes. Brent, I have a question. Throughout all of the back and forth, um, it seemed that in some cases there was a suggestion that you were offering to build a fence. In some cases, they were going to build a fence. Where does that stand now? Who's going to build it? We asked that they build the fence, Commissioner. We asked them to build the fence there. We would have been happy months ago, years ago, to build a fence. We were told where it was. It gets very difficult because right now, you look at what's happening on the north side of that river, it's void of repairing. The river's been forced in the northerly direction. We have mass 20-foot wasting banks right here. That's not what we want. We've been trying to do a river plan with TNC for eight years. As soon as we get a river plan figured out, our reach of river is going to cost $5.7 million to improve. They we're going to go get another river planner and we're off to the race. We're void of any protection. I put two temporary fences in over there and we lost irrigation ditches, road, and more fence. We so my, my question, them. though, was simply if you were to get what you wanted, that fence, 
who's building it, who's paying for it, is there a cost sharing, is there a building sharing? We ask them uh, to build that fence. Okay. If you want to make a condition? Sure. Huh? Sure. And we're going to do shared maintenance, that's the way it should be. But we've spent enough money to pay for that fence twice since October 17th. We got it. Thank, Thank you. you. Any other questions for the petitioner and or the Wolf Mountain people? <coughs> Commissioners? Sorry? Can I just clarify something? Surely. Yep. So I, I think that the, the way that both Brent and John have characterized the nature conservancy as being somehow slimy and, and uh, you know not above board is really insulting to all of us that are sitting here in this room. And the Nature Conservancy has been a respected member of this community for a very long time. And we own and operate this ranch with the, the in integrity, which is the, the foundation of our organization. Um, we don't always agree with our neighbor, and I think we have a fundamental difference of opinion about this fencing. Um, but negotiation isn't telling somebody that you do what your way or no way, which is what has been happening with this fencing proposal and why it's taken us so long to get where we are. I feel like the Conservancy has made tremendous concessions to help solve this problem and move it forward because this is taking us a very long time as well and it's inhibiting our ability to do the work that we really need to do as well. So. Specifically on this cross fence, it, I know from looking at the map, it seems like a very silly thing that we're arguing over this, I don't know even how many feet it is, this little yellow piece. But the reason why it's important to us is the following. Um, we understand the trespass issue and their concerns about trespass, and we are doing our best to address that, even though there have been no documented trespass issues since we've owned this ranch for 24 years. But we understand that, that Mr. Walter is concerned about it, we're trying to address it. But this cross fence, from our opinion, is really about livestock management. And the reason, and we understand their need to manage their livestock, but the reason why it's particularly difficult for us to agree to that fence and why we have tried to work with them on alternatives that can work for both of us is that that riparian area, by, by constructing that fence, it almost facilitates cattle grazing in the part of our property that is between the cup boundary and the river. And yes, some of that land is co-tenancy, but some of it isn't. And it's a very rare riparian area that doesn't do well under grazing. So we would like to keep cattle out of that area. We understand that we're in a fence out state, but we cannot build that fence any closer to the river because it's an active river channel. So the only way to keep cattle out of that area is either to put a fence on the Wolf Mountain side of the river, which is a possibility, but doesn't work for Wolf Mountain because we've suggested it and they've said no, or to not build a fence across the river, which there, which there, thereby makes it difficult to put cattle in the riparian area, which I understand is not ideal. But how else do we keep cattle out of an area on our property that we're trying to keep cattle out of? So that's why that fence is so difficult for us. We're not trying to be difficult to our neighbor. We're not trying to make this an impossible situation. 
but we can't live with this. They can't live with what we've suggested. So there has to be a third alternative. That's what we're trying to work on and figure out. And we're not doing a bait and switch. There's a lot of people that work for the Nature Conservancy, and we all have roles to play. So we have all been trying to negotiate and work together and find answers. And I'm sorry if Wolf Mountain feels like we're not trustworthy. There's a little bit of, of that mutually. Um, and I hope that through this process we can you can see that the Conservancy is making a lot of concessions. We're willing to build 90% of this fence, except that one piece. I, I have a question. I understand you um, don't like having your character impugned and, and such, but reading all this, isn't it the case that for 23 years you've chosen not to comply with the original permit? Well, I would say there's a couple, I would answer that a couple of different ways. One, I think the characterization of the activities on the Conservancy's property are erroneous. Um, we do not have significantly more use on this property than we have in the past. In fact, um, uh, staff tell me that we actually have less use on this property than I, I we did. I don't care. I don't so care that's about the first the thing. So we're not, we're not in violation of using the property way more than we said we were. Secondly, um, the, the little house, the intern house, which was called the bunk House in the original 1996 permit. In the original permit, before it was issued, it was recognized by staff that um, this, the situation had changed and that that building was not going to be torn down. So that's a second violation that isn't actually a violation. I admit, um, and thirdly, um, the Lewis and Clark area, that part up to the to the northwest, was not in the original cup permit by the map that I'm looking at. Therefore, when it was directed to build a fence in the northwest part of the property, it was in fact where we built the fence. I will definitely agree with, with Brent that, and John that the fence that was that was constructed um, that the trail was put on the wrong side of the fence. I would agree with that, um, and that the no trespassing signs perhaps were not done correctly and not done in a timely fashion. But all the rest of the stuff is really not true, and I think that um, a number of the people that are here today to, to represent the public can speak to the integrity of the Nature Conservancy and give you a very different picture of how we operate. Commissioner Warkey. Can I make one statement, clarification statement? Sure. I don't know why recently in the correspondence from Nancy and Mr. Khan, this issue to dispel the trespass is not an issue. Trespass is a very big issue. It's cited in our complaint. It states who they were, what they were. I just had to let two kids go, three kids go, because the DA screwed up the case associated with it, but we've documented the trespass that occurred here. So to stand up here and say we haven't had any trespass means you don't even read your own package there. So I just needed to have that clear. And there's another thing we're talking about fencing our cows in. This land mass cannot be conserved. It's item two and three it was granted for upper Yamp Conservation's mitigation plan for wetlands mitigation and stagecoach reservoir. That is tax is grazing ground. They don't graze it. They're saying it's our cows we're trying to keep out of it. They need to put their cows in there and comply with what I'm trying to do, and that's what the law Okay. The law is you've got to graze your land and keep your tax that way. They testified that they have not grazed that land, and I can attest to it too. It looks like it's been 56 years. But that is not like our conservation. We don't have to graze that to meet the ag tax rule. They have to graze that so it's not our cows, it's their cows, too. Got it. Okay. 
They're examined legally. Any other questions for this for staff or the petitioner at this point in time from the commissioners? Steve, I, I don't. I'm sorry, but I just don't understand why that one little piece of fence is a problem for Thank you, because I don't get it either. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, what it, does, it facilitates grazing in that riparian area. Without the fence there, the cows have access to the highway and to the railroad, so it's really not safe to put cows in that area unless that fence is put there. So by putting the fence there, we're basically facilitating grazing Wolf Mountain Ranch grazing our property, and we would rather that not happen. So that's primarily why we, we don't support that fence. The fence also goes through a riparian area, so it's destroying more riparian vegetation to build the fence there. And it is a cattle fence, not a trespass fence, in my opinion. So therefore, not really subject to the cop. Is that you still? Are you still? I, I, I'm sorry. I just if I'm re, if I understood this right, the what I would call the horizontal line. The cross fence, yeah. The management? Where's the, where's the? Can I? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. This line right here, you're saying allows cows in here? No. What, what I'm saying is the whole, this is hard to describe without a pointer, but the, the area from, um, from here, all the way up and around to Elk Island, a portion of that property is owned by the major conservancy. A portion of it is owned by the tenants. So that area is, is very important riparian forest, globally rare riparian forest. We have chosen to keep our cattle out. We have fenced our cattle out of that area so that it can continue to be a globally rare riparian forest. Because once you put cattle in there, it destroys the habitat. So the only way to keep cattle out of that area is to fence it. But we can't fence it because you're fencing an active river corridor by fencing between our property and Wolf Mountain Ranch. So the only way to keep the cattle out of there is to not make it a, um, conducive to cattle grazing. So with this cross fence there, it makes it conducive to cattle grazing. If you take that out, then cattle can wander <laughs> Sorry. up onto the highway and the railroad tracks, which is not a good thing. You don't want the cattle there. So it's sort of, I, I, I don't know that I'm making a lot of sense. Um, and maybe somebody on my team can explain this better than I. Um, but we would like very much to keep cattle off of our property in the riparian area. And by building that fence, it's sort of facilitating the raising of that area. But if, Calif if, if Colorado is a fence out state, would you consider fencing them out from where you don't want them on your property? You can't. You can't fence them out because the river is the boundary of our property. And you can't put a fence in the river. So what we have suggested is that, that Wolf Mountain fence their side of the river to keep their cattle in. I mean, even... We have um, offered the same way that they've offered to cost share and fencing on our side, we've offered to cost share and fencing on the other side. But that doesn't work for them. And I didn't work and it doesn't work for them. Um, I was hoping that we could come up with a third option that would work for both of us. We have, we have slightly different management goals for our two properties. 
So they have to respect that we have a different management goal than they do. And they keep throwing the same thing back at us, and we keep saying no, and that's why we're not getting it. So it's frustrating for us as well. Steve? One question for Scott. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Is fencing outside of the CUP boundary within our purview as a condition of approval? It could be if you all feel it's necessary to mitigate any concerns or offsite impacts you may have. Offsite impacts from the agricultural It's not customary that generally that happens, but it is within your purview if you chose to consider that. Like here, we're specifically talking about ranch management and not about the COA, the CUP boundary. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so on the northern, the fencing on the northern end, the northwestern end, <coughs> was the CUP boundary ever extended all the way up there in the original? It, yes. Oh, yeah. That was the original. The whole range. And, and there, I thought I heard testimony that that was not actually the case. I thought I saw a map that said it was. I that was one, looking at this map. That one right there. I don't know. I'm just. That is the map. This one. This is the subject ground right there. It's in I'll, bring, I'll bring that one up. That heavy blue line this is, is the, the map entire boundary of the previous the season. application. Yes. Huh. Staff? I agree. I agree. So yeah. So this, to clarify, this map right here is what was submitted in the 96 folder along with... Uh-huh. Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> Um, along with this map. Yep. Hence, part of staff's decision why we needed to talk about the 96 permit and why there wasn't a lot of clarification in that file of what was being approved. So there were two maps. Um, Sorry. There you go. Um, so Nancy is referring to this map, which is in your staff packet also, um, and this was in the file from the 96 permit. And this so, is what they believed they were showing as the CUP boundary. There was no boundary. Right. <laughs> well, just, I want to just follow my train of thought for yeah. a second. So in the, I hear you. It's, let's say in the original CUP that the boundary was all the way extended to the northwest, mm-hmm. where that heavy blue line on the previous map shows. Mm-hmm. <coughs> As a condition of approval, a fence should have been built along that boundary. The northwest boundary. Again, it wasn't very clear. It but, was not. But... In this new proposal, the CUP boundary is being drawn in. Correct. And that portion is no longer part of the purview of the CUP from the standpoint that it it lies within the agricultural operation versus the CUP. Right. And that, I believe, is one of those items that we brought up for discussion is to be clear of what that area will be used for. And I think I heard agreement about 
the added language in Condition 14 that said the approved project plan use listed below may only occur, uses listed below may only occur within the CUP boundary, and TNC requested to add, um, in addition to general property maintenance, um, so to allow for agricultural operations. And if that is the case, then that is something else for you guys all. And so are TNC employees directly involved in the agricultural operations of the ranch? The ranch manager, to my understanding. The ranch manager. Correct. So employees or interns or... Which would be part of or the guests. general maintenance, is my understanding, why they're asking well, for that added. Wolf Mountain's concern is, is that, I believe what they've expressed is, is that what the Nature Conservancy is asking for is that also their employees have access to that land for general ranching operations. Yes. Which would then bring more users in conflict, potentially. Again, we're talking about potential conflicts with the boundary. So, outside of the CUP boundary, it seems like a different, to me, seems like a different discussion about fencing. Because now you're talking about the agricultural operation, which is not within our purview. I don't believe that anything outside the boundary is, is within our purview. Well, I mean, from what I heard, I don't believe there is um, that fence, the additional fencing, which I'll bring up, that is being proposed by TNC. I believe they're agreeing to fencing to extend up into that area. Which, from what I'm hearing, I believe it's just that one section that we were just referring to, the cross-section of yeah, the fence. I, I think it's great if they can come to agreement on their agricultural operation, mm -hmm. but I'm not sure how it pertains to the the CUP boundary, which is yes, the, the purview of our fence. That is the CUP boundary. Oh, right. The CUP boundary is that boundary. But they're asking to, they're, they're, they're talking about revising and drawing it into the yellow line. So that takes it out of our right. purview. We're intentionally doing that to get rid of the fencing obligation. And we still have the trespass problem issue here. We don't care if they use it. We are of the opinion that, hey, do something novel and just deny their permit. And they, if the guests for it, they can go back and comply with their original. If the guests are not allowed they're, outside they're, the CUP boundary, where's the trespass concern? Where's the what? The concern for trespass. The trespass issue happens right here. Our lights up going across and then going on as John indicated right here and going across the push it yeah, goes right on. Which is no longer allowed under this new revised boundary. Allows it. We couldn't have to verify it's a free for all out there. You just go out there and go where you want to go. They don't have enough supervision to approve that. So if somebody gets the education center, they're gonna wind up there. That's why we wanted the fence beside the agricultural stuff. But I think you've got some free view under the uh, right to a farm and ranch and yeah, and we talked to Christy and to Chad before Chad left, and Chad said, hey, we, you have the authority to be able to look at the entire 860 acres. There's 860 acres. They're the ones that slice it down to keep from doing a commitment they had 24 years ago. And they don't want to work in conjunction with agriculture, and I thought that's what the deal is. This is an AF zone area. 
we didn't sign up to have Disneyland next door to us. We just wanted a ranch. We loved that very carpenter ranch. I don't want to hear any more insults, Brent. If we can't discuss it, I don't like the aspersions. I don't like the back and the forth and the assertions. Okay, that's enough. Is it your? That's just enough. Is it your, your supposition that the ranch manager or his family should not have access to their property? We think that agriculture operators have every right to be on AF zone, and certainly we would allow them to do that. They have a leasehold interest there. Sally and Matt want to come and use that property? Certainly they can. So then no, we're not trying to go outside of that. We're ranchers. If, we get along. If so then to extend that further, if somebody from CSU came and wanted to do a study in that riparian area, would that be allowable? This riparian area? The one the, the Lewis and Clark, whatever you want Yeah, but the C U P now, if you get rid of it from what they said, I'm not saying it. They're saying no, they can't go there, they have to stay here. Exactly. If that if that if that study was in furtherance of their ranching operation, it's not in furtherance of the ranching operation. We had a twenty thousand acre grant. We don't need all these researchers and stuff. I've studied this river to death, spending years doing it, and to know what they are. Yeah, it's, but it's not our position to argue about your business plan versus their business plan. We're talking like to me personally, if I was going to contain the activities on the CUP, I would require fencing to cut right across the agricultural land, which would be very inefficient and seem like it wouldn't be a good use. And so I just don't, I'm struggling to see how, yes, we should have enforced that being, that fence being put, put in place before. There's no doubt about it. I think that's, that's something that should have been done. I think it can still be done. Well, and if they agree to do it, that's great. But it's it's no longer part of the CUP boundary that we are considering. Right there, there is supposed to be no access over there more to the general public, which is limited I know to going. a certain amount of events. It's not a 365 days. It's not unlimited people. There, it's spelled out in our packet that it can only occur X number of times with the limitations on people. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So. I think it's great that they should come to an agreement to make their ranching operations work together, but that's not part of our purview. In my opinion, I could be completely wrong on that. You could disagree with me on that. But we're talking about the CUP boundary. Yeah, but Christy says that we could allow, we could require a fence along the Wilson Clark outside the That has nothing to do with the CUP. Well, if we believe that they're I think it does to the extent that that's why we're here. Remember, what we're really doing is amending the original. Right. And, the original and, and that's why it can't be done. Should have been done, but now the Northwest boundary no longer exists. If we accept that. Yes, it, that's true. It changes, However, you're changing the boundary of the permit. But that straight line that they cut across changing the boundary, if that's going to be a 20-foot-high chain-link fence with razor wire on top, fine. But it's not. And I think to Brent's point, if you've got commercial operation there, you have to, I mean, you have to expect that people are going to, you know, put their foot on the other side of the line. She said they should. Like I said, you can disagree with me and try to convince me that I'm wrong. I am going to, but I'm just to make sure there's no more questions. So, 
you know, that answers a couple of mine. Um, Christy, is there a COA in the original um, condition of approval to remove the old ranch manager's house now referred to as intern house? It was not in the conditions of approval. Okay, so. It was discussed in the meeting minutes, which are in your staff. But budget. was never put as a condition of approval. No. I, I, I'm kind of. Don't worry, go ahead. I mean, you guys tell me if you feel the same You're way, fine. but. I don't really want to get involved in that right there. Um, are there any interpretive trails outside of the proposed CUP boundary? Um, That'd be a question for the petitioner. I'm not sure, but I think maybe the, the one that's, uh, I should have a picture of, the fence was on the trails on the wrong side of the existing fence. That will be done. You're going to what? We'll, we will put that on the right side of the fence. So his question is, his answer is no. The answer is yes, no. The CUP boundary as proposed is the fence line that has a trail on the outside. So the, the interpreted trails will all be contained within the fence line and on the CUP. We won't have interpreted trails that go off the uh, CUP. CUP boundary. That's important. And then, um, John, during your presentation, when we were talking about the, the trespassing signs, you felt that the no trespassing ones, the kind of generic ones, were in, I think you used the word inadequate? No. No, the, the one that I showed up there that said, "Don't cr please don't cross the river. You thought that was ambiguous. Yeah, it, it's not a no trespassing sign. It, but it, I thought you, I maybe just no. confused, but like, but that those other signs, those are. Oh yeah, red. yeah, they're just plain vanilla, red, white, no trespassing and signs. They were just facing the wrong way, so people walking the trail would never see them. So we need to get them facing the right way. It's 150 feet acceptable right. from a um, a stationing standpoint to make sure. to make to convey that it's yeah you're trespassing yeah. across there. Yes, sir. That's that's adequate. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, the condition of approval that's been suggested is simply a no trespassing sign, simply that at 150 intervals um, on the right side of the fence. And again, Nature Conservancy employees, interns, are not active participants in the ranching operations. Because that's where I think the client was having some concern is that now, whereas the guests are limited to the CUP boundary, the interns that are working supposedly with inside that boundary are at accessing the rest of the property, which I'm not sure that that's necessarily a problem. If you guys come to an agreement on the fencing. <laughs> in terms of TNC, they're temporary employees. They work for the But they, do they participate in the agricultural operation of the ranch? They might, yes. They have a variety of duties depending on the year and depending on the nature. Because the, the, the agricultural remaining part of the parcel is leased to another person. Right, but we still have property management responsibilities. Like from a ranch manager's standpoint, I can see that. Well, the intern works for the ranch manager. Can I, can I suggest something that may be helpful in this little back and forth? 
that currently, I don't think anybody disagrees, there's an 860 plus acre CUP out there. They're asking you to shrink it to 515 inside the orange boundary. If you don't agree and you deny their request to shrink it and keep Lewis and Clark Island within the CUP, then all these conditions that are being kicked around are not issues. Because the fence has to be put in place and that takes care of the trespassers. Yeah, then whoever goes over, they can, they can conduct all the research they want over there and their donors can go over there and their bird watchers can go over there as long as we have the fence and the, and the liability considerations. My concern is that, you know, if we, if we don't have those, it's going to happen anyway. There's a ranch road that takes you right from the house. There's no barrier. It goes right on over to Lewis and Clark Island and over onto Elk Island to go see the elk or the eagles. So that I agree with Christy from, you know, not that you care for my legal opinion, but you have the authority to impose that as a condition, even if you shrink the, the CUP boundary as they've asked for, and that's in Christy's staff report. But if you want to be real clear about it, you just uh, require that western part, what I call the west side story, to be part of the permit. Keep it in the CUP. They can make the uses that they want to make over there, but the fence needs to go in. That's just a thought. Any other questions? Are you done? I think I'm done. Okay. Any other questions about your staff <coughs> or the petitioner? Um, I got a question for um, the ranch folks. Go ahead. Um, John? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for some closure. Okay. So, is the Tia. Um, Nature Conservancy right now, okay with the end portion of the Northwest Fence. We got Northwest Fence, and it, it, I thought that the maps we've seen, we've seen two of them. We've seen one that goes that blue area, which is a portion of that fence, and we've seen another one that goes all the way to the end. Which is it? You asked me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have. So, um, is I think that's a uh, microphone, please. Yes, please. So What's that? The red line? You want that one? Yeah. Or the or purple line? Yeah, I mean, I think... I'm Nancy, hoping do you have the other black I think yes. what we're saying is that... The, I, I, I'm not sure I totally understood what you were saying, but I, I think what I'm saying is that the... So are you asking me about the Northwest fence, mm -hmm. or are you asking me about the Lewis and Clark fence? Aren't they the same thing? No, there's the no. Lewis and Clark is the red solid line. Uh, yeah, okay. Red and then solid. the island is the dashed line, which apparently the fence is there, but maybe it isn't there. Right. So this is. So we're willing to build that whole red thing. The whole red thing you're going to. The build. red thing, right. which is the same as the blue thing on your map, right? Is it blue? Yeah. Okay. We're in agreement. We we will build that. We don't know exactly where we're going to how we're going to pay for it yet, but we will build that. And how do you feel about that being in or out of the new CUP? My, so my question really is, it's, opinions have been expressed that maybe, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Maybe we have the authority, maybe we don't. If, if, maybe, if we agree that we don't have the authority, are you still going to build it? Are you still going to put that in agreement? Or do you care if it's in the CUP? So... <laughs> It's a little bit tricky, and I don't mean to be hedgy, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because we are trying to enter into a separate private fencing agreement that also includes indemnification language with Wolf Mountain Ranch, and we are really, really close. The thing that's hanging us up is that little 
spur thing. So if we took that spur thing out, we could sign an agreement that had us building the, the fence on Lewis and Clark and doing mutual indemnification with, insur with an insurance cap. I think we're there. It's that little fence on the east side of the property that is, that is causing us heartache. So, if, so, that, so that's kind of where we are in these two negotiations, which is making it. So, so we're willing to build that fence. So when you ask me if, if, we, if, you didn't, if you didn't compel us to build that fence, would we build that fence? We would build the fence if we could reach this agreement with Wolf Mountain Ranch. But that's, that's, really that's different than you agreeing to us making that condition. In other words, we could make that a condition or not, and it, would it be okay with you if we said, okay, we don't really care about your agreement because that's later, that's between you and you. But we're still going to require it. Are you, are you okay with us requiring it? Even though maybe we don't have to. If you're, if you, if you're going to make building that fence a requirement of the cup, then we should extend the boundary of the cup. And we should include that land in the cup. Because then we have the benefit of being able to make other uses of that property. So, yeah. I, my, yeah? And you think, the, and ranch, I guess that's a fair question. That's the exact same question for the ranch. Are you okay? Maybe, maybe not. We don't have jurisdiction, but we put it in there anywhere. Can you agree to that? We very much would agree to that. What's that? We're more than happy to agree with that. Okay. Yeah, they already said they don't. They don't care if that's that that CUP boundary being drawn in is irrelevant to their their, their concerns. Right. So I won't okay. see the benefit in drawing. The benefit to me to drawing it in is to limit the area of disturbance. Um, now, the thing I see though is is that this fencing agreement for the northwest portion is being hung up on the fencing requirement on the lower portion. The short. The this the so eastern. Because if you go to Pertlaw's um, proposed fencing, uh, it's a yellow with a black dash, and then there's a red line going across the river right there. That's what's hanging up there. That piece of fencing right there is what's hanging everything up. That's it. That's on the fencing agreement. Yes. Yeah, and to restate it, TNC has already agreed, I just heard it again, to put in the fence around Elk Island and behind. Do I have that right? Lewis and Clark. Yep, heard that. And so for me... That's not the problem. The problem is the little short piece of the bottom. Uh, for me, I'll support a COA that says that that agreement has to be met. Right. Okay, even though I think it's outside of our purview. And the, and, and the, 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 is the concern. Nancy, correct me if I'm wrong. You don't want a fence that goes all the way through to the little spur. Is that right? Because no. that goes through your right area. No, we're good with that. Just a minute. Let her no, answer. No. It's that little short piece. That's the piece. Yep. There's already a fence along the boundary. The cup there. Right? There's a fence there. Right. It's well, that little. John, do you get that? <laughs> Thank you. The red dash line. What? Brent, in, in about 25 words or less, can you tell now, let me, us let me, let me, why we need the red Let me finish. Okay. Nancy, from there to there, you don't want a fence. Wait, say that. Oh, yeah. Point there again. Yeah. From there 
to there. No, we, 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 yeah, no, that's in there, Eddie. That's here. Yeah. Okay. It's just the so it's just that piece right yeah. there. Yep. Thank you. That little piece. And, and to be clear, beyond that, there is an existing fence already. Right, right below that it. That one right there. Yes, right there. There is an existing fence. And the contention is just that line there, right. Which and at this point, everybody's agreeing to everything else you see in yellow there, except for that little piece. So let's yeah. get over it, and I'll just accept not doing that as long as they allow me to install my temporary fence. And put, I'll, I'll give it away with this fence here as long as I can intersect here. And I'll be responsible for that fence. I just need permission to get to my stream bed here. Uh, we're not trying to congregate cattle, but cattle are smart. They're going to go in any circle, the first door out. They're going to go where they like the groceries. They're going to go over to our hay meadows that we just cut and re-watered. So they're going to want to be here. That is their protection device to keep them from getting to the railroad and getting killed. Killed on 74 US 40, very dangerous intersection. But if this is going to kill the deal, then let's make the deal and just give me the ability to put in put temporary pants in conjunction with the active branch managers there that will work in the best interest of the wildlife, the movement of the elk, the deer, which is significant at the same time of year, and for livestock. Fancy. I, I can't unilaterally just say that was a great idea. So I think that what I'm more comfortable with is saying that we need to continue that piece of it. We need to continue to figure out a solution that allows Brent to have his cattle down in that area for two, three weeks in the, in the fall so that we can gather the cattle and not be in our own area. Well, let's get in the real world. Wait a minute, Brent, 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 I got a question. So, Nancy, you're concerned about your riparian area and the livestock being in it that you didn't like. Is only that piece right there? No, it's the whole, the whole river. It's from the fence towards the river well, she's referring to. But you're, you've agreed that this fence is okay. Right. From there well, to there. The reason that... <laughs> The reason that this we agreed to build this fence right here, there's already a fence here. We fence our cattle out of the riparian area, our fence. So we have a fence here, our pasture fence. The reason we agreed to build this fence is for trespass, for Wolf Mountain, for trespass issues. So that when we have guests in this area exploring the riparian area, they cannot get to the river and, and trespass on their property. That's why we agreed to this fence. We don't like this fence. It goes right through the middle of our riparian area, and it's going to be a a dog to build, but we're going to do it. It's, it's this area, though, up here, oh my gosh, it's just a little tall, up, up in there, where the cattle have access from the north, that we would like the cattle to stay out of. If Wolf Mountain Ranch can guarantee us that they won't have their cattle in here, that'd be great. But, but let me go back. You, you said earlier, and I think it was a response, that you didn't want cattle in the globally rare riparian area. No. Okay, well, if you agree to that fence that goes there, yeah. the only riparian area that you're not is that right there. 
the only riparian area that would not. Well, that would not have cattle. But this wouldn't. No, but this does. Between the fence and the river, this does. Between the fence and the river. Yes. But we can't build the fence closer to the river. I'm not asking you to. I'm just trying to be clear that you are okay with Wolf Mountain Ranch cattle right to that fence. No, we're not okay with it. Well, you're building the fence there, so what's going to keep them? Because we can't build the fence any closer to the river, or we would. Okay, so you've agreed. You're not happy about it, but you've agreed. The reason that we build the fence here for, for trespass, not to keep cattle up, it's for trespass. Because that's what they asked us to do. They're concerned about trespass. So we, we try to build it outside of the active floodplain of the river. Because if right. you build a fence in the active floodplain of the river, it doesn't last very that's long. That's fine. That's why the fence is here. But we still have this area, a very sensitive area, that we would like to keep cattle out of. But we don't know how to do that. Right. So doesn't the but, but doesn't the short fence then help them? No. No. It actually come makes there. it easier to graze in here because your cows are safe now. Whereas without that, your cows aren't safe. So if I were a rancher, I'd probably put my and then cows. Gonna come down here. I'd put my maybe I'd keep my cows on Elk Island and maybe I'd build something over there to keep them on Elk Island. But I wouldn't or I'd fence my side of the river. Or I'd what about the temporary s solution that Brent proposed? How do you feel about that? Well, it, it, if he puts the temporary fence up during the time of year when his cows are there, which yeah. is when you put it there, then his cows will be there. They'll be in the right area. So it doesn't really, permanent or temporary, it does, it does the same thing. Are they legally allowed to graze there? We are fence out state. So yes, unless we fence them out, we can come. But we're, you know, we're trying to figure this out. Brent, Brent would, you would you share her opinion that you can't fence closer to the river there? Um, I would say that uh, if you look at our October 17th proposal, it was much closer to the river. They chose to move back. I loved it because of the outcast of that, particularly in the winter and the flow of the Alcada. So when she moved it back, this particular line there, I loved it. It shortened it up. We were at 2.15 miles, and then we let them have a mile that's already existing, providing this cow tight and didn't host a, a uh, no trespass sign. But I'm trying to make it easy for If this is our deal killer, we'll figure it out. We're, we're ranchers. I can come down here where our boundary is up here, but we just own this ground. We needed this to the center line when we sold it Upper campus, so I can come down here and put a temporary fence over my Gibraltar ditch, keep my cattle. I'm trying to get to a solution. I would and also not, say not just keep coming up with I need solutions. This isn't this this is a survey, a survey line. So this, line? this fence line. So we don't know exactly where that is. It's somewhere, you know, we'll figure it out. We'll work together, we'll put the fence in the right place. And, and so I don't know if that's exactly where the fence is. I mean you're shaking your head, but I mean, it isn't it isn't it wasn't survey. So that's all. I don't understand the globally rare though. The, the defense is, is more globally rare there than here. We're on our side of the boundary, which they hold our easement that they're supposed to be the stewards on. It doesn't make any sense. We don't have a whole lot of forest on your side. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me put some words in people's mouths right now. What I'm sensing is, what I'm hearing is, TNC is willing to put the fence up. 
fix the fence that's around Elk Island, put the fence up on Lewis, Clark, whatever, and the balance of that yellow line all the way down. Colorado's a fence out state. Brent's got issues with cattle coming across the river. TNC's got issues with those cattle wandering around and their preparing ground and preserve. I guess I tell myself, well, then you all have got to figure that one out. Because she's got a right as a fence out state. Right. You've got an issue in your cattle. I think the two of you could probably fix that somehow. You don't need us to fix it for you. You've got to fix that. Well, I'm, I'm willing, uh, Commissioner. I heard that, and that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. To go with uh, uh, what we proposed, and you give us what we had asked for in 1996, I'll, I'll work with that other cross fence. Well, I think in 1996, and that's where I'm coming from, in 1996, there was a commitment to fence around Elk Island and then in between Lewis and Clark. That's never been done. I, I don't think there was, because I think there was a, mis, a, a misunderstanding. There, I think, is why we're here. as to where that northwest boundary was. I understand because that. we did fence what we were doing But the reality is, I already heard you commit that those pieces of fences will be done. Yes. Um, and so the balance of the yellow line is the balance of the yellow line going south. You know, I want to I wanna chime in on this 1996 hearing because I think I was the only one in this room that was there. The Northwest that is reflected in those minutes was that section right there. And that's why I think it became such a glaring omission when that wasn't completed and then the trail on the wrong side and all that. So you can read that the way Brent chooses to read it and think we were talking about something up in here. We weren't. The Planning Commission at that time was talking about that section right there. And if you look at that site plan that was in the 96 packet, that was what Fred Wolf, Gene Guerin, and other members of Planning Commission was referring to when they labeled that as the Northwest portion. I think this has been misled and it was never considered the Northwest area to be fenced in relation to the CUP that was issued to the Carpenter Ranch in 96. So if we get that clear, that would be helpful. Yeah. That was Planning Commission's desire in 1996. That is clear. It's what we wanted to be clear with is Tony didn't requested exactly at that and we time, agreed with Brent, him, and that was why it was a condition Brent but it was right there it wasn't over there uh, there's an interpretation I don't know how the interpretation got I wasn't there all I know is Tony asked to have permanent and there was a condition fence. right there I'm sorry there was a condition for that fence right there Okay. That's what Planning Commission did in 1996. And we all agreed that they didn't do anything about it. Whatever, but that was the section, not over there next to Monday. Mm -hmm. Can I make it yeah, we did, that, we did build it. Well, there was gaps and all Yet, you know, let, let me kind of comment on the process here. One of the things that bothered me a bunch, and a lot of my career was working with conflict resolution and conflict skills with large corporations. And what bothered me reading through a hundred and God knows how many pages seven was there there, there was I, I would not want to grade either side on their conflict resolution skills 
because what I had to read through were a lot of what I would regard as flame mails. Uh, you did this, no I didn't, we did this, no I didn't, we've got this hidden, no we didn't. What's happened here just in the last 10 minutes is Brent's calmed down, Nancy's calmed down, now we're looking for a solution. That's where you ought to go with this. I don't know if you if you tried a mediation where both of you are talking to each other with the skilled mediator kind of help you find a solution. Because sending letters back and forth from the law firms is not going to get us anywhere. Good comment. Okay. Uh, at this point, Brent, you can sit down. I'm going to open up the public. I recognize Steve. Steve, I have a, I'm I, have a, I just have a couple of questions. Okay. Not long, I okay. promise. Good. Um, so there was discussion earlier tonight about the commercial fishing being outside of the CUP. Is that going to be a problem if the commercial, if we're only limiting visitor uses to within the CDP boundary, the proposed new CDP boundary? Then fishing isn't going to work. There's no commercial fishing. Well, I mean, non-commercial. You have okay. Excuse me. Private non-commercial fishing is still outside the boundary. So I'm just trying to understand your position on that. How important is that to you? Um. Yeah, it's. I mean, again, falling. You need to let us know who you are, too, please. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm Steve Cannon with the Nature Conservancy. Um, the, I think, as we discussed, this was a, a list of, of conditions. Then we changed the boundary. So the idea was that uh, there were sub uses that were that were private, sub uses that were pu publicly oriented. So I think that the fishing is meant to be only not uh, donors not invited members of the public, but employees or, or sort of the same category of, of TNC, um, uh, um, you know, the same way that we talked about TNC employees or interns uh, being able to work, um, you know, in, around the branch generally. So, but you're not opening it, you're not proposing to open it up to the general public? No. Okay. And then another question, it was when you were here, and I know it wasn't you, but when you were here in October, we were told that the, um, most, the bulk of the activities would be between May and September. Now you've changed it, or it's in the staff packet here, it says year-round. I'm just trying to understand why you would make that change. Most of the activity on the ranch is between May and October. Most of the outdoor activity on the ranch is between May and October. We do, or have in the past, done winter events. We've done a winter chilly ski day. Um, I guess we've done one winter event. And we've done some snow drawings as well, so a couple of winter events in the outdoor activities. So it would be great to have that flexibility. It's not an increased number necessarily, but it's just... Change, allowing for some winter activities. Um, as far as the use of the education center for meetings, um, there are a number of community uh, groups that meet throughout the year, like the Leafy Spurge group, um, a couple of other ag groups, the water, there's a water group that meets as well. 
the Integrated Water Management Plan team. Um, so they meet throughout the year. So that's but they're in the building, right? They're in the building, yeah. yeah. So most of the activities on the exterior on the ranch are in this during the season, during the summer season, fall, spring to fall. But there are a couple of winter activities that we have done in the past. Okay. So this any other questions? Yeah, um, you know, it seems like the um, cross fence is, a, is a kind of a big issue, and it was expressed that maybe you know, we'll work it out. Well, I'm, I'm not comfortable with working it out, and uh, Brent suggested something, and we're looking at some kind of mediation kind of thing. He suggested a plan where we put the cross fence someplace different. We don't put it on the property line. We put it someplace where it will work, and then we put it down there, it'll work for his, his season, and then we can take it down. Okay, so... Why couldn't we help them out, the two parties that can't agree, and we help them out by saying, yeah, you've got to put this cross fence in, but it's, and everybody's going to agree in advance, before we approve the permit, that this cross fence will work. So that's one idea of cross fencing that I wanted to express. I don't know why we couldn't make that a, a part of the conditions. And the other thing is it's been mentioned that we could not do the cross fence because it won't work in the proposed location, okay? And I guess, kind of being an engineer, I kind of figure that, um, yeah, maybe we can do something that'll work, and maybe because it's temporary. You know, I, Brent, I don't know, can, do you think we could put something in there that would work even though we have to take it down and put it back up? Absolutely. We're more than willing to do that. You don't want, okay. it, See, you don't want it in the riparian area, though. That's yeah. going to screw up the nature conservancy by doing a temporary fix for Well, it. that's why I think we need to be clear. We we are not here to mediate this. No. But I think you are in need of mediation because sending flame mails back and forth is really great for the attorney if he's charging by hours. And I'm married to one, so, you know, <laughs> I like it. Um, but it's not getting you anywhere. And I think if in the mood you're in now where you're both calm, if you were to sit down with a skilled mediator, Brent, to make this work, you're going to have to give up some. Nancy, to make this work, you're going to have to give up some. If both of you want to put your stakes in the ground, I don't know where this goes next, you know? Go to court and sue the hell out of each other, you know? But I think you can get there if you say, look, you know, because I understand the cattleman's point of view, you know, good grazing area. We want to have our cattle down there. But I also understand the nature conservancy point of view of riparian areas don't benefit from being stomped on by a bunch of large heavy hooved animals. So you're coming at it from different points. You're not going to agree, but can you compromise so you can be neighbors? And I think you could if you... Um, didn't both uh, go back to your corners and throw your lawyers at each other, but instead hired a skilled mediator. But I don't think that's our job. Any other questions? Public comments. Anyone from the public wishing to address the commission? Ben, now. <laughs> Especially if they have a solution, right? Yes. And Ben. I'm Ben Bell. Ben. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I said I wasn't going to be the first one. I hope you read my letter. You know that I'm kind of like a proponent for the renewal of the, uh, of the Nature Conservancy's uh, CUP on the Carpenter Ranch. 
I just want to say a couple things. Not going to read the letter or anything. I'm, I'm going to Thank try to be shorter than some of the other long-winded folks. One thing Mr. Vanderblumen said, I think you had to think about it. Not aware of any trespass. Also, this is the first complaint for anything was in 2019. So I just hope that when you look at um, when you look at this uh, CUP, when you look at what's up being proposed, and I think some of you are talking you talk about mediation and everything, there's two things. there's two entirely different ways of looking at the world here. One is a community outfit that's saying, hey, let's protect the river, let's protect the riparian habitat, let's fence out the cows from the riparian habitat, and another organization that will not do the best management practices that we've all come into. This is 2020. Those things should be used. The river should be fenced out. I just want to say that right up front as you look at this CUP. Um, you know, I was trying to think about as I was writing this up, I bet I've been at 200 meetings at the Carpenter Ranch over this 20-year period. They're all been community meetings. And not one time did any participant go out of that house and go north toward the riparian areas. And I'm only one person that, uh, that's uh, been at meetings around there. Uh, you know, just to make it quick, I put down at the end of my letter uh, some recommendations for uh, approval for the CUP. I want to make one other or one um, uh, addition to that uh, that I put down here. Researchers. Why should we even restrict researchers year-round to a certain number? And I will say this. The Ember River Levy Spurs Project, which I'm a member, we use five days this summer for researchers there. They stayed. That was part of the match of TNC for our uh, CWCB, Colorado Water Conservation Board grant. So I'm not sure why these restrictions are in here when this is the mission of TNC to restrict researchers. Uh, these researchers came and were researching Leafy Spurge on uh, doing test plots in Moffat County. But it's a great resource to have that they can stay at the Carpenter Ranch. Um, the, 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 I, just, I just would hate to see this educational mission, this community mission that the TNC brought to the Yampa Valley I just think it's been such a great mission, and I hope you look at that and realize that that is a great mission, and please don't restrict it so much that they can't perform their mission. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ben. Next, please. Good evening. Uh, my name is Nicole Seltzer. I um, run the Integrated Water Management Plan for the Yampa White Green Basin Roundtable. And as such, we have a lot of public meetings at Carpenter Ranch. Um, they're generally during the day. And um, before I moved up here to the Yampa Valley, I was down in Denver and I ran a nonprofit down there. And 
I had had a couple of opportunities to come up and stay at Carpenter Ranch as um, part of a research team on water education. And so I have benefited in a couple of different ways from the Nature Conservancy's generosity in allowing people to use the facility. Um, And I just want to reiterate what Ben said. I think it's really a very important asset to the nonprofit community in the Yampa Valley. It's a really central location for community members to meet between Craig and Maybell and South Route where I live. Um, and so I think it's, you know, I do not want to see limitations put on to meetings of that kind or, um, like Ben said, researchers. And then I also would just like to say all the times that I've been out at Carpenter Ranch, the last word that I would ever use to describe it is Disneyland. And so I think that the hyperbole that's been thrown around tonight is really a disservice to the mission of the organization and the work that goes on out there. Thank you. Next, please. Hi. Um, my name is Reed Zars. Um, Ferry Carpenter was my grandfather. I've known this ranch for my entire life, and I've worked on it for many years. I'm familiar with the haying operation, the irrigating, the herding, the fishing, and all the rest. I'm also a lawyer, and I'll try to keep my comments brief. I think what perhaps is missing a bit is to understand the significance of Nature Conservancy's concessions already. As you probably know, the owner of a joint estate cannot trespass on that estate. The land that the court determined was in held joint tenancy is the land on either side and the bed of the river. If I'm an employee or have permission from Nature Conservancy, I will not be a trespasser to walk across this fence or even across the river. The language that's being thrown around about a trespass is definitely uh, exaggerated. I think, from my point of view, and I'm not trying to blow up a deal, and I understand Nature Conservancy is prepared to build this fence, but if it were required to do it, I think it would be a take because that's their property. And that's the property that our, our family sold to them. And that's a deprivation of what my grandfather always allowed, which is fishermen to fish on the river. And we had cars every day when I was a kid, and fishermen all along there. Again, a a significant concession of the nature concerns. I'm disturbed as you guys are, and women, I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) The the incivility 
really, uh, of this whole conversation. I'm a distant party. I, I'm not representing anyone uh, here. But I heard about this hearing, and I just I thought I would sit in, and I wasn't even planning on commenting. But it, it's just disturbing to me to see these parties at odds, and it's a difficult position to be in when you're a joint tenant. It's like telling the Israelis and Palestinians, okay, you guys, you know, now you're joint owners of the West Bank, you know, go at it. I mean, it's just almost impossible. So the only thing I've thought of as I'm sitting here is, um, you know, that old adage, good fences make good neighbors. And maybe two good fences would make better neighbors. In all fairness and in justice, what is happening, if this is the joint tenancy, which is a slightly perhaps broader band than the river, well, Wolf Mountain gets to take in this property with their cattle, but they don't want any of Nature Conservancy people, including fisher folk and others, to go and use their, again, they cannot trespass on their own land. So in fairness, if this were, if our guidelines were good neighbors, there'd be a fence on both sides. That's, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. Commissioner Warnke, they did, the judge did not find joint tenancy. They found equivalence. The big difference between that. I'm not an attorney. But it's not joint tenancy, it's co-tenancy. So, does that make a difference? No. I don't think so either. I don't disagree with what Mr. Zars just said. The, the, the kicker, though, is in talking with the county attorney, the county cannot issue a permit, and they want a permit on land that they don't have fee ownership of. They are only co-owners with us. So that's why this becomes a topic. Technically, if, if Ferry Carpenter had wanted to allow anybody to go down into that co-tenancy land, he certainly could have. But once you throw in, you've got, you're asking for a county permit, and the county can't issue permits. And Eric uh, issued an opinion on that way back at the start of this process. And that's why the co-tenancy issue is a concern. Second, real quick. Not everybody that goes down to that co-tenancy land has permission. That's a problem. If, if he's saying, well, TNC could just get blanket permission. Yeah, okay. that, we, heard we already heard we that. Heard Thank you. And unless I'm misunderstanding, we're not issuing permits or a permit condition on co-tenancy land. That's correct. Thank you. Any other? I'm sorry. Anyone else from the public that wishes to comment? Sure. I know that um, Brent didn't want me, anybody, to say, quote, these are unfounded accusations, but I have heard a few unfounded accusations tonight, and I think that revs up a spirit of ill will. Um, but I. Ma'am, could you? State your name, please. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm Betsy Blakesley. I worked on uh, Carpenter Ranch for 23 years as the outreach and education coordinator. And um, I 
always documented how many people were on our bird walks. Um, the Yampa Valley Birding Club uh, scheduled and advertised free birding walks in the paper, and I was on every one of those birding walks, and I can vouch that they people did not uh, trespass. And I'll show you by name. Well, I can't reach, but from here down to the river, um, where that where our fence is was where we went, and then um, out to this oxbow where there are some nesting cranes and water birds. And yes, we are, the Audubon has listed us as an important bird area, and people do come there because the Nature Conservancy protects the riparian area and attracts migrating and nesting birds there. And um, the reason that the fence is where it is is because when the Nature Conservancy did the science um, in the late 18, it, in the late 80s, um, they determined that um, the regeneration of the cottonwood forest depends on keeping cows out of the forest, and so we fenced. Uh, we didn't want the people to be where the cows are, and so we put the fence. And um, we've agreed that maybe it doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but it made sense to us to put the fence there and then um, keep the people out of our cow meadows and on the other side of the fence and keep the cows out of the riparian area because that's our mission is to protect that riparian area. And the science that backs that up is that in the spring when the cottonwood seedlings fall on those um, on the cobble bars that are formed by the Yampa's uh, very unique uh, flood regime, um, they, that's the nurseries for the cottonwood forest. And what we're interested in is sustainability. And as you know, our sustainability council and steamboat is retreeing the Yampa River because without trees, the fish don't survive while the microinvertebrates don't survive and um, the birds don't come. So that's what we're protecting is nature. We're also protecting an area for people to connect with nature. And that, to me, has been the most rewarding part of my job there is to tell people that, yes, the main thing that we do differently than most ranches is to keep our cows off the river. And that's why there's a healthy forest there. And if you look, on both sides of the river, you can see which side of the river has been protected. And I feel very strongly about that. We've educated kids. We have a fifth grade curriculum that talks about the ecological um, system of the Yampa River, which our whole community um, has a passion for, including not every rancher, but a lot of ranchers, irrigators, people that are in agriculture and also, you know, recreationalists and fishermen. So anyway, it is very clearly two different management styles, two different goals in management. So um, it pains me to see the fence in the riparian area, but uh, here we are. So it's not an easy situation, but thank you for letting me comment. Thank you, ma'am. Next, please. Seeing none, I'm going to close the public portion of um, the comments and move on. Um, 
Once again, any questions for staff from the commissioners? None. Round table. Um, I'd like to go through, go to page four. Ashley, three, yeah, page four. Talk about hours of operation that have been proposed in the conditions. Um, does anybody have any ulcers over there? I mean, it's been changed. The petitioner has suggested that the education center runs from 6 a.m. as opposed to 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. year-round. Comments? Concerns? Andy? I think that based on some of the uses, a 6 a.m. start time is not unreasonable when it's coupled with the limitations to the number of visits and users. If it was unrestricted 365, then yeah, I might have an issue with the earlier start time. Since the start times are limited to the events, well, I think, and I think it is to this extent. If you read the words, first of all, the education center, in my mind, is really the conference center. However, it's noted that groups and programs may include guided walks, slash keys, and birding events within the permit boundary, and then therefore. Where does it kick in with a number of limits? I'm taking the position that they would be under the limits of the 10 individuals at a time, 10 visits per year, or the other one, 10 trips per year in scientific agricultural research. Am I thinking correctly? The silence is done. The five events and 125, doesn't that also fall under that same limitations? They asked for it, yeah. They're saying that. Yeah. The time we could do two of them. So we, we could people. choose both of them and they asked for both. Yeah. Five, ten, and ten. You're talking about 25 events per year. So do you, you don't have any form for the education center, but for the special events, you would? The special events limit. So <clears throat> there's no restriction on the education center, that's what you're saying. Right. Just on that one use. Well, but that one use includes guided walk skis and burning events. Those aren't considered special events. That's outside the special event consideration. Right. Correct. Those are all tied to the overall work and mission and the education component of the Carpenter Ranch. I guess I'm a little bit confused as to how those two things exist separate from each other. This is every, I take it as being every day, and this is special. 
I think to me the, the other thing that kind of stands out with the special events that was brought up by Wolf Mountain is limitation of how long a special event is. I mean, yes, there is five of them, but how long does that go towards? Is that two weeks expand? Is that an event? Or is that four events? I think uh, some of those kind of limitations for the special event would be put, to put in there would be something beneficial as well. It says to not go past 8 p.m., so that says that the event isn't a multi-day occurrence, correct? Yeah, I don't think so. I think that's exactly what Greg is talking about. So for an example, I don't know, when they do, when you do the Crane Festival, that's a multi-day event, I think. Mm -hmm. Somebody nod their head, yes, it is. Yes. And I think that's your point. Yeah. That Does that count as one or two events? Or three. Or one, yeah, that's the question. Okay. I think it's one event. It's a multi-day event, but not all of those events happen. <coughs> I, I yeah. think that's one event, in, in my interpretation. That's your interpretation? Okay. I mean, I think we should clarify that. But, yeah. So for the purpose of this particular condition, special events is not limited to one day. It could be, in fact, a multi-day. But not to exceed... But not to exceed three seven, days? Seven, three not to exceed three days? Yes. Any single event not to exceed three days. Christy, you're nodding in your head. Does that make any sense at all from an enforcement standpoint? Uh, that is correct. So that's one of these special events. Yes. Just that one. Right. And then again, I, I guess I think of the Crane Festival. That that would be That would be a an, special event. one event. Correct. But admittedly, it's three days long, or whatever days it is. Right. And these numbers were based on information that was provided by TNC. Right. Um, and so it wasn't staff trying to restrict right. I get it. these uses. Um, this is what's being requested. And, you know, back to just the issues for discussion is that based on what you're hearing and some of the agreements with the fence may alleviate some of your concerns as you're going through these conditions. Right. These were written based on October's meeting um, and then also the assumption that there would be a fence and further negotiations between the two parties. So just to be clear, in our packet, Yes. <clears throat> Number 14, the chart. Yep. That wasn't generated by you or staff? This was generated in October okay. based on all the uses that they were requesting at that time. Then there's been further negotiations with TNC um, to better understand and get clarity of what is actually happening on the Carpenter Ranch. So we wouldn't be back here in a couple of years. But I think that's what we're trying to do. Right. Does these one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten categories, can we put everything in those ten boxes? I, yes, I yeah, believe I so. so. Okay. And whether or not you feel the need to further regulate those, um, I don't, you know, a Wolf Mountain Ranch had proposed some minor changes, um, you know, 
the fact that there may be a fence now and further negotiations, I think that, you know, that from a staff perspective alleviates some of our concerns as well. I mean, most of our concerns going back just had to do with lack of clarity, and our goal here is to get it, have, if it's going to be approved, that we have a permit that accurately reflects the uses that are going on at the Carpenter Ranch. So, Andy started down a path, and I think that his, his question slash confusion is correct. So, when it comes to the education center, my personal opinion would be I'd get rid of uh, the second sentence, and those groups would fall into um, interpreter trails user groups, wildlife preserve user groups, so on and so forth. So you see what I'm doing? Yeah. You got it? Hmm. Your burden's got it. Yeah, you took Makes a sentence. Second, second sentence, and you're moving it down and, to interpretive terror. Well, yeah. I, I, well, I think it's in there already. You don't need it. You don't need it. Groups and programs may include guided walks, skis, binding, or bird meeting. So then we're taking that out of the educated center. Because and it belongs there. They're, the limits are in the other ones. Correct. I like it. Do you see what I did, Chrissy? Yes, but yeah. I don't. You know what? I don't know if I agree. Well, speak, please. Tell me where the... The intent was that groups and programs, and to be specific about what those are, walks and skis, birding events, they don't just happen on the interpretive trails, um, but they all have an educational component, if I'm correct, and that's why that language was provided under educational center. So it's all part of... Um, that portion of the use of the property. I get that, but then there's been an effort to, I think, identify how often this, not, not necessarily the meetings occur, but how often do the groups and programs that start walking down the road occur, which is why there were, I think, limits, suggested limits on, you know, the number of wildlife preserve user groups directly and the number of scientific slash agricultural research user groups directly. Mm-hmm. So, and that's why so you want to further. What I'm hearing is you want to further restrict that groups and programs may include guided walks, skis, and birding events to specific times per year and how many people. Oh, I don't care about that so much. What I'm suggesting is that it comes in under some type of a limitation, so we know how many. That's where I'm coming from. And I believe the adjacent property owner is asking for some bookends yeah, so right. that they can understand the use. Correct. I'm also not real comfortable with the may include. So that means it may include a lot of other things, too. I'm looking for some help from a petitioner. Do um, you see where I'm coming from? Uh, yes. Can you use the lectern, please? I'm sorry. I'll bring it up. We did have it broken down. Um, we did have school programs listed as one thing in particular. Um, administered through third parties such as Apatika and Rocky Mountain Youth Corps. Um, and we estimated three to four trips of 20 to 30 students per trip for Yapatika, and we um, estimated 
Um, the Rocky Mountain Youth Corps provided the ranch with volunteer work every Thursday morning for two months during the summer. So we, we do have a little bit more level of detail. Um, if you want to pull those numbers out, um, I, I think that the table in the um, staff memo does, is missing the education component. I think it was lumped into the education center, which, which was fine, but if you want specific numbers, then we need to have another category for, for school groups and education. Or do the school groups and education fall under special events? No. No. Okay. No. No. Especially that would be like the crane festival. There is what Nancy is referring to, and that's more detailed um, numbers for you, specifically number three school programs is what she was just referring to. So, and, and the education center is used. It's used for meetings. Um, and we pulled out partner community use of the meeting space in the education center and estimated the amount of time that that's used. But people also just come through the education center when they're doing other things. So if, um, if there's a walk on the property, it might start in the education center. So it's hard to, you know, so it's a combination of, of things. So you're coming for a special event, you meet in the education center. So it's hard to put a, a specific number of times the education center is used because it overlaps with a lot of the other uses. So I think maybe rather than putting a number on there, you just bring out the other events. So the school programs, the community use of the education center, the science and ag research, um, the, the, the special events, the donor trips. So now we're into a subtopic under I've got it. Education, education Center. Does that make sense to you? Mm -hmm. I, I have it. I'm going to fit into the conditions. While Christy is doing that, um, historic barn for user groups. Again, we're describing the activities. problem with there. I didn't see any kind of contention from Wolf Mountain Torres. Yeah, so. Right. Be good? Okay. <coughs> TNC donor visits. Visits shall be scheduled no more than 10 per year with no more than 10 individuals at a time. Petitioners already kind of pretty much agreed or signed on to that. Um, is this the one where the activity log gets involved too? And should that be said here? That is a um, proposed condition of approval, um, and that was on page four of your staff packet, where there is suggested language if you chose to use that. Ah. Are there any other uh, outdoor rec facilities that we require use logs for? Um, not one comes to mind that I can think of at the moment. Um, um, I, we had Lucky Age, which was to be heard again tonight. <laughs> so, uh, but, um, and
and, and that was for guest ranch, and there was numerous activities, um, and there were no um, activity logs that were required um, for the original permit. Um, and that's just the most recent that comes to mind, but I can't think of another one at this time that we've required um, activity logs. Um, and that was, that was suggested as an alternative if you weren't going to require um, fencing or if you still felt uncomfortable about what was being proposed. Okay. My personal opinion is I still leave it in there, and I'd have it as a condition. But that's my personal opinion. Commissioners? I thought uh, quarterly was a little high on that. I would just say annually. Okay. It's something we never done, so it gives me a question as to why we're imposing it upon this in individual. Well, I think it, we have a unique set of circumstances going on here. I don't know how often do we run across a petitioner that has a river next to it that's owned, jointly owned, whatever term you want to use. It's a little bit different. And there's a concern that's been expressed in terms of liability. I just think that we've, in the past, approved uses similar to this without requiring that be a part of the condition of approval. And knowing that those conditions aren't being met without an actual complaint, there's been no action on that particular petition. And so. My question is, how do you put this in? Yeah, like, I... You can put it in all the conditions you want. But well, we always have that issue. Well, it's complaint-based. That's our only yeah. placing yeah. action. You're baiting with that. <coughs> I don't know. Kind of a bad I just like consistency in what we do. Well, I do too, Eddie, and I understand you perfectly, but again, I'll, I'll repeat myself, I don't know that I ever recall running into a set of circumstances where you've got um, two owners or neighboring property owners that share an ownership of the same parcel, the same piece. And I guess under those circumstances, that makes this a little bit different, which is why I think, eh, I don't know. Yeah. Others? Comments? Billy? Um, yeah. Hmm? No, I'm looking for comments. Oh. I have log or no log, log or no log, log or no log. <laughs> no. No log. No log. Um, I have some specific uh, comments. Billy, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. one topic at a time. Oh, that's fine. Peter, what is You know, I don't see the putting the numbers and fighting about that is, is really relevant to how this all came up. Process. Okay. So it's a no. Yeah. Okay. Me? Yeah. No. I, I said no. Then we're done. Moving on. Stop. <laughs> Boom. Straw hole. Shoots it down. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. So, Christy, did you do what I think you were going to do? I did. And it's there now? Under Education Center. I just cut and paste right. um, That's what fine. Nancy was referring to. 
Yeah, that's maybe better. Wolfmom, does that give you some bookends to understand usage? Thank you. Okay. Do we want to discuss about the 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. and change that? I wouldn't go No, I don't think so. I think we leave it to, to 6 a.m. We already decided it's to do that. It's not on there. I, I just changed it. Oh. Uh, only from the aspect that I think some activities <laughs> require an earlier start yeah, no. time. I thought we were past that already. You guys had already agreed on that. I yeah, thought we did. Yeah, that just we wasn't on there. Yeah, okay. Okay. Sorry, yeah. just let me make sure. So TNC donor minutes, we've already beat that up in terms of the logs and the waivers that's done. Um, can we look at the language for 14? I know it's kind of weird on the screen there, split up. Um, and it would provide some clarity. Um, Specifically under uses of Carpenter Ranch outside the CUP boundary will be limited to the agriculture operation. Um, there was some suggested added language just before we move on. Um, I believe that oh, was yes. general property maintenance. After agriculture property operation. Yeah, general property maintenance. Yeah. Which number is that, Steve? Number 14 on page yeah. five. We have that. Thank you. No, it's coming up pretty quick. <laughs> Why did we need that? Uh, the request was in general property maintenance. In that's, other words... That's what you do with an agricultural operation. Hello. Yeah, but the issue was, the issue was from the previous discussion of this, to add employees and interns because otherwise the agricultural operation is run by a separate private contractor. What was that? Oh, I'm like. So this is do we did it backwards in effect. We added after agricultural operation and general property maintenance. Thanks. And general property maintenance may or may not be accomplished by interns. That's why I got to where they got. It. Correct. That's how I understand it. Christy, you're looking around. Employee and and intern, she said? Yeah, it's a little interesting. So what are you? Are you that far? What's that? Are you that far? Are you done with that section? Oh. You tell me. 
looks like she got it in there. Mm-hmm. Let me limit it to agricultural operations currently. Ranch operation again for general. Crappy maintenance. Period. Maybe. 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 Better? If we're still talking about item 14, I'd like to address a couple things. No. Okay. Um, if we're trying to make it clear what's going to be allowed, okay, uh, I think there was a good point made about research. I don't see why we can't just say that in there. We can say agriculture or research. That's one part of this. The other part of it is um, agricultural operation. I don't, I don't think that's definitive enough. Uh, we could work on maybe what that really means. That's a use by right. Yeah, it is. It's a use by right? Yep. Yeah. It's on the CUP, so. It doesn't have to be. It's a use by right. Mm-hmm. So, and all right, that makes sense. It's zoned agricultural and they own it, so they can do it. Yep. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That's your research? It's in there already, I think. Um, that they can do research in there? Yeah, Where's one, that? two, three, four. There's a category called scientific and agricultural research. Users slash groups are directly connected to the work slash mission of the organization on a year-round basis, no more than 10 trips per year. Okay. I wouldn't know. Uh, they limited it. They limited it. Well, that's... Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I mean, that's right. This is their stuff. Yeah. Okay. I think they requested on special events that they'd like to have 6 a.m. to... We did that, yeah. I, I don't think it got... It's not changed the, in there. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't specify on there when they start. Uh, under special events. Yeah. That's JPM. Well, that one's even cleaner. There's no starting time at all. Based at 6 a.m. and not go past. Events are held So moving right along. Scientific and agriculture research. We just talked about that. Wildlife preserve. Everyone is good with that. Interpretive trails. I don't think the wildlife preserve is identified. Christy. Yeah, here. everything is. Everything within the CUP is considered wildlife preserve. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? The wildlife preserve? Correct. In our in our box. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Everything. Within the CUP. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. These again, remember, okay. this is not property identifications. They're more activity de- definitions, I would say. Um, interpretive trails for users group directly connected to the work slash mission of the organization and guests and family of the ranch manager on a year round basis. Do we want to, a, a commitment was made by the petitioner that all interpretive trails would be inside the CUB? Does that need to be said? I think words? it says it in in the language for 14. 14 at the top. Yes. I do oh, think you well need to 15. address private non-commercial fishing. Yeah. Um, 
because obviously that's going to be outside of the permit boundary, but I think the idea is to not restrict the ranch manager um, and family right, from, um, from fishing. How did you get the fishing? I was on trails. I jumped in. We're anything. moving you along. <laughs> I, I was trying to move it along. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you're welcome. So you're saying that all activities are within... Yeah. By default. It's in 14. Yeah, right. Yes. I guess. As well as 15. Prior to issuance, the site plan shall be clearly defined the CUP permit boundary, trails, and mm -hmm. uses. Yes. Which I would maybe want to throw fencing yeah. into that. Because right now the fencing is still existing as a concept. The only bad thing about the fencing is there's stuff that's already existing that wasn't shown on there. So then would we be saying that they have to show the back fencing as well on the site plans and readjust the site plan? I think it would be wise in when considering the potentially contentious point of nature that is the fencing. Because, you know, we've, the fencing was discussed and it's shown kind of conceptually, but, you know, is the fencing supposed to occur within X feet of the 50-year, 100-year flood point? Like, what is the boundary? And I think that it should be something on paper that is GPSable and confirmable in the field. Yeah, that have to be ground truth first, though. Like, it would have to make sense on the ground. If you get to a GPS line, but... Uh, but if that was a condition, then you'd have to do that and eventually get that to us. Sure. It might Previously, that the uh, boundary was going to be the property line. So, no, no, of the CUP. No, no. The boundary of the northern CUP is a is line the, on that map. Is the new yellow line. line? Yellow line. And that's just general estimate. That's not the exact location right. on that, that map. That's just yeah. By pulling that boundary yeah. in, it reduces potential for conflict. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think yeah, on the boundary, I think it's real important to define it and have a real... Well, a it's defined here, and that's probably as close as you're going to get it right oh, now. Well, I don't... I, I disagree. Well, I have a suggestion on 17. Permit shall construct and maintain a fence along the northern border of the CUP uh, land and shall uh, submit a... Uh, GPS, what do you want to say? GPS. Boundary survey. Boundary survey, yeah. Or fence survey. Sure, but if there's a blowout and the river changes course and then it, you know, right. needs to be changed, I mean, would that yeah. be possible we get for reasonable purposes? It wasn't there either. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, I jumped in. You did, yeah. I've We're going to come to that, don't worry. Because there's more to talk. <laughs> um... Are we done with interpretive trails? I think the answer is yes. Housing. 
All overnight use is directly connected with the work slash mission of the organization on a year-round basis. Guests include TNC staff members, volunteers, donors, researchers, and interns within the following four buildings. The buildings are identified. Are they identified on a document that's in here someplace, I think? Yes. Yes. Okay. What I meant is main house, bunk house. Yep. Okay. okay. <coughs> Any problems with that use? No. no, I think the four buildings kind of, we already decided that it did say it in the old uh, permit. And then there's kind of debate between if it needs to leave or not. And right. I think we're not going to try and address that. And it already exists and has. So. Um, the next one private non commercial fishing for users directly connected to the work mission of the organization and guests and family, the ranch manager, on a year round basis. I'm a bit confused. I think I understand the intent, but this is a use that's restricted, and it was pointed out by uh, John. This is a, a use that's restricted to the to the, um, the permanent rights. boundaries. But but is it? I guess my question is: Is that a use by right? I mean, Brent doesn't need a permit to go fishing in the river. Well, I'm kind of heading in direction. I you think you I can remove. It. You can remove it altogether. Uh, that to me would be the. But it's on on the understanding that um, it's not a use by right for their guests, donors, things like of that nature to go fish. So how do we? So the 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 intent of this was to provide clarity because it is a slippery slope. Then how about this? As a solution to that problem, do we take it out of this table and make it a numbered um, condition? Because right now, as I view it, this is a list of uses that is confined to the boundaries of the CVU. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. You follow what yes. I'm saying? Well, yeah. Thank you, too. Yeah. And We're agreeing that that's really not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. So how do we fix that? So, Christy, is it really true that guests are not a use by uh, right? Now, if they're part of the operation, the permit that they're requesting, it needs to be included in the permit boundary. So, no, they're guests of donors and people that are staying part of the organization would not be allowed to fish. The workers, as far as the ranch manager, that's part of the agriculture operation and routine maintenance, we're not restricting them. That would be a use by right. So can Brent take me fishing on his side of the river? Sure. As he doesn't have a special area. Area. He yeah. doesn't have a conditional use permit. Okay. Me too. But if a conditional use wasn't in that area, why why wouldn't that guest ranch uh, person who's staying at the bunkhouse, uh, the intern or whatever, then just be like, hey, you know, they're my buddies. We're not going in that area, so then they could fish. So that would still be a use by right. It wouldn't if 
the guests. Sorry. So the guests, or anybody that is part of this overall permit or operation of the Carpenter Ranch, okay. those all need to be covered under a permit. You don't just pick okay. out these these uses just like you've reviewed these same types of applications in the past. Makes this sense. is no different. Um, it's complicated being that there's also an ag operation that we all recognize is part of the history of the Carpenter Ranch and a use by right. You're going to have a ranch manager that lives there that's going to... Um, uh, that's going to be maintaining the property, and the idea is not to restrict those kind of things um, for for those purposes. Makes sense. Now. Thank you. So then it can. So we're not troubled by the fact that the CPU has no water inside of it. <laughs> I would say you there's, can remove there's it. There's a section where it's. Um, property on both sides outside of the mm -hmm. there's your clue that's my point and that eventually it access. could eventually <laughs> not the one that's in between except it's going north it's change. <laughs> sure did you say that was not within the CMP boundary it's not it's not okay yeah, Leave it alone. It's fine. I get it. This is the tree. I understand. Never mind. <laughs> Private non commercial hunting, we already run through. That was fine. Mm -hmm. Special events, we already beat up. Um, not to exceed three days, I think we, we wanted to add. No, we never put this. We didn't put We didn't put it. We talked about it. Not yeah. to exceed three days. Not to exceed three days. There should be a second sentence then. Oh, Multi-day so events. Three days. I yeah. Or on. any one event. Any one event. Any one event. Three days. Yes. Three days for any one event. Yes, Bill. Yeah, I'm passing. Um, just make sure on the non for the private thing. For point of clarity, um, if I'm coming to the ranch and the ranch tells me it's okay for me to hunt on the ranch's property, and that's outside. The CUP isn't isn't that okay? I think you not not if you're part of the commercial operation. Oh my God! Right. So if it's not well, when you have it listed as not commercial, all right. So it's not commercial. It's just me. I got permission to go. I can go. Okay. That's what I'm looking for. That clarity. Thank you. So now we're on, I'm sorry, but now we're on 15. And is this the area, is this the language that we're talking about, the GPS? 17, I believe. Roberto, that's 17, but it's already talking about fencing. So. Well. I just thought maybe you could throw fencing into 15. Because no. Because no, there's a separate one in fencing. Fifteen's fine. One more time. Prior to the issuance, the site plan shall be amended to clearly define the CU per, CUP permit boundaries, trails, and uses. And Does that need further definition? I don't believe so, and I think 
the request by TNC was to incorporate the permanent boundary for Lewis and Clark. So that would address that change if you're comfortable with that. So prior to me issuing them their permit, they would provide us an amended permit boundary. I, I think that works. Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Fine. Number 16, CUP is valid for the we got something on 15. 15, we're talking about defining the boundary. And like I said, I'm real concerned about having a defined boundary. So I'd beef that up somehow. I'm going to have some ideas how to beef it up. But it was suggested to the boundary, one of the uh, persons in public mentioned that that would be difficult because it was going to change. I think that's going to relatively be easy to be solved. But so my, my comment is I think we should define how that boundary gets determined. I'm not comfortable with people just deciding now and maybe changing. Well, given that both parties said they would work together to co-locate the fence, once it's located, a GPS exhibit could be created and submitted to the county. But, Roberto, with all due respect, that would only cover that side of it. By my definition, what I'm That's looking true. at, a clearly defined boundary is clearly defined, meaning that yellow. Yellow line. Thing. But that exhibit already exists. As proposed by the nature service. Well, actually, not with the trails, though. No. I mean, and it that, doesn't include not, not all of the is addressed. Um. So, Christy, help me just a little bit here. It does not include those in Clark, correct? So, what you would expect right. as staff. Yes. Tell me what you would expect and what the you would be comfortable with. We provide a map that includes the permit boundary we discussed that includes Lewis and Clark. Prior to and, and showing the location of the trails, prior to us issuing them, provide more detail. Okay. And to somewhat appease Billy, is this a 24 by 36 inch plan drawing? Hmm. I mean, I'm just asking. It would. You want? Are you being specific on the size of the yeah, map? I mean, is that what you're saying? Yeah. He's Billy's trouble with I don't he's trouble with clearly defined. What does that mean? So I think I mean I think the answer is it's there. I think right now it's unclear and the point is is that they would submit a map that staff feels clearly defines what has been discussed here. And, and if you're not happy with it, you don't issue the permit. Correct. So does this mean that the fence line should be GPS? I think it could be generally located because I think there are a lot of factors here that could tweak that and we don't want to box anybody in, um, both Mountain or yourselves. The permit boundary, however, has to be clearly defined on that. Fencing is another issue, that's different. And, and we got Sarah to clean that up if you're comfortable with that. What's it? The 17? No, 15. 15, okay, fine. Number the fence becomes the permanent boundary. Only in pieces. No. We, no, we're saying that. The permanent boundary and the fence is on the ground within the permanent boundary. 
Right. So even though it's looking like the, the permit boundary and the fence is right there, they're going to show more detail with both those. Well, with the permit boundary, and then they could put GPS if they wanted to show where they have the proposal and then the trails. So then we know where the trail and that is. But they have to show the trail and the property boundary, but the fence can move. My understanding is that the, the CMP boundary would be clearly defined on the map. Yes. And the fence is to be within the CMP boundary, but is to be determined by conditions on the ground. That's correct. Oh, my understanding is the fence is the boundary. The fence is the boundary? It, yeah, that's mm -hmm. my understanding no, it's not. of well, the fence. No, if you do the boundaries 40, you have those always goes across the river. You have the boundaries and you move the fence. Well, 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 what happens whatever. if the river changes and the fence goes away? Then well, your permit boundary also We've got two different things going on here. The CPU boundary is the entire 500 some odd acres boundary. So, yes, a piece of that is going to be fenced. However, it's going to run down to 40. It's going to run along 40. It's going to jog around. That's the boundary. Fencing's a different animal. In some instances, they will go inside. Make sense? Thank you. Yeah, I think we can make that clear. You know, the CUP matches the boundary of the property, except where the fence goes. No, no. <laughs> Let them do what they're doing. And if staff is not happy with what they're submitting, they want to issue a permit. No, don't confuse me. This is fine. You're gonna have, you're gonna have problems at some point. Well, you're gonna have problems if you're trying to find the permit boundary and go on the middle of the river. Yeah, that, so you don't know where the property. Is. I mean, it's actually on the river somewhere. We're good. The permit boundary is already here. It's shown. No, but you got to include. Well, I know that, but we talked about that. Including the island. Yeah, this is good. Right? The location of the fence is yet to be determined. We haven't discussed the fencing location. We were only discussing the boundaries yes. for the CUP. And we've already included the Lewis and Clark Drive. Correct, Christy? Mm hmm. I think the fence location can be addressed under condition 17. Right. So everything north of 40 is in the permit boundary? Yes. Except it's four. Yes. Okay. This is the permit boundary. Okay. But it's going to get amended to include this. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I, I would rather you said it differently. The C, the, all of the CPU properties north of 40. Not everything north of 40 is on CPU. Okay, 17, I'm sorry, 16. CUP is valid for the life of the use providers act upon within one year. Um, this is standard boilerplate language anyway. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. 17. Uh oh. Fencing. Strict and maintain the fence. Huh? Strict and maintain. Okay. At the CUP boundary. Well, let me throw it out. Um, Permittee. 
shall construct and maintain a fence along the northern border of CUP. Of the CUP boundary? Yeah, of the CUP boundary. Now, given that the CUP boundary has been adjusted to reflect the inclusion of Lewis and Clark, correct? Mm-hmm. Then the northern boundary would include the north eastern edge of Lewis and Clark. North and eastern? North and eastern edge of Lewis and Clark, what I would choose to call the western and southern, and perhaps eastern <laughs> portion of Elk Island. Well, but really, are you tracking with me? What, I kind of was what like, about just the northern border of the CUP boundary if it's going to this, be extended? I, I was going to say entire length. No. Okay. The entire length of the northern boundary of the CUP. Oh. What about that? Say that again. That's plan. Then this no, contested right there. Well, it's going to exclude them. Where's their burden? I like the red line. Goes all the way from there. And then we can talk about that. But this is the fence. As shown on the fence. Oh my god, it's almost the Well, I think we're saying the same thing. We are. That's just an easy reference. Well, is it or isn't it? Because it's a cleaner map. No, the reason I'm suggesting my way, I don't. It coincides with the CPU boundary. You can't say CPU. It's not, not a central processing. <laughs> what am I saying? It's a conditional use permit. You see the difference? Sarah's got this is a this is a base diagram. This is a base drawing. This is going to show the CUP boundary. Should this simply just refer to a map? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I would agree. And not try to describe it in words. That's fine. So it would be. I don't see the CUP boundary shall be fenced as as depicted in such and such a No, I sure you're right. That's fine. Well, does it? It ties directly to what is required to be Yeah, I know that. You know, it's tied to the site plan of fifteen. There's not the property boundary. That's the issue. As, as the fact, as in some places on the, the site plan, C condition 15. All right. It's not for most of them. Does that make sense? Well, is that what you're calling the site plan? Well, they're going to be submitting a new site plan as part of their approval process. And 17 is, should say that that fence should be coincide with 15. That's why I wanted that. Oh, and that's yeah, that's why fence location is up there in fifteen, within like a certain amount of feet or something. Could we say so that they can have play with the fence? No, I think the fence. I think it because you're relating it to, to something that has to be submitted in a prior condition of approval. You reference that fifteen. We've already agreed that the fence location will be determined oh, okay. by the applicant and but the other user. And so then staff's going to approve that, and then that's where that fence 
with them. After 15 is submitted and approved, mm -hmm. 17 requires the construction along that approved location. As well as the no trespassing signs. Right. As well as the no trespassing signs. You got to give them some leeway because depending on what the ground does and, and I think where that, the trees are and all that stuff, you don't just run fences exactly where you think the boundary is. But that's why it should be just referred to the map and not try to describe it. Yep. yep. Do you have a problem using this document? It's kind of hurting. That it's only one? a reference. Yeah. Um, at this point. And it's not accurate right now. There's no problem once we get it established. Yeah. Okay, staff. So, what would you like to have? I think as written is fine. Is that what you are? Permittee shall construct and maintain a fence along the northern border and north of the CUP boundary. As depicted. Oh wait. Okay. Hold on. Wait. I didn't. I didn't delete that portion. <laughs> It's along the same boundary as depicted on the same map. The northern That was left over. There you go. Well, it's just the northern boundary. Isn't the northern part of the boundary? That's why I thought the okay. entire length of the northern CUV boundary was sufficient language. <laughs> Because that's what's being proposed. That's what's been okay. essentially agreed to. Mm -hmm. Northern, northerly and eastern. Yeah. Yeah. I you tell me where you think the fence is going. I want to hear from you. Well, I'm just saying this is the north of the property, based on north, south, east, west, right? And I'm calling this entire length the northern boundary of the CUP. As it travels from east to west, yes, it goes in a northwesterly direction, but I mean, just for general orientation, it's to the north. I, I mean, Could you say something like, as conceptually <coughs> depicted in that exhibit, whatever it's entitled? No, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with so, that. I like it. Christy? Yes. <coughs> so, can you add? And as illustrated in the proposed additional fencing. Okay, I can. Outside. What was that? I can move it. What's the language? <laughs> Can have a title? I can't. Do you mind if we ask what map you're looking at? No, just a minute. Hold on. Yes, but not Jack. That was attached to a letter, was it not? That was attached to staff report. Yeah, it was. This one is an unnumbered page. It is titled Carpenter <laughs> Ranch Preserve. It's page boundary, 19. January 2020. Page 19, according. Yeah, there is and it staff. is numbered. It's 
page 19. Yeah. <laughs> There's no there you go. Invisibility. On the bottom. Oh, there it is. Okay, this would be three of 16, according to what's labeled on here. Right? Am I reading that wrong? Three of 16? That's the one. 19 of 107 is really the number. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, it is there. So which one do you want to use? They're both the same. What's the same thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. That's the one we use. I like it. Are we done discussing that? Or I get no, no, no. That's, 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 that's good. That's why. Because no, we haven't addressed the, the missing hmm. or the controversial. Thing. Right. That's not depicted on that plan that we just referenced. So right. No, it's not. No. So they're they're going to work out yep. how to best manage that particular piece of property. Should that also be What did you just say? And we don't Should that also be Yep. Good point. That's a good point. Troy. Yeah. 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 It needs to have a, a, a date on it so that if it's not now, this doesn't go on forever. Okay. <laughs> I think it just forces the But we can't prove it if they were We can prove the fencing. At least that's missing. I don't think, yeah, that's what I'm worried about. I'm not even going to address it. That was the whole Okay. But um, Peter's point is well taken, right? That the sense needs to be installed by such and such a date. Is that what you were saying? I'm I'm just worried about what happens if they cannot come to an agreement. I don't think it's outside of the purview of this group. No, it's outside of the That's where we want the plans. Yeah. No, no, do we want to say that it has to be installed by such and such a yes. date? Yeah. I like to talk plainly. So here's how it is. So you want to start. Um, we are proposing, and I think Brent, you just saw that. We are proposing that the entire northern boundary be fenced, as depicted on this drawing. North and east. Sorry? North and east. Yeah, right. I think it's my position, and I think it's the commission's position. We can't get involved in what I consider an issue between you and TNC on anything outside of the CPU. So that's you guys going to deal with that. That's your short fence. Done with it. <coughs> Change the name. It is sorry? Now, it is now the CPU. Sorry? Not the CUP. I'm sorry, CUP. <laughs> Indulge me. <laughs> Humor me or something. I don't know. Make fun of me too while you're at it. Yeah, right. So you follow what I'm saying, commissioners? Do you understand that? Billy? Mm -hmm. I understand it. I accept comment. Comment away. Um, I'm very uncomfortable with saying as depicted on this map. What? Because I've been involved in this stuff too often, and people will disagree. Ten years from now, nobody's going to agree with that line. Okay, so I think there's an easy solution here. Um, we agree by putting some stakes on the ground in advance. So we can say, we're going to miss this tree, we're going to go here, down here. And everybody's going to agree on that. And if they don't agree on it, we don't move forward. If they agree on it, we, we survey it, and then it's done. That's 
I, I, that's where I'm at. I think we're doing it differently. We're, we're going to, they are going to provide us GPS coordinates on the fence after it's located. Then it's done. Oh, I didn't catch that you were expecting. I thought we were talking about a map that was acceptable to the county, not one that had survey coordinates on it. Do they miss that? But I think that's right. Well, so prior to the issuance, the site plan shall be amended to clearly define the CUP permit boundary, comma, fence location, comma, trails, comma, and uses. Well, if, if, yeah, if we're all okay with clearly defining means survey GPS coordinates, then I'm okay. We won't be able to get our application in until after the snow melts and we can walk it and look at these places. That's many months. Well, you're, so you're going to have to do it through the planning, and you'll do it administratively through planning. So this can go all through, but then you'll have to do these and, and get that through with us to have that be approved. Yep. That works. Clearly, we, we you see agree? We see okay. Do we need words to that effect yet? Yes. I don't think any harm in saying, you know, clearly defined as in a GPS map. It's clearly defined. Boy, sure, we can say that. That's pretty fuzzy. How about something like when weather allows, they will provide the GPS coordinates to be approved administratively? We would be able to issue the permit. We still have that protective condition that if there are any complaints or concerns, that if this doesn't happen, that it is cause for review again right. and, and right. you can pull the permit. So I'm I'm okay with it. Okay. Like as written. Yes. Yeah. Clearly defined yeah. to me is is it's clear. Well, and it, it's you who it has to, to say yeah. what it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's, mm -hmm. we're not, we don't think Next. we need to say what it yeah. is in our language. It's also okay. in the minutes. I missed it. And it's in the minutes. Okay, okay. So left. That's it. Eighteen ninety. Sir. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Christie's uh, proposed conditions on page four have a time frame for completion of July one, twenty twenty. That fence because it's up out of the uh, roadway and thought that was a realistic proposed condition that Christy had suggested, together with her proof of timely completion. That's on page four, it's not over in 17 on page six. So I just wanted to point you to that. Could you speak up, please? Or do something I can't. Our, our fiscal year, it, it's our intention to build the fence as soon as we can, but our fiscal year ends on June 30th. It may be very difficult for us to find all the funding between now and June, and it would be wonderful to have two months into our next fiscal year to budget for additional funding. So that's September 1st? September 1st would be awesome. Complete on the 17th. No, just instead of July 1st, September 1st. But you're so saying completed. complete, not that you have months. months here. It's the in the I'm adding it. Christy, you need to incorporate those words. Yep, I'm doing it now. And Troy. 
that makes you happy. What? The no, we day you should have in the day in there. Yep. Yeah, got it. Me too. Um, I think I read in the packet somewhere that the that public drop-off ends. There's no public drop-off. I think I read that too someplace. So, ask the question. Suggested condition 19. Unless it's in there already. I don't think it is. But it's the, um, I, I think we read in the packet that the public drop-off ends. Yeah, it's, it's Right, not, Nancy? I'm sorry. That the public drop-off ends. I mean, that was in the packet somewhere, that somebody right. drives in. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's condition 19. No public access without prior schedule or appointment. Something like that. John. Mr. Chairman, there was also in in the conversations from TNCN and Christie's page four again, we don't want to lose sight of the fact that liability waivers are to be a condition of approval. It's not in the one through eighteen factor on page four in Bird uh, required conditions and, yeah. and also the trespassing signs too. That's going in right now. They're in there. Behind you. Oh. I made it. It's on condition. I think John is right. Trespassing. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, sir. Well, what if they don't sign the notification agreement? I don't know what the neighbors say. What's their visitors and stuff? This could be. Oh, yes. visitors and all. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 Um, John, I think is correct. We talked about the next one, which was quarterly reports, and vetoed that. Correct. But the one above it should be incorporated. Right. And so that would be number 20? Yeah, I think. So I will. What page is that? Sorry? Oh, we're working on Oh, boy. Oh. And providing them to the county upon request. Not really appropriate for us to have to provide them to the private And I mean, the county would be able to, if they wanted That's to, fine. do a yeah, public record, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah. Um, what was that? <laughs> So take the the condition on the suggested condition the about suggested condition regarding waivers. Oh, okay, got it. Delete the part about submitting it to WMR. Mm -hmm. Got it. And, and add that they'll be retained for one year. And also that visitors um, to the grounds, not to the education center. Yes, I think that's in there. Isn't no, I thought it was. There's another condition that said that, and this one was more restrictive. Okay, yeah. Excluding this patient center? Yeah. Uh, what am I 
Anyone that's on the property waive anybody that's wandering around the property, and I, and, but it's a one-year event anyway. You sign it; it's good for a year. So I think, to a limited extent, is a major encumbrance and inconvenience. I guess for the ranch manager to sign off. It's a big deal. Scott, what I'm saying. So the exemption on the on the uh, education center is one that's being used as a conference center. People aren't going to be leaving the conference center. They don't need to wait. Anybody else? It does. Right? Simplify. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that seems real reasonable. Yeah. But, I mean, the related, related issue is how are you going to get the other people to sign? I'm going to show up there. And the ranch manager isn't going to be there. Well, I got to sign a waiver. Then you'll be trespassing. Yeah, you'll be okay, trespassing. Yeah, I'll be trespassing. But is that, are you guys comfortable with that got piece? Yeah, no. Because he didn't sign the waiver. You're no longer there anymore. Okay, my related question. Related question. Okay, then he's trespassing. Okay, we all agree he's trespassing. Just the person who doesn't sign the waiver, doesn't know about the waiver, doesn't read the fact that he has to get a waiver, he goes on the property. Is he trespassing because he doesn't have a waiver? How does he know? He's, he's trespassing because he's, he's not there by invitation. Yeah. That's right. That's that's the law. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm gonna be a junior lawyer. <laughs> I would give serious consideration for you doing that. Hey, Steve, can we look back at 17 for a second? Yeah. We've got a depicted there that's not capitalized. Yeah, I think it's just kind of. We can we can yeah. wordsmith. Yeah, I don't. For final. Okay. If you guys are comfortable with Sarah, oh yeah, doing that. <laughs> Sarah's good, right? Yeah. So, um, the intervals of the no trespassing signs. Number eighteen. Of the fence, it's like a hundred of them. Yeah. So, what happens when you have number eighteen? Is one hundred fifty feet standard distance for posting? I don't know. I think it's like more. I don't know. Have no idea. Did you guys come up with that? Is that based on something? It's basically the placement that we use. Majority time on throwaways. Like, uh, 
Barricade Road 70 and that type of thing, but 150 is what we asked for, and we're finally done. Well, how, how big are stakes? How far are your, have you ever measured any of those? Um, well, it's a lot. Well, these are going to hang on the fence anyway. I'm assuming. Yeah, I know, but I was saying with stakes, then you could kind of be like every other, you know, actually make a logical. 150 feet to the number, move on. Okay. okay. Thank you. Now, did you have another condition? You're done. Okay. So at this point in time, do we do we finish the seventeen on the fences? Seventeen is done. It's up in front of their builders. Um, well, I, a quick one on the seventeen is like we don't know what the fence is. Is somebody going to decide what a good fence is? Or are we going to leave it up to the planning staff because they know what a good fence is? Um, you know, are we going to tell them? Are we going to agree in advance what the fence is? Yes. That's the simple yeah. question. Very simple question. We talked about that. We'll go through like uh, I think we're. We both are interested in habitat friendly fencing, um, and we'll go. We'll work with CPW because we will be applying for some funding through their habitat protection program. They have the ability to get our funds. Yeah, we said. Yeah, and the top one is vinyl now. Yeah. yeah. Done. Done. Sure. I did have a question. Commissioner of staff, where we be still fishing? Is that? Left in the chart. Left yep, left it in there. Left it in. As is. Limited to only uh, within the cut boundary? No. Or has it been pulled out of the family? Well, I think the answer to your question is stating the obvious. The private non commercial fishing, this, that's the uses within the CPU. Outside. I, I guess outside is where we want used by right. Well, that was kind of a building hunting yeah. question. I didn't quite know if that's what you intended. I think it can be pulled out of this use chart and its own condition to clearly establish who can fish there. <laughs> I went there and once. And, and if it's not... If you're not fishing inside the permit boundary, I mean, I guess there are some, there is like one small area. I don't know if you'd fish there, but inside the permit boundary. You want to turn it around. What's the concern? Well, I just, I didn't understand. Uh, what the concern is that we want to fish. If there are liability concerns that are being addressed, if there are waivers, is there a heartburn on either side about fishing? If there's a fence and if there are liability waivers required as part of this permit, does anybody? But keep in mind, I think a lot of it's outside the CUP boundary. We won't be able to kind of regulate it. Yeah. What's that? I, because like you're saying, or they're saying with uh, the property and the lines of what are joint in that, mm -hmm. if it's beyond that point, we can't really regulate it. No. no. Let me try to restate it. My question is, it's outside the permit boundary. Yes. So they want to know who can go fish. And I do too. Now, presumably... Nancy can go fish. She's got permission. And you can go fish. If I got permission from Nancy. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the, how, what, but, how would he 
be allowed to fish. You gave him permission. You, you invited him over to come fish. Yeah. It's good. As a well, that's the debate. I mean, that's where my head is right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying yeah, to. No, I, I appreciate it. I'm trying to figure it out too, because yeah. it's outside the permit boundary. Right. A lot of that is outside mm -hmm. the permit boundary. And and what uh, Christy was saying is that we couldn't do that per se if we're getting a group or anything, because that is an actual use, and so that would be curtailed into the permit. So it muddies it up. I mean, we really can't do it, but we're kind of saying we can't do what we, we want. Like, if it's outside of the permit boundary, we can't really allow it, even if it's a use by right, because it's a use that's being associated with this permit. I would recommend just take it out of the use chart completely. And. It's outside of the permit boundary and what we established before, a use by right for the ranch manager and their guests. The idea intent is said, not uh, to have the public using well, about, it. It's private. How about donors? Right. Huh? Can, listen to you. Well, Can donors go fish? I would... <laughs> if there's a complaint, that's I didn't get it either. That we moved on. I think it's a good question to resolve. Yeah, because I don't understand it either. I mean, we started this whole conversation because there's lack of clarity. I understand why we're having these conversations. Um, there's also a lot of slippery slope here because there's been a lot of uncertainty of who's using the ranch and who's going there and um, and then there's concerns by the adjacent property for good reason you know so we need to establish and be reasonable you know I, I don't think we want to not be reasonable and you know I'd ask Wolf Mountain Ranch I mean how much does fishing non-private non-commercial um, it would be in the co-tenancy land it would be outside of the permit boundary do you have a suggestion? Yeah. Attended by TNC. No, I understand. But if, if you don't get a waiver, we don't have an indemnification, and the guy's not a trespasser, he goes down the river with one of your, one of your guys and washes away, we have liability. But you also have to worry about who is fishing. Somebody could walk up yeah. the river from the <laughs> river. No, 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 but they're a trespasser. There's a boat There's a boat They don't have any right to right. that people can just float down. Right. Yeah, floaters you can't do anything about. But once they get out of their boat, then they're trespassing. If they walk down, they're trespassing. If they walk through you without permission, they're trespassing. But if they've got your permission to go out there in the river and go fishing, they're not a trespasser. If you didn't get the waiver, we don't have an indemnification out of this. Well, then, but then that's, that sounds easy to fix. So anybody that goes fishing has to sign a waiver. Mm -hmm. I think Christy's right. I, no, I think to, to avoid the confusion, take it out. Take the commercial and the hunting, fishing both out. Take separate conditions. Right, I would agree. But under the separate condition, you got to have the waiver yet. Oh yeah, that goes with the waiver. Yeah. So the condition should just say anyone that's fishing and waiver on the TNC yes, property must yes. sign that applied. Yep, that fixes it. So that didn't exclude anybody. What is that? Yeah, that kind does. Again, same language for users directly connected to the work slash mission of the organization and guests and family of the ranch manager here on basis. 
So can you take so you no restriction? So you are restricting it. I think you can. Yes. So that's your intention? Yeah, I would. The guy across the river doesn't have any restrictions. I don't care about it. No, no, no. They're in front of us here. And the entire thing is, yeah, then they've signed a waiver there. And they're guests. Steve, could you repeat where it says in here that Nature Conservancy is going to require people to give uh, waivers? Yeah, where is that? Uh, 20. Which one? Number 20. Talks about waivers. It's number 20. It's there. Yeah. Gonna so is planning commission okay with that 21? Okay, check up proposed 21, you guys. Yeah. And is that what you want? If the Nature Conservancy doesn't get it, what, 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 where is that? He's a trespasser. He's a trespasser. So their responsibility to get it is, hmm, what yeah. is that? Yeah, <laughs> immediately. Because that's in the condition. We go around on 21. So sure. if TMC is not getting it, then okay. All right, read 21. Thank you. I will fix the formatting. Yes, are we done with 21? No, we're not. Great. 21. Thumbs up or down? Doesn't it fix it? What's left is a problem. It was your question. The guy across the river was going to get a. I mean, he said it's all right, but I don't think any of that can. The hunting part, yes, is good, but like the fishing, I don't really see them being able to do that in the permit for kind of how I've been describing it. But to have it vague and just saying, hey, yeah. The vague's not good. No, we don't like yeah. vague. No, I think that this says it. It means that anybody who's given permission has to sign a liability waiver. But they should That's be what it says. in there. It's kind of what I'm saying. That's so. what it says. I think it's but a use by right. Is that the intent of planning commission? It's my only question. But we That's can't have that be a use by right now that we're having this put goal. into a permit. Yeah. And that's the problem, and that's why the fishing should be out. So I don't really care either way about it, but that's my opinion is the fish should be out. Um, but it's as written. Country. You like as written. As written. They as written. They Move on. I don't think the fish question is simple. Simple. Just don't you did you eliminate the ranch manager on purpose? He was in that description. He's connected. He's connected to the work mission. That's fine. I just he was called out specifically oh. in the original language. Yeah, it was to specifically so. call out okay. if they could. Any other issues? Are you guys okay with 21 Yes, it is. Fine. 21's good. Steve, on uh, number 18, yeah. the applicant had asked about the spacing intervals. So 150 feet stands as is. Colorado revised statutes require a minimum spacing of every 450 yards. It's 150 feet. That's a minimum. We just did Based on what? what it, was, it, was, it was a great one. But the, the offer was based on a recommendation from an adjoining landowner, but it's not part of the Colorado revised statute, if I'm reading them correctly. So 
But it says minimum. It doesn't say we can't set something right. less than that. Okay. Done. Stands in one field. Just a point of order. Yep. Yep. Anything else? No. Of course. Of course, what? Um, Sir. I've just got to, I'm sorry to ask about 21 again. I know we were talking about 150 feet, uh, but. You know, I, I think you can set whatever interval you want. I didn't mandate 150 feet. It was in the suggested conditions. Um, and like it seemed like a logical number for the size of the property. Right. Yeah, but that's up to you. 21 really concerns me because I, I want to make sure I understand this. Essentially what you're saying is that they can invite anybody to go fish outside the CUP area because there's obviously not any real fishing inside the CUP area. They're supposed to get a liability waiver from them. And that could be lots of people, school kid groups. I mean, the way it was drafted before, it was within the CEP, and, and uh, that obviously wasn't an issue. Um, There's no problem with the ranch manager and uh, family and, and, and their, their guests that this is so loose now. And if those people don't sign a liability waiver, I used to defend a lot of personal injury cases. And personal injury lawyers love, you know, number one, oh, great, there's no liability waiver, or they try to pick it apart. But what if, what if they don't get one? And if the person gets hurt, then what are you going to do? Are we going to shoot them or pull their permit? or I can't sue that's, them. That's part, of, that's part of them getting permission. Part of them getting permission to fish is that they sign the liability. And so if TNC doesn't follow that, then get them to sign the waiver, then the permit will be uh, void? I, I think that they can handle that as the, part of their inviting people to fish is they sign a permit. And as for the school kids stuff, Brent, can, you, can, you can offer school kids to come fish on your side of the river, can't you? Sure, but there's no permit there. I'm just trying to understand, you know... But they're trying to mitigate liability considerations, and that's sure. what they not really do it for me, so I just understand. So your suggestion was? Well, I, I thought it stayed in the matrix, and, and, uh, and we had language in there that said that the ranch manager and his guests could, could go fish. This now, directly connected to the word mission, I dare any lawyer to figure out what that means, um, it, it's anybody that TNC decides is connected. And I'm sorry if this late hour to be raising an issue like this, but I just feel like it's a, it's it's it's, a, it's, it's just very broad. Before it was, you know, uh, what was it? and yes, the family of the ranch manager, it just seemed a little narrowed down, um, and. So so when, when it was in the matrix, we weren't concerned because, frankly. There's no fish. And, and, and I understand and I don't have a problem, but we've got to have some. some, some but conversely, if it was outside of the CUP, what's to prevent somebody from fishing? Nothing. If they, if, you know, if it's. And that's what we were trying to do was try to extend the, the liability waiver provision and add more control. Now, does this solve your problem? 
if we use the exact same language that was in the matrix yes. into 21. It's it, it's better. What, what I thought I heard when we were going through the conversation was Sally said, there's land there where we own both sides of the river, not in the CUP, and that would be an area where they could go fish. So what now, if you what if you put in there that they shall, that um, the Nature Conservancy shall require a waiver when granting permission to fish? I, you know, I... I think it's 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 it's, it's a great thought, but if they don't, what happens? Then we have a complaint against the Nature Conservancy. Twenty-five years later, and we have a lawsuit by the guy who washed down the river. But then you can have a lawsuit. That's the only time you ever know that happened. Yeah. You never know it happened until the plaintiff's lawyer calls out and says, "What happens if you guys have fish on your side of the property and something happens? We don't have any. There's no one. We have no." That's, that's why a contingency agreement made so much sense. But your lawyer said no. No, that's not Christy, can you just change 21 to incorporate the exact same words? Or did you I do did. that already? Okay, fine. Is that better? We're not trying to keep people on. No. No, I, we understand that. You've got to realize that they have other lands. They own both sides of the river for a long length that by Mark Roberts did. So it's not like we're preclude them. We're yeah. to keep them out of the No, but the good news is that's where it was going. Yeah, this re but this also requires a waiver for that activity. That's right. Yeah. So, see you. I don't know. Okay. okay. Uh, thank you for hearing me at the late hour. No problem. No, no. What we're you. here for. Is doing good. Uh, Anything else? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. Okay. So we, we can beat this to death. For a couple <laughs> new conditions. Not really, but go ahead. Okay, um, there's some discussion about whether the agreement needed to be recorded. I think it should. What does it say right now, Kristen? The fence agreement. The fence agreement? Yeah. What fence agreement? It, what, what, fence agreement? What, what fence agreement? You mean the condition? Their fence agreement. No. I That's outside of us. Right, so we don't care about that being recorded. Yeah, okay. No. Yeah. Does it say that? Yes, there you go. Yeah. Um, so we're saying they have to have that agreement before it's approved, right? No. No. We don't, that's not in our deal. Okay. Next quick question. I'm sorry. Yeah, so my last uh, last deal hopefully is the um, issue of um, from a cattle management standpoint. Are you at all concerned if when your cattle get on their property and you want to go get it, you're going to be going on their property. Is that is that an issue for you at all? I mean, for anybody else? Is that an issue? Well, law provides it if we have... No. What's that? Livestock out, we can go retrieve them. Yeah, state law says law. you can go, you can cross somebody's property like to get your livestock. Yep. Kind of retreat. Yep. Okay, thank you. That was simple. That didn't take long, did it? Yep. All right, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Christy, do we have, have we missed anything based on what you know, can think of? So I, I guess think one more question: it Are both sides like committed to negotiating a deal that both sides can live with? Understanding probably neither of you is going to get what you want. That's what the negotiation. Is. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, you can Commissioner yeah. Flinner, you were addressing the spur vents, the eastern spur vents, that issue. What? You're, you're addressing the eastern spur vents? Yeah. We're leaving now. Actually, more quick salad. Okay. Good. 
So, Christy, my answer was what? Um, I think we covered it and then some. Okay. So at this point in time, um, the chair will entertain a motion on the... I've even lost the case number. Oh. Excuse me. Hold on, hold on. PP11. No. Where did you find that? PP1996-016. Oh, yeah. It's under the subject line of the first, on the first page. Ah, thank you. Okay, so chairs of the motion to um, recommend the amendment to permit number PP1996-016. Mr. Chair, so moved. Wait, you gotta have findings. In Wait, you gotta do findings. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. I can't do it. You can't do it. Well, you've already made a motion. I'll have to repair it. I guess it hasn't been seconded. No, it doesn't. No. So you can let that motion die. Yeah, I am. There we go. Uh, Andy, I'll how do you? It. Go, go uh, I made a motion to approve, oh, recommend approval of the amended PP 1996-016 with findings of fact 1 and 2 and conditions 1 through 21. Yes. As, I'll, yes sir. I'll second that. 1 through, wait a minute, just 21. 1 through 21? 1 through 21. As presented. Yeah. As presented at the meeting. <laughs> There's a motion. Is there a second? I second. Andy, slow down here a minute. Yeah, but he seconded too fast. Why? <laughs> Why? What are we waiting for? It wasn't done. I want to make sure all the conditions. Okay. I'm going to scroll Fine. Through the conditions, make sure they're all there. Do we have, who was seconded? I seconded. Peter. We have a motion and a second. Any discussion on the motion? I'm going to take out the private. Yeah. Hearing none. All those in favor signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed say no. Chair votes yes. Motion is carried. The amendments are approved. Yeah. Good luck, guys. Thank this you. This one might be for the books. Okay, so. Yes. You got to send me. They're going to agree to I think Christy's got, you're going to talk to us about anything? I'm going to make it really, really brief. That's cool. <laughs> we have a meeting scheduled, had a meeting scheduled, a joint meeting scheduled for the 5th. Um, that meeting needs to be tabled. It was for the master plan, a discussion. It was going to be a joint meeting. Um, I need to reschedule that. The BCC has a conflict. Um, so looking at our calendar, would anybody be opposed to an off week? Um, we just have a bunch of different applications. We're trying to coordinate it. So the next available date that we have is March 19th. Um, where we already have um, some items on and we wouldn't be able to coordinate with a joint meeting on that schedule. Um, and we really want to have this joint meeting. Uh, so you're into the 26th. As so I'm looking at the 26th and I, we could even do an off day. Since we're doing an off week, we could do Wednesday, the 25th, or the 26th for that. 
Is anybody opposed to an off week if I no, work to schedule that? No, I'm good. I'm um, good. Should I just keep it for Thursdays since we're usually good with Thursdays? I think you got other people that have bigger issues than us. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I will confirm all of this, but I just want to get an okay. idea. Yep. I don't um, know if I'll even And as of right now, don't rule out the fifth, um, even though we're not going to have a joint meeting. Um, I may be able to coordinate some people to come in and talk to you all um, related to the master plan. Yep. Um, it may be short notice, but um, still keep that open. And um, as soon as I can coordinate something, or if I can't, I will let you know as soon as possible. So, so to summarize, the fifth we try and keep open. We're definitely going to do the 19th. Definitely the 19th. We have um, an item scheduled, yeah. one of um, Alan's items. And I think the 26th have... is a definite or is that a no, it's tentative? Yeah. You've got to check with the commission. Yep. Got it. Thank you. The only confirmation at this point in time is the 19th, but please keep the 5th open and consider the 26th. How does that sound? This could be my last meeting with you all. Why? Final Why? Game. I, have I have an interview uh, on thank you. the 25th, Ooh. so if I don't gain... Uh, so you're scheduled the next week and the yeah. following week is... 25th. Thank you. Am so, I getting so you reviewed as well? Letters either for or against? I don't believe so. Yours is just a request. Okay. Yeah, so. Ronnie was telling me that I might. Yeah, um, if you didn't hear from her, I think you're fine. So, both Roberta, Bill, and Andy are yeah. all up for renewal. And they well, I heard a rumor in put in requests that they are considering we um, that we they would cut it off renew. at like 9 o'clock. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> well, I, know. I think I this know. is a bit of an exception, so totally. Are we done? Yeah, I'm done. You're done. You're the one who's running here. I'm not running it. Oh. <laughs> you were running the administrator. Okay. Yes. Um, that's it for now. And did you get any more information are we, on this? Are we off? Are we off? Uh, yes. What?